free standard installation valid on lease option only. Not valid with a purchase option. Limited time offer. If you want lightning fast, high speed internet, here's great news. HughesNet, America's number one choice for high speed satellite internet service with fast speeds, no hard data limits, and built in Wi Fi, gives you the high internet speed you want, no matter where you live. That's right. You can now get high speed internet service from anywhere in the United States, no matter how bad your cellular service, with HughesNet's Gen 5 satellite high speed service with built in Wi Fi. So you can now connect laptops and mobile phones. Call Satellite Country at 800-681-3876 right now to get incredibly fast and reliable internet service so you can shop more, share more, and connect more than ever before. Plus, call now and get standard installation for free. That's right, free. To try HughesNet high-speed internet at your home or office, call 800-681-3876. Join millions of happy HughesNet high-speed satellite internet service customers with free installation. Call 800-681-3876. That's 800-681-3876. 800-681-3876. It's really simple. Cook the man some fucking breakfast soup, bitch! Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. I don't usually celebrate my birthday, but we figured this time around we'll have a little bit of fun. It is Friday night. Mean guy, I just looked at the date just because it's force of habits. March 27th, 2020. This is Breakfast Soup. And I know a lot of you out there may have never seen yours truly and Mish do an episode of Breakfast Soup, but we do a special one today for everybody. I am Don Tony. He is Anthony Missionary. How's it going? Happy huh? birthday, buddy. Oh, thank you so much. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I tell you, today here in New York, almost 65 degrees, very, yeah. very calm air. I, I tell you, you know, it just really sucks what's going on in this world right now with this virus stuff. It's terrible. Yeah, I think that puts a little bit of a damper on things. But did you get a chance to go out and enjoy yourself a little bit? Well, I had to work. I worked half a day today. Came home, did the rest of the paperwork at home. I picked up my girl around 4 o'clock. And we basically just sat outside on a park bench for a little while until this dumb bitch decided to bring her five kids out to all, like, ride bikes in the complex and this, this, and that. And it was just like, it ruined the quiet time that we were having. But, uh... You know, not too bad. I real I really can't complain to you know, it's it really look, I know 
it's rough for a ton of people right now. And it's rough for yours truly because I have customers that are canceling on me because they just can't afford the insurance going month to month. But I'm just trying to make the best of it. And to be honest with you, hanging out here Friday night with you and for everybody who is here live, it's going to be a really, really cool show. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, before I go any further, I want to give a shout out to Lord Thunderwing1974 and Sean Kenter. Thank you very much, my friends. Uh, they already uh, contributed to the show, and we didn't even start yet. We didn't even explain what the deal is tonight. Um, Mish and I are here doing a special episode of Breakfast Soup, which is normally a Patreon show that we do on our Patreon. And the thing is, right. is that, and I give Kevin Matthews credit for this. A lot of you know who he is. He's wrestled for quite some time. I can't believe it's 20 years already. I mean, I remember in the early 2000s doing an indie show with this guy here and there. But um, he was an impact wrestling. I know a lot of you remember him from there. But uh, he has his own fed as well. And a couple of weeks ago, there was some female indie wrestler chick in Jersey, like two weeks ago. And this is when first they announced people had to like stay home and couldn't work. And she writes online, she's like, hey, everybody, my birthday is this weekend. If everybody could PayPal me $5, that would be awesome. And Kevin Matthews like, you know what? How's about you tell everybody, you know, it's your birthday. And how's about everybody donates $5 to the COVID-19 relief fund? Because, you know, everybody's hurting over here. Joe Punches. Thank you very much, my friend. Much appreciated. Yeah, so I got that idea from Kevin Matthews, and I said, you know what? Why don't we do a special episode of Breakfast Soup? It'll be my birthday. You can ask us anything. We've been really wanting to blow up the Super Chat. So we, we decided to do tonight for everybody is Mish and I are going to do maybe a marathon episode. We don't know how long it's going to go. But the idea is, is that we're going to split Right down the middle, whatever is raised tonight on Super Chat. Um, and we're going to split it down the middle and send that money to the COVID-19 relief fund. Now, anybody that knows me, I am always transparent. I will post a receipt from them showing that we contributed to the penny. Um, and a few people were asking me, like, why split it down the middle? Well, you got to understand something. YouTube takes a nice little chunk from whatever is contributed on Super Chat as well. So we figured, you know, make it right easy, right down the middle. And we're always putting money right back into the shows with shirts and everything. So... What we decided to do is tonight we're going to talk about SmackDown. We're going to talk about WrestleMania. We're going to talk about Teddy Hart. Um, I got a lot to say about that. Uh, we're going to talk about the Benoit documentary because we have a little bit of a different view as far as the, the episode itself. And then we're also going to do Ask Us Anything. For those live in the chat, Zachary Turner. Thank you very much, my friend. Um... You get to ask us anything, Super Chat, and um, it could be wrestling, non-wrestling, sports, politics, you know, and believe me, if, if things go well tonight, I will reveal for everybody the picture of yours truly at 365 pounds. Big John Stud weight, and um, it's going to be an awesome show. Oh, uh, really? Family Tubbard. 
Hubbard, Hubbard, I almost said Tug. Old Mother Hubbard sat in a cupboard eating his curds and whey. I think that's what the Andrew, oh, by the way, Andrew Dice Clay, you know? And this is not a terrorist shirt. This is a, um, a, a clip from the movie Ford Fairlane when Andrew Dice Clay uh, shot, what was that, the, the perv? Anybody remember the perv's name? Sam the Sleazebag, that's who it was. Mm -hmm. And he said, so many assholes, so few bullets. And then he shot the gun. The disco ball went down, broke over the head of Sam the Sleazebag. Ford Fairlane, one of my favorite movies of all time. So, and I promise I will let Mish talk equally. But here's how we decided to do contributions tonight. We're going to talk at least 45 minutes to an hour, no matter what. And, you know, everybody that contributes, like I said, you know, ask us anything during the show. Once we get past that 45 minutes or an hour, every five minutes that we get a donation, we continue to show for another five minutes. So if they keep coming in, and we're not telling anybody to send crazy money. It could be $5, $2, whatever it is. But every time a contribution comes in, we'll extend the show another five minutes. And sure. when we get a period where we don't get anything coming in for like five or 10 minutes, that's when we end the show. There you go. Yeah. And a little bit later, I will actually uh, light the candle and, uh, you know, maybe uh, have a little birthday cake, keto birthday cake, by the way. <laughs> so we'll, we'll do that a what little bit later. Yeah. It's, no, no, um, what is, it's what is keto birthday cake. What is it made out of? It's almond flour. I think coconut something. It's it, you know what? I have the ingredients right here. It's almond flour, coconut flour, uh, erythritol is like a like a fake sugar, but you know it doesn't okay. have any effect on your blood sugar level. And um, it's not so bad. I mean, honestly, the only thing bad about this cake, if you see it, like it turns into almost like a rock. But um, it's keto birthday cake. Have it only has four net carbs. So I'm have on keto, so I have to really be careful with my carbs. Roger Rubio. Thank you very much, my friend. Eddie Valentino. Thank you. Carmelo Falcone and Lee Sanders is here. RCWR. Believe me, I tell you, we were going to have other podcasters on as well. The problem is, is that the vMix software I have really only allows one connection. So, you know... That's the only reason why we're hogging up the spotlight today. But um, so can I just say one thing? Even though I've Please. said 15 things so far, I got to throw this right out the way. And something tells me some of his fans and friends are going to visit here tonight. And I want everybody to remember this timestamp, which is about 10 minutes into the show. This way, if later on anybody stops by and they want to know what I actually said about yesterday, you could tell them, hey, go right to the 10 minute, uh, eight, four, eight minutes and 40 second part of this show, and I'll address it. I got to give a shout out to this guy, Mersh. Was it Nightwave, his show, his podcast? Yeah, um, he does. Nightwave Radio. Nightwave Radio. I never heard of this guy before. Okay. Um, yesterday, I had gotten the news that Teddy Hart got arrested. Now, anybody that knows me for a very long time, and I put, I got something right here as an example of it. You see this article right here? This is Rolling Stone from about four or five years ago. 
And this is the article where Rolling Stone, I, I mean, they called me a, what do they call me, a yacker? Whatever. But that article, when they talked about the rise and fall of Teddy Hart five years ago, right there it says, pro wrestling yacker. Don Tony has laid into him several times on his wrestling radio show, calling him a liar, a loudmouth, and someone with more than just a couple of screws loose. All right. Anybody that wants to go to dontony.com, I have been criticizing Teddy Hart going back to 2004 or 2006. So, you know, I was ripping Teddy Hart before ripping Teddy Hart became cool. Problem is, is that five years ago, after that article came out, you know, I never realized how much I really ripped into this guy to the point that people were writing about what I was saying. And, you know, Andre Corbeil, shout out to him and others, you know, really tried to, you know, explain to me at that time um, that, you know, Teddy Hart was really, you know, trying to straighten his life out in this, this and that. And I, as I get older, I believe in redemption. I believe that anybody can get better, you know, and maybe you learn from your mistakes. He will always be quirky. He'll always be wacky and stuff like that. But, you know, I remember Teddy Hart 15 plus years ago when he was doing this stuff and I was criticizing him back then. So, you know, so long story short, when he started this relationship with Maria Manic and the YouTube videos started coming out, um, you know, I had done a little rant. And basically what I said is that, look, Maria Manic is an adult and, you know, people have to make their own bed. Now, look. I had no idea that he was being abusive. I know about them sparring and this and that. The problem is she is a pro wrestler. So she wants to be an MMA or this, this and that. So, you know, it's you don't know if, you know, the sparring is just a little bit out of control behavior or the guy is really got anger issues with her. I honestly don't know, but there was no issues you know ever talked about before so i wrote it off as look it's a it's a weird relationship you know it's a youtube to get exposure and get attention to both of them and i just felt that some people out there really need to worry about their own backyard before they really trying to come to conclusions with teddy hart towards maria manic oh was i wrong whoa was i wrong yesterday afternoon i get you know, contacted because I got a source um, because I had put up a couple of things before. I don't know why it's so small a picture, but uh, on the left is the mugshot from yesterday. Teddy Hart was arrested yesterday. And the thing is, is that, and I know a few people out there will vouch for me on this. Um, and I got a couple of shout outs after I say this, but long story short, um, you know, when Teddy Hart first got arrested, I did a YouTube clip breaking down everything that he was charged with. And right. I wasn't praising this guy, you know, but the thing is, is that, you know, I put all this information up and everybody chose to ignore it. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do all the legwork anymore. Then when he got the, the court changed and they were going to let him go to house arrest and I started writing and saying all about that, everybody ignored it again. Waited till some goof website put a two-sentence article up and then everybody pays attention. So I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time putting doing all this work and research and then everybody ignores it. So when I got the info yesterday, I put up a tweet and I said, you know what? This time, goofs are not going to just be able to go on a sheriff's website, read what's over there and say, hey, I got an exclusive. I wasn't going to put anything up there yesterday. So... I found out 
that, you know, he put a chokehold on her and right. caused visible marks. And he got arrested yesterday. Mish will never lie for me. But yesterday afternoon at lunchtime, I had PM'd Mish and I said, Mish, Teddy Hart got arrested again. I can't defend this guy anymore. On breakfast right. soup tomorrow night, I'm going to rip this guy a new asshole. Did I say that yesterday? That's absolutely correct. I, so I, yeah. That's what I said. But I don't live in sound bites on Twitter. So I didn't say anything. I said, I'll talk a bit. If anybody goes back to my original post yesterday, there was a second comment two minutes later that said, I'll talk about it on breakfast soup. Out of nowhere, I'm getting these people, oh, you know, uh, your clip aged well, huh, Don Tony? And it was the clip where I talked about Maria Manic and Teddy Hart with the YouTube videos, this and that. And, wow. you know, I'm like, who are these people? And you know I get trolls all the time, so I write it off as, you know, these are just trolls. I'm like, you know, don't throw shit in my face. You know, I don't want Teddy Hart to be an abuser. I never in a million years ever thought that he was really going to be an abuser towards Maria Manic. I tried to give the guy a benefit of the doubt. I ripped this guy for over 10 years to the right. point that Rolling Stone mentioned it. So right. yesterday, I'm getting all of these people throwing shit in my face. I'm like, look, I, I'm not, I don't play the gotcha game. Don't throw things in my face. He is the fuck up. He is the one that did this shit. All right. There are people out there that were hoping that, you know, this was just pretty much show. Well, it wasn't. And I had every intention on ripping them. So anyway, you know, I started banning people yesterday, blocking people from my Twitter because I don't need to be dragged into this stuff. I give my opinions. It's not that I'm right or I'm wrong. This guy turned out to be a major fuck up. So, you know, don't put it, put the blame on me. And then you had people yesterday saying, oh, I supported a guy who is abusing his girlfriend. I support abusers. And I'm like, you know, fuck all that shit. So I just blocked a lot of people. So last night, I get a bunch of PMs on Twitter from people saying, this guy's ripping the shit out of you on YouTube. He's playing clips of your show and this, this, and that. And I got one particular private message saying that this guy, Mersh, is playing like my whole thing online and he's totally making fun of me being Italian and, you know, ripping on me and get all these people after me. And I'm like, you know, okay, if people want to play like that, no problem. I'll just flag a complaint that you're using my footage. You know, you, it's not fair use. You're using it to rip the shit out of me and make fun of me and, and whatever. But the problem is, is that I didn't see his clip beforehand. So I immediately went on his chat and I wanted the guy to bring me on his show. You want to confront me? Confront me. You know, what I said about, you know, the clip I think I originally said was, is Maria Manic under Teddy Hart's spell or something like that? You know, I had no idea that this guy w was abusing her. And I, and I don't condone it. And as I said before, I had every intention on ripping this guy today on this show. Um, so I didn't know who this guy was. I thought he was a troll. And we went back and forth a little bit on the show. And I was like, bring me on your show. You know, don't, don't prepare. Don't wait a couple of days. Talk to me face to face right now. I didn't know anything about this guy. After the show was over, you know, like Brian Long, who's always in the chat over here. I saw a lot of familiar faces, sure. familiar names in his chat I yesterday. I was there, DT. Yeah, I mean, so, look, I mean, I'll, I'll but before you finish, I mean, let me let me just go ahead and speak in for for what I know about Mersh. You know, I've had a couple of you know uh, social media conversations with him back and forth. I've I've clipped some of his show previously when he talked about Teddy Hart. Uh, Mersh is sharp. 
Yeah, he is. He's very sharp. He dealt he dealt with the Chase and Rant stuff. You know, when it came to uh, asking and talking to Teddy Hart about what happened to his ex girlfriend, he was direct with Teddy Hart about that. He had both of them on his show mm-hmm. to pretty much front them. I didn't and realize Teddy it was Hart him. Lost his yeah. Shit from the yeah. first ten seconds and wouldn't even let Mersh talk for like about a good five minutes before Mersh had a meltdown. Mersh. Overall, is a really good guy. I really yeah, yeah. It. So I, I apologized to him are. privately yesterday. Right. I just think that you guys came off on the wrong foot. That's all. Listen, because you guys are both saying the same thing. Listen, you really are. Let me let me. If Mersh happens to see this, let me give him a little insight, just so he knows how far back I used to rip the shit out of Chase and Rants. And I might be revealing a little bit too much, but you know, just to prove you know that i'm on the same side as him um jason rance when he had his house in florida and he used to have a lot of wrestlers and you know stay at his house at the time i was friendly with daphne daphne was staying at his house for a while as well and when everything started going down um with jason rance and the accusations i started going on my show and started ripping the fuck out of this guy and Daphne at the time had said to me, she's like, listen, can you do me a favor? You know, um, just lay off on, on this guy right now because I live there and, you know, none of us know, you know, the full story and this, this and that. And I was just really, really jumping the gun. So I ripped the shit out of Chase and Rance. Anybody that looks at my past articles, my podcast, you could see, even with Teddy Hart, I go back to 2004, ripping this guy, calling him everything in the book. Just over right. the last five years, I honestly thought the guy had really matured a little bit was always going to be wacky but maybe he really did straighten himself out and you know unfortunately that is not the case um i i'm hoping this is his rock bottom now and i hope that you know he learns but yesterday was a serious thing he could face up to five years in jail it's a class six felony you know i saw the video of ace montana you know, that because for those that don't know, Ace Montana is a wrestler in the Virginia area as well. And um, he is good friends with Maria Manic. Maria Manic texted him. Yeah. And she says that, you know, she she was in danger and he almost blew Teddy Hart's brains out yesterday. So oh, yeah, you don't I, have a gun at somebody's face unless you plan on using it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. No, that was definitely a heated situation. Yeah. And so. Fact- you know, and the weirdest thing about that video, you got a chance to see that whole video, right? I saw it now. Yes, I saw it today. So, you know, the silliest thing about that whole thing to me is that Teddy Hart has a gun in his face, and he's still fucking carny talking the entire time. Yeah. He just won't shut up. Like, that doesn't strike me as somebody that learns from their mistakes. That just strikes me as this is the MO for this kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I just don't have any faith for redemption of Teddy Hart. Yeah, and if I just, the alleged rumors are true about what Teddy Hart has done in his past, I mean, what can yeah. people possibly expect for this guy? Yeah, like I said, I ripped Teddy Hart for over 10 years. Brutal. To the point, right. like I said, right. and Rolling Stone was not the only place that covered my shit at the time. And I'm not saying that to try to like put myself over. My point is, is that 
people out there that started immediately interpreting, and I'm this like big supporter of Teddy Hart. That is not the case at all. I just, as I get older, I believe in redemption. And talking to people the last couple of years that the guy is really, really trying to, you know, turn his life around and stuff like, like I said, he's always going to be quirky and stuff like that. But, you know, the minute this went down yesterday, first thing I told you was, shit, we got something to get into tomorrow. You can read social cues. When you see Teddy Hart, do you see a guy who's genuine and honest? Or do you see a guy that puts up a facade in order to get what he wants? Because I don't think I've ever seen a genuine or honest Teddy Hart, which leads me to believe that he's never wanted redemption. Well, see, the he look, just to finish up the thing, this stuff with Mersh, Mersh sure. um, you know, I, I apologized to him privately yesterday. You right. know, I look, I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong with something. I thought the guy was just a troll. I did not realize no. that he was the one that interviewed Teddy Hart recently. I didn't realize that a, a lot of people that tune into my stuff enjoy his stuff as well. I sure. checked out his, fa- his Twitter account and some of his views on other topics. And, you know, he mirrors a lot of mine. But um, so I just wanted to clear that up because, again, you know, I... I just thought it was just another troll trying to start shit. Um, and don't throw in my, I'm not saying him, but other people don't throw in my face that, you know, I was supporting a, an abuser of women because I never ever thought that he was going to be doing this. Now, as far as him, it, the person, and since I go back 15, 16 years ripping this guy and a 10 year period of just being really vicious about it, um, let me just say this. Uh, the guy came off as extremely, extremely weird in 2004. And when sure. Goodman was doing his shows and getting the interaction with him, you know, I didn't just wake up one day and just decided, hey, let me just, you know, write about this guy. The guy just came off really, really weird. And there's a lot of stories that a lot of people have forgotten over the years that I really got to, like, listen to my own stuff oh. to get a refresher. But yeah. he's he just... So many clips of Teddy Hart just being a complete nut job. Matter of fact, one of my favorite clips from, from even our show from back in the day when we were talking about Teddy Hart was the one where he, I think he went on Law or, or one of those other shows and he did an interview and he was talking about incorporating animals into matches and having his cat bring down foreign objects. And he wanted to turn the turnbuckle into a robot ladder so yeah. that the fans, if the fans cheer loud enough, they can press a button and they can make the ring go higher so Teddy Hart can jump higher. He's from just higher uh, distances. A very he's weird insane. person. He's he's uh, he's not just weird. He's insane. I really think that that guy is clinical. Like if somebody sat him down in an actual hospital and reviewed his mental status and acumen, he would fail on multiple levels. You know why I, I agree with you. I think that he understands the carny side of wrestling mm-hmm. better than most. And I think that that makes him dangerous, especially when he does that to people in real life. Yeah, it's very dangerous. And in his mind, you know, um, it, it just, it's, it's not even like a real world. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I sure. got to remember um, there was 
one time where he actually had disappeared for a period of time. I can't remember who the wrestler he was with at that time, but there was a major, major thing that went down. And I was doing shows with Goodman at the time, and we talked about it. Um, it's just the bottom line it wasn't is, Perry is that Saturn, was it? Huh? It wasn't Perry Saturn. Was no, it? it wasn't Perry Saturn. It was okay. it was an indie wrestler and someone in the chat, and I still got all the shout outs ready and lined up. Don't worry, everybody. But sure. anybody remember who the indie wrestler was? Oh my god, I'm drawing a blank right now. Um I actually worked a couple of shows with him as well. All I remember is he was like this with Teddy Hart, and he was a smaller guy, cruiserweight. Who? Not TJ, right? No, 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 not not TJ. He was an indie wrestler here in the Northeast. Oh my God! I, someone definitely has to remember who it was. Um, damn, I can't, I can't remember right now. Maybe if somebody down the line, and I guarantee you, look, the next show that we do, uh, maybe even by tomorrow, it wasn't Jack Evans. It wasn't anybody like the famous Hart family. Okay. It was an indie wrestler here in the Northeast, a very, very small guy, wrestled for Ring of Honor, was like this with, um, not no, not Evan Bourne. It's not someone that, very recognizable, but uh, I, I'll remember. I, I will definitely, sure, sure. definitely post it. In fact, you know what I'll do? After the show is done tonight, I will go back to my old shows. I'll get the name, and I will put it as a pin on this episode. It's not, and trust me, it's not like Jack Evans or Petey Williams. It's someone more local in my neck of the woods. Okay. Not Chase okay. and Rance. We talked about him before. Right. But as soon as I mention his name, people will be like, oh, shit, I remember that, that they disappeared. Deranged. Joanne, PM me oh. on Twitter. I want to send you that. Deranged. If anybody out there wants to find a really whacked out story that we covered, go Google Teddy Hart deranged. See what you come up with. The guy I really hoped after, you know, you got to understand something, everyone. When you bash someone for 10 years, 14 years, 13 years, where one time I went to Staten Island with Grim Reefer and Jay Lover. We went to an indie show in, in Staten Island, and Teddy Hart was there with Jack Evans or someone else. And when I walked into the building, I had a couple of guys come up to me and like, you better hope Teddy Hart doesn't realize, you know, that, that, it, that you're de Blasi, you know. And, like, I felt very, very uncomfortable at that time. You know, I don't back down anybody, and I don't look for fights either. But when you rip right. someone for 10, 14 years, you know, after a while, you know, it's not that you have a guilt but when you start having people say to you, you know, look, you know, the, the guy had a lot of problems. He's trying to straighten himself out and this and that. You know, you try to, you know, support the person. You know, you wanted redemption in this and that. And I was way wrong, way wrong. I don't condone any of that stuff. I don't condone any physicality on a female, period. And the only thing I could say, which might be pussy to some people out there, is I hope this ends up being his true rock bottom. And I just hope to God one day we don't have a, tra a tragedy because I'm going to play it next week. You made an intro for me back in 2006. Sure. Anybody remember? Da -da 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 whatever. And what one of the clips that you made for me for an intro for my old show was 
uh, Teddy Hart uh, about him writing an autograph, uh, an autobiography, and I said something like, "Teddy Hart wants to come out with an autobiography. You know, it's it's fine if he wants to kill himself now, and that's the end of his career. Yeah, whatever." That was a clip on our show for about a year. Crazy that you remember that, but yeah, that's cool, DT. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so the bottom line is, is that I hope to God this doesn't end in an absolute tragedy, if you know what I mean. But the guy is very disturbed. I don't think he'll ever be diagnosed as being clinically insane because he truly believes the world that he's in. Um, Yeah, but so do sociopaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. That's sociopathic, you know, uh, I was going to say technology. That's tendencies. It's sociopathic tendencies that he has. Yeah. When you start believing the world that you create for yourself, yeah, that's insane. Yeah. You've become it's, clinical at that point. Teddy Hart is clinical. Yeah, I don't. I don't even have a doubt about it. You know, I mean, I wish that there would be some kind of reveal of it. I, I know that didn't uh, was it Martha or somebody? Somebody said that he has meds that he's supposed to be taking meds, but I don't even know what, what kind of medications that he takes. But it's supposedly for his head. So. It's got, yeah, it's you. You don't go this far into life and not be diagnosed at some point. But you know, I like I said, you know, I, I'm not a very religious person. But when I say I legitimately pray that this maybe this is his rock bottom and he turns his life around finally. I mean, the guy is now in his 40s, and there's even a, a clip. You do a search on DonTony.com where I had wrote in my synopsis a couple of years ago, like, look, it might have been cute in his early 20s. It's not cute when you're 40, you know? Right, right. Yeah, it's well, not cute still, anymore. He still dresses like a kid. He bedazzled his car, DT. I mean, yeah. Yeah. the guy isn't right. Yeah. The, guy, the guy's a fuck up, man. Yeah, it's, it's, this is not something that people should celebrate, you know, um, that relationship with him and Maria, I hope, and nobody said this yesterday or today, but if there's any way this gets back to her, she's got to get an order of protection from this guy. Got to get an order of protection. Look, it's not a foolproof guarantee if this guy gets out of jail, he ain't going to confront her again. But this order of protection not only will, you know, legally keep him away, but if she actually sees that physical order of protection, that might emotionally convince her, stay the fuck away from this guy, period. Stay away from him. It That's just, oh, it's, it's a really, really sad story. You know, fucked up fucked up so Indeed. no it's all right but listen i want to give a shout out to hosman 201 thank you very much my friend mandy pinetown <laughs> mish and yuck forever who's yes. yuck yuck nasty dogger baby. oh okay yuck nasty yes. yes yeah so thank you mandy for that really appreciate it um a couple of more shout outs before we move on morel coombs Thank you very much, my friend. Very, very uh, big uh, fan of the show, friend of the show. Capita, great. Thank you as well. And uh, like I said, everybody, you know, if you want to contribute to the show, you want to ask us anything, John Krauser, uh, John, you give enough already, my friend. You don't have to 
I appreciate that. But if anybody out there wants to ask us anything during the show, no, by all means. But um, you want to talk a little bit about SmackDown tonight? Some of the things that are going sure. on? Sure. You know, I didn't catch all of SmackDown tonight. I was still running around a little bit. But uh, for the most part, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm completely underwhelmed with the, the direction. And yeah. uh, when was SmackDown taped? Now, it was pre-taped, right? Uh, this was taped... Some uh, some people have told me last Saturday, um, some, a lot of it was taped last weekend, but some of right, it was right. also taped. You know the same the same. T- Actually, no, that does make sense because they they tried to pull off SmackDown Live last week, and they taped stuff the following day. Um, sure. Before I go any further, right, I want right. to just. Remind everybody something before we talked about Miz, before we talk about Roman Reigns and even Andrade. Right. We could leave Andrade aside because Raw is going to take place Monday. But everybody is re- is reporting that Roman Reigns is off Mania. Hmm. Uh, people are also reporting that Miz is not wrestling for Mania. Yet tonight on SmackDown, the entire episode, they were hyping up Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. Right. They also are still hyping up Miz and Morrison defending the titles at Mania. Right. One thing I want to say to everybody before anything, there is another episode of SmackDown next week. Sure. So we may not have received the answers tonight as far as what's going to happen with Goldberg and Reigns or what's going to happen with Miz and Mania, but they have another episode of SmackDown to clear this up. And I think... More than anything, that is why when certain news outlets out there asked WWE for a comment about Roman Reigns, they declined. The reason why they declined is because they want to give their statement through next week's episode of SmackDown. If they report now that Roman Reigns is not going to appear, you know, you understand what I'm saying? They would get ripped apart for tonight for still pushing it. Why didn't they re-edit the show? Why didn't they change things around? So they had this show recorded and in the bag a week ago. Yeah. So next week on SmackDown, if things change, we'll find out next week. This is pro wrestling, everyone. It's not you get the news or you get the statement when you want it. I thought now, and, and I'm going to have to echo the sentiment of a few people even in the chat, but I thought Mania was already taped. I thought it was literally, what, yesterday? Oh, Wednesday? yeah. No, a lot of it was already taped. But, but my point is, is that as far as what we see televised, we still have another week of SmackDown to watch. So right. they right. they already they already have, reco- if, if Reigns is off, and it appears that he is. And we'll and we'll discuss our views as to why he's off. But if Reigns is done and not going to appear on Mania, as far as the televised viewer goes, this could still play off on television. They already sure. recorded what happens next week that pulls Roman Reigns from Mania. So as far as a viewer watching it on television, if something happens next week between Reigns and Goldberg, and Reigns is off the match, as far as a televised viewer goes, nothing was 
uh, lazy, because people are calling WWE lazy for not re-editing the show tonight. Why do they have to re-edit it? Now, if next Friday they go into Mania the next day with us still thinking that Goldberg and Reigns are going to still fight, you have a, a legitimate reason to rip them then. But you know in the past, we've had matches advertised and then you go into the pay-per-view and then the match gets changed. Didn't they do something once with CM Punk where Manu and Legacy mm -hmm. like beat the fuck out of them and that advertised pay-per-view match didn't happen? I could be way off on that, but no, I'm just I saying like, well. you know, yeah. everybody out there wants to have the backstage scoop. But really all WWE owes their fans is what you see on television. So if something happens next week where Miz refuses to wrestle and they strip him of the titles, it's a Triple H, something happens and he gets stripped and now it's going to be Usos in New Day to determine a new tag job. Something, whatever it is, even if it's stupid, it still has a week to play off on television. We watch pro wrestling based on what we see on TV, not what's written on dirt sheets. Right. You know, so, here's, here's the thing, you know, before we even get too much deeper into SmackDown, but there's a lot of commentary about WWE doing pre-tape again. And I, I say again, because I think a lot of people forget back during the primetime days, there was a lot of pre-taping. There were a lot of matches that were taped from house shows and everything was aligned up through editing and production and everything else like that. So WWE doing pre-tape again isn't something new. It's actually, if anything, something a little archaic. Right. Do you think that WWE can remember their roots and try and structure new shows around or based around those old ways that they used to do things? They may have to if this coronavirus situation, you know, goes a lot longer than, you know, we originally thought, you know, I mean... My, you see what's going on in the United States especially. I mean, even if things start to calm down in two weeks, it's, it's you know, this isn't like a two-hour movie that, you know, in the last 20 minutes of the movie, suddenly everything gets resolved and the world is fine and we're right. back to normal. So even if things start to calm down two weeks from now, it's still going to need a couple of extra weeks to make sure it doesn't come back even worse than before. And you can't just suddenly call a building and say, hey, you know, can, can can we book it for a month from now? So this could be something that could go on for another two months, minimum. Okay. Maybe they can have local Floridians come in, um, but this is something that they may be forced to go back to their roots a little bit. But again, you know because of social media and because of so much backstage stuff that we find out about and, and people talk about, people right. want that backstage news to commingle what we see on television. You know, you have a storyline. I mean, how many people last year really thought that WWE was taking away the title shot for Kofi? And you had New Day, and I remember clearly cutting that video that maybe people like us shouldn't be in this company and were teasing like they may leave. Oh my God, New Day should go to AEW. And AEW wow. hasn't even started yet. But the point is, is that, you know, that was a storyline played on television. And it was done to get your emotion. So next week, things will take place that will put it all together, in my opinion. And if they don't, 
and then decide to do something where, you know, they go into mania with Reigns and Goldberg still advertising, and then all of a sudden we're at WrestleMania and Gold and Roman Reigns is laid out in the back, you know, and um you know what I mean? And then somebody is a quicker, somebody replace him. Maybe Braun Strowman, that's what everybody is saying. Maybe Braun Strowman right. attacks Roman Reigns at Mania. Reigns can't compete. Another opponent. That could be the storyline too. They don't have to issue a press release or statement saying that Roman Reigns is not going to appear. If they want to go into fucking Saturday next week saying that Roman Reigns is still on for Mania, they own no statement. For anybody out there, as I don't agree with it, but that's just the way it is. So, do you think that it's like a media deception in order to to carry the storyline into something different? Because I mean, it's not like they have to answer to the live audience. Card is subject to change. Well, but see, here's here's the thing. By the way, shout out to Kappa the Great. I didn't forget about you, my brother. Uh, also, want to shout out um, Shazi Ali. Thank you very much, my friend. Modest music, number one. Opinions from both of us on the Hardys, Matt and Jeff. Yeah, we will definitely talk about Matt Hardy and AEW and Jeff Hardy's future in sure. WWE. AJ Giorgio. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Look, first 45 minutes to an hour, you know, we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about, and then we'll see where it goes from here. But And Nate Berry, thank you very much, too, my brother. Much appreciated. Um Getting back to what you were saying. Right. Um, let me say it like this. Stephanie McMahon did an interview. I don't know what business website it was, but it was done a couple of days ago. And it was talking about the safety measures that WWE is doing right now because of coronavirus. Okay. And she wouldn't come out and explain how they were addressing the 10-person you know, rule, well, it really isn't a rule. It's a really a recommendation when you think about it. She was dodging it. She didn't want to say how it was. But the one thing that this person, and you would, you would think the dumbest interviewer alive would come up with this. Nobody right. asked her, has anybody tested positive for coronavirus? Have you had to send anybody home because of it? She was very slick, Stephanie. And... She was very careful what she was saying, too, because it could be looked at really in a bad way because only right. essential employees should be working in Florida right now. WWE is not an essential employee. It's, you know, they're not essential, maybe for some wrestling fans. But the thing is this. Stephanie said that everybody, when they get to the building, their temperature is tested. You and I talked about that about a week, week and a half ago that they sure. check everybody's temperature, make sure nobody has fever, and then they let them in the building. But Stephanie purposely said in this interview that anybody that is 100.4 and above, they refuse them into the building. Right. Now, the reason why 100.4 is important is because anything above 100.4 is no longer a low-grade fever. You could have 100.1, and that's a low-grade fever. So basically, Stephanie admitted that anybody below 100.4, they let in the building. So you can right. have Clearly, technically a low-grade fever. fever. Right. Right. And the thing also is, is that, you know, 
again, come out that uh, that it was Dana Brooke as well as Rey Mysterio that came down with a bit of the the COVID? We don't know. Okay. You know what I mean? I said on Wednesday that unless Dana Brooke or Rey Mysterio or WWE makes a statement about it, I don't think anybody out there should immediately jump the gun and say they got coronavirus because Paige self-quarantined herself because she didn't want to take a chance to infect anybody. As far as I know, Paige did not test positive for coronavirus. So self-quarantining yourself. I mean, look, there was a lot of people on Twitter the last two weeks all trying to get attention to themselves that they self-quarantined. doesn't mean they were tested positive for coronavirus. They just decided that they were going to lock themselves in the house and not be around anybody for 14 days. So Dana Brooke, that could have been her decision. Rey Mysterio, that could have been his decision. We don't know. We don't know if anybody got that. But again, this interview, I found it fascinating that the simple question of, have you had to send anybody home? Never asked. Has anybody tested positive? Never asked. Are you asked. really surprised by that? The fact that she can play the game, the fact that she can manipulate the media into being satisfied with her half answers and distruths? Yeah. Yeah. Because this goes to, look, I personally feel right now, I mean, I'll use my girl as an example. She's in the other room right now. Last week, she, when we first were getting like paranoid about what was going on, she took her temperature like 10 times, and one time it was like 99.1. And she's right. like, oh, my God, do I have a fever? Do I have a fever? And she ended up, she's fine. But the point is, is that, you know, you have someone who might have like 100, 99.9, and because, it, let me say it like this. The way Stephanie answered the question, it's like, all right, she is, they're pushing the line so far. Like, instead of just saying, look, we, we're looking out for everybody's well-being. If anybody has even a hint of a fever, we sent them home. But right. she has I mean, to use the technical because they want to push it so far. Oh, we have until Thursday at 8 p.m., to no longer work, okay, we'll do our stuff until 7.59. No, motherfucker. Right. Then you, you turn around and say, look, because we don't want to get anybody infected, we stop now. We don't wait until 11.59 and 59 seconds to stop. So they are pushing it as far as they could possibly allow it. And that sure. is more, in my opinion, a greed aspect than actually giving a shit about people. Because you know why, too? I don't mean to interrupt you, but I said this Wednesday, and I, I'm blown away. I'm blown away nobody is talking about this. Seriously. What I'm about to say is going to be probably one of the biggest things I say tonight. WWE talks about anti-bullying. WWE talks about, you know, PSAs, about this, about that, about this, get tested, uh, where are all the public service announcements from WWE telling all the fans, stay home, you know, let us entertain you. Don't go out. Don't do this. Where are the wrestlers hey. getting on the team? They're not doing any public service. They're not doing nothing. They're, they're afraid to use the word coronavirus. Right. Well, yeah. But I mean, yeah. 
I mean, where are all the public service announcements with all the wrestlers on Twitter? I mean, you see a tweet here and there, but where's the videos that WWE's airing on television like WWE Universe, you know, stay home, you know? Even if you come up with a dopey catchphrase right now, you know? Where are all these PSAs of all of their role models trying to convince the younger WWE Universe out there, don't take a chance. Don't get your grandma sick, your grandfather sick. Stay at home. Even if you feel well, stay at home. Instead, we have Stephanie. If somebody's 100.3, then they could come in. But if if somebody's 100.4, then we don't let them in the building. You know, and again, that's just like, well, you know, we have until midnight Thursday or 8 p.m. Thursday. Let's do everything to 7.59. It's all technicalities right. on their end. Right. Well, I mean, WWE rides the line. They've ridden the line for years. It's no surprise to me that Stephanie, who has been the spokesperson for WWE for many years, knows how to get around this to where she gives the media and the public the answers that they want to hear, but without any act- actual answers to the real questions. It's just another misdirection. It's another magic trick that WWE is capable of playing on people. The reason that there's no, and and I hate to say it like this, because it goes back to the thing that Stephanie said a thousand times before, philanthropy, or I'm sorry, not philanthropy. um, Oh, you're right. Is the future of marketing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the problem here is, is that there is no money for WWE to make on putting out PSAs for the kids, trying to convince them to stay at home. There's no money for them to make off of the fact that the entire country is going through this epidemic, this pandemic. So why would they actually waste the resources on it if there's nothing to be gained by it? If anything, right now, uh, not just WWE, but wrestling as a whole is losing very badly because of everybody being shut inside because of everybody being quarantined because audiences aren't allowed to go to shows and watch shows live. The performances are being hurt because the wrestlers are pretending that there's an audience out in the arena and there's nobody there. It's, it's a very surreal thing that we're watching, but there's no money to be made on it. Right. You know, I mean, I guess there's goodwill, but then where's the money in that? And this really doesn't have to do with the coronavirus, but I talked about it uh, yesterday. I was on a podcast um, with the Easy, and I said, this is, not, this is a story that nobody's picked up on yet, but it's going to be a huge story. Yeah. Vince McMahon, uh, a couple of days ago or earlier this week, made some type of a deal where I think in 2024 or 2022, so a couple of years from now, he is uh, agreed to sell a ton of stock. I don't remember the total amount, 2 million shares. I don't remember the exact amount, but he agreed to sell it at $38 a share. And there's some stipulations attached to it as far as him still being like a majority owner or this and that. Some big deal. And some people in the business world are saying, well, you know, maybe he's trying to fund XFL for 2021 or maybe he's trying to do this. Me, I honestly think that Vince thinks two years from now, you know, there might be even worse on the horizon as far as WWE goes. And he is trying to get some of his stock um, promised to sell now 
you know, this way, because he agreed to sell it at $38 a share. The stock right. was at 39 You can't sell it for a higher price, than what the, but you can agree to sell it at a lower price. This is something nobody has picked up on. But I think this, even the shirt they came out with last week, you know, instead of saying I was there, I was not there, whatever it is, they sure. didn't even say a portion of the proceeds go to the COVID-19 fund. Nothing right. whatsoever. So it's it's all about trying to get people to subscribe. You know, they're offering the network free for almost, you know, a lot of the content right now in WrestleMania. Be I think it's a nice thing. Look, I've seen people already try to spin that. You know, and, and some people make sense, you know, like a friend of the show, Bonk, he's, he's a good listener and stuff like that. He's a friend, but he, he turned around. He's like, you know, it's the same thing that games on Steam do where they'll give you a free weekend and you, you get to play it for a weekend, but they gut a lot of it so that you're forced to pay for the full version or when the weekend is up, you no longer have access to the game. I, I, I get that, but WWE doesn't even have to do that. They could just continue on the status quo and not give anybody shit, you know? And so that that was one of the nicer things that I thought that WWE did, especially for a company right now that uh, is visibly, visibly taking a loss by having no audiences, by having no audience at WrestleMania. I thought it was, I mean, like, I know I just got done saying that, you know, just shitting on the way that Stephanie conducts business at times. But on the flip side, they did do something nice for people. So it's, it's once again, it's another game of balances. It's another magic trick. It's like, hey, look over here. Look at the good thing that we did. Hey, we gave you the, ne the network. You guys have the network for a while, right? It's completely free. Pay no attention that we're making our wrestlers work at, uh, at 100 degrees. I wonder you know? if you're still required to give a credit card to get that because if you still have to get it. I don't think it, so, do you? But if you still have to provide a credit card to get the bonus stuff right now, what's the difference between that and saying, okay, if I, I understand, you know, returning subscriber, this, you know, that this is where they would get something free. But if you're a new subscriber, sure. you know, this or the previous deal is the same thing. You still get the month for nothing. I just feel like, you know, again, you know, pro wrestling wants to be the emotional band-aid of the world. There's a lot of athletes in all different sports. <laughs> Sorry, you know, that was good. I like that. Yeah. Wrestling is the 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 band-aid of the world. Yeah, they want to be the emotional band-aid. And unfortunately, right. there are baseball players, soccer, hockey, basketball, football, that yeah. would love to entertain us right now and feel, hey, we, we could keep our distance. I mean, my God, look at a baseball team. When you have nine players on the field, are they like right in the face of each other? No, they, that's like social distancing. They're like 30 feet away from each other. So, you know, the so the, but the point is you don't even see them having like a, you know, game in a park. You know, like, hey, right. let's all get together. You know, we're, we're 30 feet away from each other. You know, let's just record. And you don't even see that because... They respect the fact that if we're telling everybody stay at home, right? it looks kind of stupid if we're telling you the same thing too, but we're not following it as well. I mean, you look earlier, talk about social distancing, and again, this might be being petty, but Elias gets knocked off that top of that stage area by sure. Corbin, I don't know if you saw it, but he falls down this thing and it looks like splat, like a bad Roadrunner cartoon. And he's laying out on the cement. 
And you had all like three referees all in, in the face of Elias. You, you okay? You okay? You okay? And I'm saying to myself, social distancing, social distancing. Sam, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, Sami Zayn is right next to Cole. And then you have it just, again, it just feels like, you know, look, at the end of the day, we all bleed red. At the, other, at the end of the right. day, we could all get sick, period. And just because pro wrestling is on television doesn't mean that, you know, there's a lot of us that feel, hey, we could, I could work. I work by myself. I don't need any workers. Why can't I work in, in my office? Or why can't I work in my store, you know, making T-shirts to ship out to people? I'm not around anybody else. Why can't I do that? You know, they, but I'm forced to stay home. Pro wrestling has this idea, not every company, but they have this mindset like, oh, because everybody's missing entertainment that we're, you know, we're bigger than everybody else. And I think that's the reason why you don't see the public service announcements, because right. it looks hypocritical. And I guess we could segue into Roman Reigns. Um, Nate Berry, shout out to you, my friend. Nintendo Bass wants me to ask you. Uh, is it Bass or is it base that well you know what i'll say nintendo base i think that's yeah it's base. i don't think bass as in fish i think that's base as in boom 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 base isn't a good um thing. how's philly treating you uh you know uh i'm in a stranger in a strange place you know it's i i think the most difficult thing about moving out here is that uh all of my plans um every single idea that i had everything that was supposed to come to fruition from completely leaving Chicago has been canceled. So I'm kind of stuck in a scenario where I, I can't even get a side gig. You know, like I, I was I was talking about it on uh, Frank and Gus uh, yesterday, I think it was. Yeah, it was yesterday. And, uh, or no, it was the day before yesterday. Well, whatever. So I had an interview. So I had a couple of interviews lined up. And they're canceling on me left and right. So even trying to get a side gig out here, even though that they're advertising online, you know, oh, we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring. When I physically get to the point of interviews, they're all like, yeah, they're sorry. <laughs> you know, and I had one lady that was on the phone with me who was almost at the point of tears, DT. She was so sad to tell me that I, she, she couldn't give me the interview, that I couldn't come in and stuff like that. So I don't know. You, I mean, you there's can't a lot do a remote. Of, it, it doesn't matter if, if they're closing off the job that they already posted. I mean, it doesn't yeah, matter anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's not just that they physically can't do the interview. They're telling me that, yeah, we planned on having all these jobs open, these different places, but now we're closing all that down. You know, so it's I'm, I'm really in a weird place because, you know, even living in Chicago for as long as I was, you know, if I needed a job or if I needed some place to go. I had enough connections and places to go in order to, you know, to stay safe. But out here, I'm I'm a man by myself, you know. Well, why don't we set up one of those OnlyFans accounts that everybody's talking about? No, I, 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 no. look. The reality People pay is me money. I I, I don't think no. I could do it right now, but I'd be like, <laughs> I'm not that sexy, man. I got nice long hair. I got shorts on, by the way, everybody. So you know what I mean? I mean, I don't look half as good as Sonny does. Uh, yeah, you know, God bless her, man. She gets out of jail, right back to the Snapchats. Yeah. And I, well, you know, look, I can't yeah. say anything bad about it. 30 feet her. and all, baby. All right. <laughs> Crusty ass toes. Fuck out of here. As long as people want to keep paying her, so. 
Um, Aaron wanted to know, Aaron Erickson, thank you, Aaron. Um, he's seeing your face for the first time, by the way. Uh, he wants oh, cool. to know, well, live. Yeah. He wants to know, how um, do you think WWE could fix their product right now post-WrestleMania? Man, the more and more I think about it, I think the only way that any of these companies can do something unique. Uh, it's been brought up as a point before on different shows, you know, like they say, compare it to uh, Lucha Underground. But I think that going the way of film, and I mean, we talked about this with Jason. We had Jason on as a guest. Motherfucker. Fucking Jason, man. Son of a bitch just donated $50 for a charity drive. Oh, did he? Now I got to fucking pay back, do the same thing back. I'm like, <laughs> you know, a lot of people have yeah, been saying they want to see Jason and, and me do one episode one time. I think, Jason, maybe we got to do something for charity. Audio only is cool with me. But, uh, Jason, thank you for that. Really, really appreciate that. I mean, uh, you know, I don't get to sing the praise of Jason and a lot of others. Um, but believe me, when I tell you, I, I have, uh, an appreciation for everybody out there. You know, I just, um, that was very, very kind of you. Thank you very, very much. I really do. Yeah. He was, we just had him on the show the other week. We, we did yeah. Frank and Gus and we put that up on the main feed for everybody to listen to. So if you want to check out, uh, uh, I think it was the Wednesday episode of wrestling soup or Frank and Gus, you can just go to our, you know our feed and check it out but uh J- jason is awesome jason has always been awesome i i love talking with the guy i love watching his shows the, the guy has such an an intricate mind he can see i, I he's it, genuine when you listen to him talk about things logically it's almost like he, you can see the threads from point a to point b when he talks about stuff you know you know what the, the guy has a logical mind you know i compare him to not sure. to this extent. I'm not kissing his ass right now because he just contributed 50 bucks to us. And Jason, I will return the favor. Um, but he's like Pat Patterson. If anybody remembers... No, no. If you, I don't mean like that. Let me just make my point. If you remember Pat Patterson when it was beyond the mat and they were hyping up the match where they were in Canada. It was the Hart Foundation versus Steve Austin, uh, Legion of Doom, Ken Shamrock. I can't remember who else was in the match. And the, it was like one of my favorite parts of, you know, that beyond the mat. And Pat Patterson was saying, like, exactly how he envisioned the story to go down in the ring and even outside the ring with, you know, the the Hart family at ringside and, you know, you hit Steve and this is that. And at the very, like, he's just sees in his mind how this, 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 point A, point A, and and, and that's the story. That's what Jason, like, he could see everything going together. And I am fucking kind of jealous at that at times, but... Very, very smart, very astute, on sure. point, and um, I, I, I'm jealous. <laughs> nah, he's a good guy, seriously. Um, but nah, I agree with you, man. So, but uh, that's cool. But getting back to the mania thing, um, sure. Look, you know, it's funny because when AEW did the hard camera you know, with the rampway behind them. And it took right. an extra show before WWE did the same thing. And you had the goofs online saying, oh, my God, they copied AEW. And my immediate thought was WrestleMania 10. 
the big X. If you looked at it, the rampway was behind the ring. I mean, I think Ring of Honor used to do it. It's not all of a sudden, it's a new thing. But WWE, you know, this is a new experience because they are forced to do everything with no fans and this, this, and that. Right. I personally think the number one benefit right now for WWE is you don't have to worry about getting rattled with what, 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 you know, fans like to rattle your brains a little bit. That's not even the worst part because the wrestlers kind of feed off of that. Maybe not those chants, but the wrestlers feed off the audience. Absolutely. And the audience is the main determining factor if people are entertained by them or not. But I think the one major bonus going into Mania and, and actually, if anything, being able to pre-tape everything, they could probably pre-tape two weeks at a time. Couldn't they? I mean, in theory, couldn't they just literally pre-tape two weeks of shows in, in one or two days and then everybody goes home and, and stays safe, you know? I See, the thing is this, and this will lead to Roman Reigns. I said this a couple of days ago, and I really truthfully mean this. Right. Um, I think WrestleMania is going to be a hundred times better than we anticipate it to be. It has to be. It has to be, but not only that, and I was talking about this a couple of days ago. You know, of course we... Don't and by the way, for everybody tuning in, if Mish's camera goes blank for a little bit, oh. that's not a technical thing. You you know, you might be just you know changing your seating and stuff like that. I actually, that? I'm sorry, I'm just trying no, no, to no. Do you don't have to apologize. Well, you have to. I might as well explain it because YouTube is a little finicky about uh, certain habits. Okay, so. All you right. know, I, I, figure I don't want to do that on stream. It demonetizes you. It causes issues. No, so it's okay. Do it on camera, then it's okay. I actually figured out that I could pause my camera too. Like if I got to pick my sure. nose or fart or something, I can oh, actually no, yeah. mute. Picking my nose. <laughs> like if, like if anybody sees me do this ever during a show, if I do something like this, I'm usually letting one out. But um, yeah. no, but the thing is, is that, you know, and I brought this up earlier in the week. Of course, of course, we like wrestling raw. This is such a fucking outdated reference, but I'm only bringing it up because I know some people will know what I'm talking about. You ever watch the Cow Burnett show when you were growing up? Yeah, a little bit. I was, I, I was a wee bit young back then, but sure. Tim Conway, Harvey Klein, I don't remember his name or whatever, you know, but right. the one thing that I always remembered as a kid watching that when my mom and my dad would watch it that always stuck with me that I always laughed my ass off about was they would do skits and the skits would be so unbelievably funny that they would just admittedly just start laughing their ass off during the skit. I mean, Tim, and you could, anybody out there, you could go on YouTube to see what I'm talking about. Tim Conway would just start laughing his ass off during a a skit. James Hollins, thank you, my friend. Um, Rafael Gutierrez, much love. Um, But, and some people may know what I'm talking about. And the reason why I loved it is because that was a genuine emotion. It was raw and it was real. So when we watch wrestling, 
sometimes if somebody actually bursts a little bit of a smile or a laugh, you know, and they break a little kayfabe, as people would say, like you, sometimes you remember those moments, like, oh, you remember that time when he uh, um, corpsed or this, is and that, remember Macho Man with, um, who was it? It was, was it, well, oh, it was Tori Wilson in WCW when she started laughing on the camera and Macho Man, we almost punched her in the face. Um, you know, they, things like that you remember. So we would, in many cases, would prefer to have wrestling raw, unaltered, unedited, uncooked, unplugged, whatever it is. But here, when you're pre-recording it, you can edit, you could delete this, delete, delete. I was talking about this early in the week, Undertaker AJ Styles. They may record the match, and then 10 minutes later, holy shit, what if we would have done this? Get the cameras rolling again. Do this spot or do this or do that. You don't think Bray Wyatt is going to be regular Bray Wyatt and then suddenly be the fiend during the match too? You know what I think of? Final deletion. Broken Hardy's TNA. Threw him in the lake. Yeah, who was it? Hurricane Helms? You know, who came, who went in the lake and then came back as two different gimmicks? There was somebody. There was something with the, the well, final deletion. Hardy came out of the league yes too. it's willow right <laughs> it's because they edited they stopped the cameras oh yeah so they could do this with edge and orton they could do this with aj and taker they could do this with Wyatt and cena they could do there's like four or five matches they could do this with and wwe is a you know had films some of them aren't that great this has the the ingredients to be a really fucking entertaining couple of matches. Sure. You're going to see some bullshit, one minute bullshit out of there. But I, I'm really thinking, of course, no crowd reaction takes away from it. But I honestly think this is going to be a hell of a lot better than people think. Problem is, what do you yeah, do after Mania? Because I think a lot of people are underestimating WrestleMania as a whole. I think, unfortunately, the way that the TV shows have been, regardless of if you think that WWE is copying AEW or not, regardless of your stance on it, I think overall, this doesn't feel like WrestleMania season. Does not I mean, on like one it. hand, you have a global pandemic looming over everybody's shoulders, but on the other, the way that the shows are produced, the storylines are not as intense. The fans aren't nearly as into it. I mean, the ratings are a pure reflection of how much people really don't care right now that they have other things on their mind so going into wrestlemania i think those of us that are are interested in watching wrestlemania for the most part have not very high expectations even with the added day and the added hours that have been put into this which i still think is just a mistake in a lot of ways but it's already done it's already in the can right for the most part i i guess um but i I don't know. It has to be better, DT. It, it has to be better than what people expect it to be. Because if it's not, this is just going to be complete egg all over Vince McMahon's face. If this WrestleMania ends up being as caca as we all expect it to be, it's just going to make him look like a fool for not postponing the whole WrestleMania till what, August, November, whenever. For not postponing the show and waiting for a better time. Because that's the one sentiment, even though and I know me and you have gotten into this discussion once before too, but even though it makes sense for him to do it now, 
it's a logical thing for him to do it now. There are still a large contingent of people that want WWE to postpone WrestleMania because they want to attend it, because they think that the storylines are suffering, because they want the wrestlers healthy, because they want a lot of things that that pretty much you know predicate to WrestleMania to happen. Okay. And now you're in a system where WrestleMania has no fans, all the fanfare outside of WrestleMania for all the people that show up, all of those shows are canceled, all the events are canceled, everybody's their tickets are refunded or they're being postponed or whatever else like that. You're literally going into WrestleMania underneath the most dire circumstances. And if it does not live up to better than what we expect at mm. this point, especially with everybody watching, it's going to make WWE look like damn fools. Let me ask you this. Cause I, I said this uh, a week and a half ago. I personally think they should have done this still but instead of airing it April 4th and April 5th, air it on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT for the next two or three weeks. Put sure. those WrestleMania matches. And and the sad thing about it is that's going to happen anyway. You will see right. the match between Edge and Orton on WWE Raw. Might be the following week or whatever, but the thing is, is that, you know, Cena may not be available in the summertime even if we are able to have crowds at shows again cena may not be available when you have sure. a, a soap opera and you decide to continue the soap opera week after week after week as far as wwe is concerned when the cameras start till the cameras end what you see is their suspension of disbelief that's why they won't make a statement about roman reigns they right. wanted to play out on television they are in an entertainment company they don't need to give an explanation they're not hiding from it i saw a lot of people today saying that oh my god they won't admit about roman reigns because other people might follow and this this is an ad the thing is is if if you do postpone wrestlemania how do you justify what do you do with edge if edge and orton are going to oh. postpone their feud for a couple of months, how do you suddenly, as you far as suspension disbelief, it. you know what I mean? How do you yeah. postpone those storylines? You don't. You just continue on. You, right. That's what it is. Is like you can make a two-second or a three-second clip that explains, you know, like, all right, if you want to talk about the suspension of disbelief, may as well be honest about the reason why everything's being postponed. Why do they have to pretend it's not about the coronavirus? Why do they have to sit there and, and ignore like, oh, well, you know, WrestleMania, uh, there's, there's no virus. You know, like, yeah. why do they have to do that? Why, why couldn't they even do something like this? I'll find you when I'm healthy. Yeah. I'll find See, you when, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. something simple. They don't have to go to these crazy lengths and, yeah. and create this big, broad bridge of a storyline in order to explain their actions. They can be upfront and direct and still use the honest-to-goodness truth as part of the storyline. People nope. understand that the world is on its knees right now. No, it's interesting. There's no reason to pretend that in wrestling everything is fine. It's stupid. You know what's interesting? And that was kind of what his question was, but I'll – Go a step further. Sure. They taped Mania. 
whether it some of it happened in Georgia or some of it happened in Florida and some of it happened here, what are you going to air the following Monday? What do you air? What do you mean? I oh, mean, like WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, if oh, if you have that weird. stay now in Florida, that only essential employees, essential workers can work. WWE's not a news company. They milk this to the, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like, you have, this is the thing with Roman Reigns. I know a lot of people out there, by the way, Jessa, Jessica Villagrana, Villagrana, Jessica Villagrana. Thank you very much. Gotta, you know, make sure I get everybody's names right. Sure. Uh, Brandon Foley. Brandon, what's up, my friend? Um, wow, just had his second back surgery. And, um, yeah. wow, man. But you want to know something? The PPE masks, uh, I actually got a box of 50 delivered to me today. And Did you like, actually get some? Oh, you lucky bastard. Yeah. Well, I could send yeah. you some. I don't need 50, but, you know, I still have customers coming in my office. And, uh, you know, I'm right. a little parent. I went to the doctor Monday. Um, yeah. You could actually even see. I don't know if you could see the, the black and blues over here. But when they took blood. I needed my sleep medicine. My fucking doctor said, okay, you got to come in. And I'm like, I don't want to be in a doctor's office right now. It's where people are sick. They forced right. me to go in anyway. But uh, Brandon is good people, man. Brandon, yeah, I, I, I can't walk around because I have, I have, I mean, obviously you've seen my, like my Facebook and my wrestling soup profile pic, but I wear the poppy handkerchief over my face and yeah. i scare the shit out of people <laughs> you know i mean for people that don't know you know i'm a taller guy i'm also a larger guy so i'm tall and large big and tall as they call it i'm yeah. i'm a voluptuous male uh but yeah you can't have a dude you know what around with a fucking with a, a a black handkerchief around his mouth and uh, black gloves on his hands and shit you it, think you're big it, it's weird it's weird Look, normally I'm used to people kind of backing away anyways, like smaller people. But now it's like, come on, guys. Dear Lord, I don't actually have the virus. I'm just trying to protect myself. But whatever. You think you'd be big? I'll make you feel good in a minute. Cleric wow. of Chaos. <laughs> thank you, my brother. Juice Giorgio. Uh, sure. Thank you. Wrestle Erotica. Wrestle Erotica. Yeah, fucking Nick. He's our boy. We love Wrestle Erotica. Have you now? I got to ask you: Have you ever listened to one of his episodes? You want to know something? I look. I don't lie here, and I I tell it straight out. I sure. remember listening to one maybe two months ago. Somebody oh, had so given awesome, me a link, bro. and I started listening to it, and it was pretty good. But there was I I don't remember what I was doing, but I just totally lost my train well, of thought. Never went back to it. Oh, okay. Well, he, what he does. So, for people that don't know, yeah, and if you you're, take you're into interesting, it. if you're into adult stories, uh, adult entertainment stories, read about wrestlers uh, in adult situations, then Wrestle Erotica is the show for you. It's just my little plug for him. He's a good dude. I, I fucking absolutely love Nick. He's gone above and beyond, and he's been doing this for years now. So he has a large catalog of shows. You know, but it's it's great. Some of the stories are absolutely hilarious. Among other things, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see some video action over there. Oh, you know what? There's a lot of 
Look, you know, I've seen a lot of erotic All right. women wrestling, you know, over the years. But uh, Jody Moncrief, uh, maniac interviews, work or real? Can we discuss? Um, when you mean maniac, I don't know what he means. Um, what? Maniac well, interviews, work or real? Oh, maybe he's talking about it was your interactions with uh, Frank Goodman. Uh, a work well you like know just, just you, you don't have to contribute again just clarify and well i'll definitely answer that and uh i'll get back to you with that travis chambers sure. something my brother and james hollands david benoit to aew um not right now he doesn't have that kind of ability yet um we'll talk about the benoit documentary in a moment but you know what since so many awesome people are here right now and uh you know, really making this a, a special night and contributing. And like I said, you know, we were dividing everything and putting it right to COVID-19 relief. I was going to save it when we had uh, 10,000 subscribers, but oh. should I should oh, I dude. show everybody what yours oh. truly looked like at 365 pounds, which was oh. not that long ago? Whew, I thought you were talking about something else, dear Lord. Yeah. No, well, it, you know, we were going to do the one chip challenge tonight, everybody. <laughs> we were really like, going to do it. Some chip dust, you know? <laughs> the, 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 I pussied out, and I pussied out for one reason. Um, see, Elias, WWE, those scumbags, you know, they, you got to avoid, and I'm talking storyline, you got to avoid having people unnecessarily go to hospitals right now. You got to save those beds for people with COVID-19. So Elias has to go to hospital today, blah, 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 storyline. But I got my gallbladder taken out last year. And yeah. I have heard nightmares about doing these one chip, these hot food challenges without a gallbladder. And I said, could you imagine on my birthday weekend if I do the one chip challenge here and then it just goes terribly wrong and then I got to go to the hospital? You imagine the hate I'll get on nah, you'll line. Be all right. you'll, no, you'll but be all right. just think What's about gonna it. Happen to us? What's going to happen to us is we're going to sweat our mouth. I have an itchy nose burn. right now because I ate salty stuff earlier. No drugs. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to burn. We're going to burn a little bit, but it's not going to hurt your gallbladder. What's going to happen is, is we're going to burn for a while, then we're going to think it's over, and then we're going to take a dump over the next day or two and then go through the war all over again. Yeah. We'll do the yeah. one chip very soon but it should be called was, the one shit challenge because it, once you're done shitting then it's over see i'll then do the cat shit over. coffee one next week but the thing oh, is, the is that luak? i don't like the kopi luak i think the cat shit coffee people freak out they're like how can you drink cat shit it's actually very delicious really? and there's a reason why i mean i don't understand it but there's a reason why some people pay 500 dollars a cup for it so yeah. I just didn't want to, God forbid, have to go to the hospital or urgent care from eating this chip tonight. Right. Oh, no, I get it. Well, I mean, you know, then people are like, oh, you see, you did something that was totally unnecessary and you had to go to the doctor and people had to use up this and use up that where we have COVID-19 right now. And I was like, I, I think it's probably better that I put, wait a little bit of time until, you know, this gets a little bit more in order. But I will show everybody here what yours truly look like at 365 pounds. Right now, I when I weighed myself this morning, I was 247. So to get, I'll I'll give everybody a side by side by side. This is a picture. You'll see me from what year is this? This is from nine years ago. 
Then you'll see right. me from a year and a half ago, and then you'll see me very recently, and you'll see the difference in sizes. So for everybody out there that ever wanted to see what yours truly looked like at 365 pounds, you could laugh, you could make fun of me. You want to try to post it on my social media, I'll laugh with you, everybody. You ain't going to hurt my feelings. But that is what yours truly looked like at that weight, all the way on the left. The middle picture is me from 2018, and the picture on the right is what I look like now. And if you want a little bit more of a close-up of or side view, that is the side view. Pretty disgusting. Pretty disgusting. So, <laughs> How bad is that? I cut your audio. I accidentally cut your audio, but uh, you know what I should have done? You know, I made the mistake. All right, this is better. Now now we could talk and look at it. Yeah, that, that is me wearing size, what, 44 jeans or 46 jeans on the right? On the left. Mm. And that's me now. That's, oh, well, we were close. We were yeah. close to the same size. Yeah, that is, uh, yeah. Tell me that's not disgusting. I mean, that's just when you. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm that size right now. I don't look at it as disgusting or anything like that. No, I mean, but I'm just saying. But you see, that. you're like six foot ten. You know, like me, yeah, I was much shorter. Not that you had then, dear Lord. Come on now. Uh, I just look. It's you know what it is, and, and I can tell you this. For my weight, anyways, a lot of it has to do with, with the sedentary lifestyle. You know, there's a lot of times when I should have got a gone out and worked out and everything else like that and i didn't do the right thing so now my body's suffering a bit i'm heavier than i've ever been before but you know i'm working my way over to you know especially now with summer coming up and stuff like that i'm looking forward to actually changing up my physical lifestyle a little bit more where i was before in my life i i had a lot of bad vices you know and, and none of them were like illegal vices or anything like that but just bad habits and stuff like that so I'm kind of looking forward to changing everything there too. You know what I mean? I don't really want to sit there and shame people that are fat. Obviously, as, no. as a fat myself. But Mish, even if you look at this side view, yeah, but you, you got to understand. That, you're not like that on the side view. I know, but you're looking at it like, oh, this is so disgusting of me. Instead of looking at it like, oh, I was at a point in my life where this yeah. was my size and I was unhealthy. Yeah. Look, I mean, look, have you ever watched those, those, what is it, that my 600 pound life or whatever yeah. it is? Yeah. And some of these people are completely bedridden. They can't move. They have their family pretty much as hand and foot servants for them. And they go into some of these doctors and there's like a specific doctor. I forgot what his name is, but he's like a little guy, you know, and he tells them, Hey, look, you need to do this in order to not die. Like you are at the danger point. Like do this, or you're going to end up dead within a year. Yeah, and it's it's sad because I think I've seen more episodes where people just don't, and they just really like. I, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody die from from not taking his his advice. I'm sure there has been people, but I remember you know one lady who was like on the program and she went to a completely different state and she moved into the state and got a like a temporary residence. And uh, she was there on the diet and she kept gaining weight while she was on the fucking diet, on the medical diet. And it's because she had her husband or her boyfriend, whatever, literally come in and just slip hundreds of dollars yeah. of groceries into, into her yeah. fridge. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, but that's what I'm saying. It's like there's bad habits 
there's bad routines. There's bad vices that people have. I, I think, honestly, I would probably drop a shit ton of this weight, my personal weight, as soon as I give up soda pop. Soda is my one vice. Device, I mean, yeah. and soda, soda and tobacco, you know, if I can get rid of both of those, I think I'd be living a lot healthier of a lifestyle. So yeah. I'm working on that. You know, try, I mean? try to try to say, you know what? Living out here, though, too, I will say this, which is really cool because I'm not directly in Philly, like Philadelphia itself. I'm not in the, the proper city. I'm out in the suburbs. But there are so many hills here in comparison to Chicago and Chicagoland that just walking to the fucking mailbox is an actual workout <laughs> because I'm literally going uphill, you know, just to get to a fucking mailbox. Which is great, which is great. I don't mind it at all. But I think that that, you know, you start doing that more and more, it becomes synonymous with you. Now you're working out twice as hard for half the effort, you yeah. know? So. Yeah. Um, anyway. Two things. Uh, we'll have a good, we could change the subject and have a good laugh. Explain, try to justify anybody wearing shirts like that with hairy chests. That is yours truly. I've, uh, I know I, posted that picture recently but uh yeah that is yours truly from 2002 with um for some reason i thought having a crazy hairy chest like that and showing everybody was sexy right so hey some girls like that right that's their thing yeah see believe it or not now my chest is more grayish so right. i don't you know have it like i used to thank god but uh i gotta show everybody something Get let's show them some nipple there you go dt come on <laughs> Uh, I did when I showed everybody uh, the picture with me and Louie after we had that crazy brawl. Um, right, right. You know, when I got put through with the thumbtacks. I think I got the picture handy. Do I have it handy? I don't think I do have it handy. Oh, yeah, I do have it handy. You can, See, I, you can't, can. I, don't have, I don't have the ability. To, I don't have chest hair. I don't even have armpit hair. Like, I don't mm. have any hair on my body. No hair on my arms, no hair on my legs. That's the Japanese side. Mm. Japanese people just don't get the hair. Yeah, there you go. There's a young DT. Yeah, that is from... 2006, I think. 2006, I think. Yeah, yeah, I had to yeah. right around that time. Yeah, you were um, already doing the uh, the TMR back then too. So yeah, I want to show everybody something really cool. Shaheen uh, will might get a not jealous of this, but you know he might have a little bit of con, uh, a little bit of um, he might have a little bit of competition. Sure. You know, my my girl's not working either right now. She's unemployed because of what happened. So I, you know, right. I told her do not spend money on me for my birthday. Her brother is an artist. You know, he doesn't do it professionally, but he likes to draw. So she had her brother make a custom bir uh, birthday card for me, and he actually right. drew this. I don't know if you could see it. It says "I Don Tony." Oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and he the inside. Did a deli man thing, yeah. yeah. Happy awesome. birthday, champ! Very yeah. nice. And uh, that would that was her goofy message. What did she What did she write? I actually didn't even read it before. She wrote to the to the sexiest man in Howard Beach. Hey, there you yeah. go. That's hey, but yeah, it's that was a card I got. Pretty good artwork. Yeah, pretty good. So, uh, huh. let you know what? Let's get into some patron questions. And then we'll uh, have some fun with the chat room. And then we'll, uh, sure. we got a few other things to talk about. Um, let's see. Okay. Steve Spiniak, what is the first non-routine thing that you plan on doing when COVID-19 is over? 
you know, like um, so, uh, something that we we don't normally do every day, i.e. going out to dinner, going to, like, what's the first thing that you're going to do that you cannot do right now? I want to go to an Eagles game. Okay. All right. I want to go to an Eagles game with people there. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I do. I just, because, all right, so... Ever since the days, the early days of being a Chicago Bears fan, I mean, most people know I'm a Colts guy, but when I was younger, I was a huge Bears fan. I mean, you're a Chicago boy. You have to be. You know, it's in your blood. But one of the interesting rivalries when I was younger was the hatred between the Chicago Bears and the Philadelphia Eagles, which stemmed from the days of Mike Ditka and Buddy Ryan. And I've always, like, I've seen Chicago, you know, I've seen the Eagles play against Chicago at Soldier Field and stuff like that. But I've never been to a, a Philadelphia Eagles game here in Philadelphia. So I definitely it, – it's like almost like a bucket list item. Like I just want to do it once, just to sit there and say that I've been on the other side once. But, yeah. yeah Carmelo says don't become a Phillies fan. Oh, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still I'm still ride or die for the White Sox, you know. Yeah. So. Matthew Rychecki, thank you very much, my friend. And he wants to let everybody know too, please be safe. Everybody, wherever you live in the world, you know, I I was talking I did an interview yesterday with uh uh the Hugh Easy. Really cool guy. So, he lives in the UK and he was telling me where he lives right now, like they're starting to get, you know, like getting get hit pretty bad. You know, I, I pray for everybody out there seriously because, you know, this is something. And that, that's why it bothered me so much with the Stephanie interview. That same interview, there was a doctor interviewed as well. And he said, you don't need to have a fever and have this. Like, you may not have symptoms for days. So there could be people in that building wrestling right now without fever and may have coronavirus and they don't even know it. Right. You know, so everybody out there, please be safe. Take precautions. I personally think that two, three weeks from now, you will have a lot of areas go back to work, but they will tell everybody wear a mask, wear gloves, keep your distance. And I think if you do that, you'll be fine because, you know, I am in my office and maybe I'll shoot some more video on Monday. Um, when I go downstairs in the deli, you know, I mean, my brother is around customers all day long, and I feel bad for him because I'm surprised he's able to uh, to, to be with customers. I thought everything is kind of like you, you have to be on the outside of the store. It's like pickup no, only, right? No, um, really. He has. I mean, the store is doing great right now. I mean, they're getting crazy business. In fact, believe it or not, I shouldn't really say this publicly, um, but you know, Sledgehammer, right? Sledgehammer. Peter Gabriel song? No, no, no. The podcast, the Sledgehammer TV. Oh. <laughs> I don't reveal this ever yeah. publicly, but I'll reveal it. Sorry. You know who he is, right? I know a lot of you know yeah. who he is, too. He works in my father's store. Oh, okay. I see him every day. Oh. And I, he, I feel bad for him and others because they have to give customers meat, cold cuts. They're around people. And, you know, they're putting themselves at risk. You know, look, I'm not going to put somebody who works in a grocery store on the same level of a nurse or a cop, but, you no, know. but it's a necessary profession right about now. I mean, people people need food, DT. You know, it's one of the yeah. basic fundamentals of living. So, yeah. um, 
good, man. Somebody wanted to see this. It's a picture of me when I shaved my head bald for charity. I raised uh, for St. Baldrick's. Oh. You know, yeah, raised money. Yeah. So, that, and that's my dog that I had to put down like five or six years ago. So, man. hardest thing I ever did, put my dog down. Very, very rough. But yeah, so somebody wanted to see it. that. I don't know if I could ever shave my head. Like I've cut my hair to where I've had a professional haircut before many times. Like I mean, even if you go back and you look at my college pictures and stuff like that, you can see you know that I have a normal haircut. But shave it all off, man. I don't know what the fuck I'd look like. I, I kind of it was really weird for like the first day, but um, after a while, I actually thought it was pretty cool. But, you know, right now, I mean, my hair's all messed up and everything, but I still got a pretty good head of hair. So I wouldn't sure, probably wouldn't sure. shave it again unless I did it for charity. So, right, right, right. But um, uh, Andrew Reed wants to know. Our memories of watching WrestleMania 17 live, and what is our favorite shoot interview that we could recommend someone? Um, see, with shoot interviews, I don't know if you're talking about something very revealing, something very serious, something like just just a total whack job, or something funny. Well, maybe what, they're just talking about what leaves what leaves a memory with you. Yeah, as far as. Um, Shoot interviews go. The one that I could watch over and over and over again is the shoot interview with Iron Sheik, Honky Tonk Man, and New Jack. Mm. I I mean, just I just can't look. It's you could tell you know that there was some um, medicinal aids you know involved and maybe some alcohol, but. You know, it very rare do I laugh to the point where my medulla oblongata swells. And, right. you know, for anybody that's old school wrestling fan, you know why I said that. Captain Will Alabama used to say it all the time. The medulla oblongata. That's a real part of your head. My right. medulla oblongata, when I laugh really, really hard, it really does swell up. And um, that shoot interview makes me laugh to that point every time I watch it. Right. Funniest thing. Funniest thing. Um, you know, shoot interviews, I don't pay attention to a lot of the ones that come out now because there's been so many over the years. It's like, you know, it's a lot of rehash stuff over and over again. But um, as far as WrestleMania 17, I just pulled up the card. If anybody just wants to remember which mania this was. Uh, the matches from that day, you had Jericho retaining the IC championship over William Regal, Taz in the APA over the right to censor, which was Bull Buchanan, the good father, and Val Venus. Kane over Raven uh, and the big show to win the hardcore title. Eddie Guerrero over Test to win the European championship. Benoit loses to Kurt Angle. China defeats uh, Ivory to win the women's championship. And okay. Ivory was in the right to censor at the time. Uh, Shane over Mr. McMahon. Mm. That was the street fight with Mick Foley's special guest referee. Uh, Edge and Christian over the Dudleys and the Hardys, TLC. Yeah. I mean, that's Fan the match that, that everybody... Yeah, that, that was the match yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. Gimmick Battle Royal is always a fun memory. And even though Iron Sheik won and he couldn't even walk, but right. having Bobby Heenan and Mean Gene together again. Right. That was that, that made that made it for me. Um, Undertaker over Triple H and the main event, Steve Austin beating The Rock. 
no DQ match to win the WWF title. Um, for me, TLC is always, you know, like if you said to me, you could watch three things right now from 17, it would be TLC first, then the gimmick battle world, then rock and Austin. For some right. reason, Shane and Mr. McMahon, I couldn't get into it as much as others at the time. I liked the promos leading up to that Shane and Mr. McMahon, because Shane had some scathing fuck you daddy promos going before that, which I, I, I don't know. I just kind of tapped into, I remember those and they were very good. I really loved Shane. Even back then, I thought Shane was a better promo than most people ever talked about. And even though he was a glorified spot monkey to most people, he was entertaining to me. I enjoyed watching him back then, even when he was best in the world just recently. Um, but on that card, right to censor, man, what a fantastic group. What an underrated group. Because when people talk about stables and stuff like that, I don't think right to censor ever gets as much love as other larger stables even. But it was such a solid group with an interesting narrative, especially being heels. You know, their their narrative was they're here to protect you. You know, That's it was why great. I want the great the Joey idea. Ryan gimmick to go to work. Right. I want the Joey Ryan idea. to really push that, you know, cancel culture. To me, it's right, right to censor 2020. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you're going to sit there and try and dictate what right to censor would be in 2020, cancel culture is right up there. I totally agree with you. Yeah. You know, um, Jericho and Regal, always a classic. I don't even remember the storyline behind that, but, I mean, Jesus Christ, you have Jericho and Regal. It's going to be an amazing match no matter what it is. Raven having the hardcore title back then. Eh. <laughs> I liked Raven as the hardcore champion, but the hardcore title was This was know, at the tail end of it, wasn't it? Isn't this what like it wasn't as uh prominent at this point or yeah, yeah. Cause once you had the invasion angle and things started to change quite right. a bit. You know, the hardcore title, what year did it come out? 99, if I remember I'll correctly. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure I on that. I think it might be 99. Um, it was it was around that time because uh, Austin and McMahon really blew up in 98. And then, right. you know, they, they had Mick Foley at That's When Dude Love debuted. And then, you know, he became, you know, with Mr. McMahon, he did this. I would say David Parata says 98. All right. So it's, yeah, right around 98, 99. But um, no, 17 was a great Um, pay-per-view. 17 is one of the better ones. If you really look back on it, I mean, my God, you see the talent that's on there. But TLC always does it for me. Without a doubt. Um, you know, before we get into more Patreon questions, let's talk a little bit about the situation going on with The Rock. Uh, I was going to ask about the shoot interview. Roman Reigns. I, I didn't Excuse actually me. get a chance to answer about the shoot interview. Okay. All I right. was going to say, you know, out of all the shoot interviews that have been done over the years, can, can you really forget about Billy Jack Haynes? Billy Jack Haynes by far has one of the most depressing and darkest shoot interviews I think that has ever been recorded. I mean, it was recorded in a hotel room. Wasn't it Rob or was it Rob's assistant that recorded it in a hotel room and it's storming outside and he's sitting there in this like beige gray chair or whatever the hell it is. That was all the most darkest, horrible things 
that any human being could be frightened of. I, I just, at the end of the day, Billy Jack Haynes was uh, an amazingly dark shoot interview. Yeah. Legendary. He, uh, you know what's sick about him? I don't want to put him in the same category as Teddy Hart. Billy oh, Jack no. Haynes, like, it almost feels like Teddy Hart has never grown up. Billy Jack Haynes just scares the shit out of you. Oh, he's he's seen hell. I am thoroughly convinced that if somebody was to describe hell to me and they were a wrestler, Billy Jack Haynes would be the first one to do it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll say this. Um, I always bring it up. You know, people get a kick out of it. But, you know, Billy Jack Haynes has been interviewed a couple of times over the years that he witnessed two guys getting murdered or something back in the day. And they yeah. never, like, found out who the killers were. If anybody wants to look up that story, Billy Jack Haynes either witnessing two two murders or two found two people dead. You know who the first names were of the two guys that were murdered? Oh. Don and Kev. Get the fuck out of here. I you swear serious? to fucking God. I swear to God. Anybody out there wants to post a link. The two guys, when Billy Jack Haynes tells that story about the two guys that either witnessed get murdered or found them murdered, their first names are Don and Kev. I kid you not. <laughs> For real. Yeah, yeah it's, it's that's creepy, man. But uh, and, and by the way, for Steve, um, first thing I'm going to do, is go out to dinner. In fact, my engagement party was supposed to be April 11th. I should have brought the invite in here to show everybody what it looks like, but it looks like that ain't happening. I was supposed to go to Connecticut the weekend of the 17th of April, and that doesn't look like it's happening. So I nice dinner in a nice restaurant is probably the first thing I'm going to do. So, uh, Joe Punches, thank you, my friend. He wants to know, is Triple H's demotion a sign of Vince's fear that his time uh, in control is near? Um, and if not, what about Triple H's head of creative or who would replace him? I, I talked about this last week. I don't think Triple H has been demoted. I know it appears as being demoted, but it comes off to me is that, you know, sometimes you got to move people around within a company where they could be better suited. Um, I just think that this is moving Triple H around where he could better help the company. Just my opinion. If if anybody really pays attention of the WWE, Triple H, I know because we say NXT most of the time, but Triple H comes off almost as like one of the better corporate guys for wwe you don't hear him ever slipping up or screwing up you don't ever hear any bad i don't think he makes a lot of business decisions i think triple h is still very important in a car. i just think they just moved him around to better help the company hmm. i don't know if you feel the same way but that's that's how i look at it i mean it makes sense obviously he's better connected with the younger talent you know um it's no secret that a lot of people feel that you know, him working with the Performance Center and working with the younger stars and even working within NXT is something that he has more interest in than working with the main roster and all the people that surround that. So yeah. as far as him being utilized to, to the best of his ability, I agree with you. It's technically not a demotion, 
but I think in the structure of WWE, he's been demoted. See, it's it's kind of like it's one of those things where uh, you know he could get a desk job working higher up the ladder and making more money, but then he's not doing what he loves. I think Triple H genuinely loves to still be involved with wrestling in some way. And the more and more he's with the company and the more and more it demands from him to be in a higher office, that's not where he wants to be. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, so I, I totally agree. Is it a demotion? Yes, I believe he has been demoted. I really do. But is it a demotion that he doesn't mind? I agree with that too. I think that he has no problem with working with the younger kids. You I'll know? say it like this. I I think we can compromise. I don't think he was demoted because he was doing a bad job. I think he was demoted because WWE feels that he could better help the company by doing right. it, it's it could right. be the opposite. You know, like look, he's I don't think so it was good. He was doing a bad job, dude. No, not yeah, at all. I don't think he was demoted for like, doing a bad job. I think they just Triple feel H's. that Triple H right. Is better helps the company more by doing this, 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 and this, than doing this. And I, I don't, I don't look at his off thirty hours out of his forty-hour work week. That's not what I'm saying at all. I just think that for the most part, like obviously, you know, WWE has relinquished a lot of positions in the company recently. They've fired some people, or they've removed some people that have been with the company for years, decades, even uh, Barrios and a few others. And now you have Triple H who's been in this position, who's being grandfathered in or could have been groomed in for even higher up within the company. But I think it's by his decision, you know. I I, I think that's what he wanted, you know. So I think he helps the company a lot more now by doing those things because if you, if you look at what they have him doing now, my personal feeling, my opinion is, it's much harder to fill the roles that he is in right now compared sure. to filling the role of what he was before. So uh, it, even though it's considered a demotion, I think he actually helps the company a lot more right now. So um, Joseph Nicoluk, how long do I think, question for me and then a question for you, how long do I think it'll take for the stock market to recover from this pandemic? Um, it's going to take about a month. I think you're going to have, just like this week, you're going to have some great weeks where people, investors are going to realize that companies are not going to go out of business because of uh, what, you know, the, the stimulus or whatever you want to call it. Then you'll have people who will buy very, very low right now. And then the stock will increase substantially and then they'll try to sell it high. So you said so today we had it go down quite a bit even though they signed a $2 trillion deal. And that's because some people who made a great boatload of money um, earlier in the week decided to sell today and get the profits. There is a right. guy online right now. If anybody, you know, especially Bernie Sanders supporters, um, there is a guy, I'm trying to pull up his name right here. People out there want to see the ultimate fucked up story right now that it just boggles my mind that Bernie Sanders has not personally called this guy out. And maybe he has. Look up the billionaire Bill Ackman, A-C-K-M-A-N. All right. 
Just to, I'm not going to get into the whole story here, but I'll just give you the overall synopsis of it. He was on, I think, CNN last week, almost crying, saying that what's about to happen in the finance world, things are going to, you know, deteriorate, go out of business. He brought up one particular company. I don't remember what company it was, but he on the TV said that this company is, is value is going to go down to almost nothing. And the stock plummeted. Hmm. This past Monday, he made about $2 billion in the stock market. And guess what fucking stock he bought? He bought the same stock of the same company that a couple of days earlier, I think on CNN, he said that that company was going to be worth nothing. Hmm. Go look it up. People right. out there will be outraged. In order to pad his own pocket. I thought that was illegal. I thought you couldn't do that. I thought it's, that's almost it, like... Isn't it kind of like an insider trading at that point, except you're using the media in order to do your dirty work? It could be interpreted that way. I mean, yeah. somebody definitely needs to investigate this guy. And I mean, I sure as fuck would. <laughs> seriously, people out there, just go look up that story. I'm not exaggerating. Right. I mean, you just see what ha what he said last week and then see how this guy made $2 billion in the stock market earlier this week. I think it was like $2 billion. I could be off on the, the number, but it is such a fucked up story. It blows my mind that nobody is talking about it. Seriously, it's messed up. Steve Official is saying it's not illegal. Really manipulating people on a public platform in order to ditch their stocks and then you sweep in there and make a shit ton of money off that, yeah. that's not illegal? Because if it's not illegal, it's definitely pretty scummy. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, I'm telling you, it's, it's a story. See that stuff like that. I would love to like tweet and talk about, but sure. nobody's going to really, you know what I mean? It's, it's just so hard to I try, try to, man. I, I, I'm still trying to get into stocks and I, or stonks, but I mean, as soon as this fucking virus is over, I think that might be the best time to get into it. So yeah, Steve official looked it up. He made $2.8 billion Monday. <laughs> Crazy. In one day, that is crazy. Crazy, man. Crazy. Uh, Joseph wants me to ask you, if you were wrestling a, phys right. a, a physical embodiment of the coronavirus, like if you could put the coronavirus on a body, what wrestling finisher would you give it? Like if you were the uh, virus. See, I would think like a mandible claw or something. You want to yeah, put germs in like the person's... Bird. Right. His mouth is on. Is there any move where you cough on someone? No. Um, where you cough on someone? Hmm. No, no, there isn't. Maybe a sleeper. Maybe maybe a sleeper type. It's just yeah. slow, drowsy, yeah. go to death. You know. Yeah. yeah. I think somebody could just like have a T-shirt. You can even call like... it something cool, like the final symptom. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally a wrestling move. Yeah. Yami Mas, how depressing would it be if coronavirus started during the Monday Night Wars? Uh, That's fabulous. I, it would have killed wrestling. It would have fucking killed wrestling. If we didn't have the Monday Night Wars, if WCW and WWE were not put against each other at that time, wrestling was already, before the Monday Night Wars started, wrestling was still in the state of decay. You know, the 90s were not kind to Vince. The 90s weren't kind to WCW either. You know, towards the end, everything changed because of, of moves that they made. But if the Monday Night Wars weren't allowed to happen, I don't think 
I think wrestling would be on the same level as curling today. Yeah. See, especially when you think of that time too, we didn't have uh, social media where we could all mingle. You know, we had AOL chats and message boards, but you didn't have Netflix. You didn't have Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. YouTube might have been somewhat around at that time, but but you you would not have the mediums to watch, you know, like we used to. You and even if you think about it, there was no real digital platform at the time. Everything was still VHS tapes. Oh so yeah, that that would have really in the two thousands. DT. Yeah, yeah. So th- that would have hurt them tremendously. I- I'm curious how the Monday Night Wars would have ended up. I mean, I. by the way, um, today, today, well, really yesterday was the anniversary of uh, WCW going off the air. I didn't really see anybody oh, wow, really talk really. about it. 19 years ago, man. 19 years ago. Nice. Nitro went off the air 19 years ago yesterday. We got to have a big show for uh, next year then. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely, you know, talk about it because, look, any, you know, thank, I brought this up before. Thank God, a lot of them people are still alive. You know, this week was the 19th anniversary that I, that I became famous on the wrestling hotline scene. I was doing a hotline for four years already, almost four sure. years, and um, it was this week. When we found out that WWF bought WCW, and again, some people, when I tell this story right now, it's quick, but people think I'm full of shit. Just look up someone by the name of Captain Ivan. You go on my social media, look up a guy, Nelson Torres. He's got a WTF promotion. He does a lot of like TV shows and stuff. They were there. I, a lot of my old school listeners heard at that time. Um, I was a guest on Captain Ivan's Wrestling Hotline. That night, when they announced the sale uh, to, to Vince, and he asked me, he goes, what do you think is going to happen now with uh, Nitro and with Raw? And I said on his line, I said, well, you know what? Right now they're doing a little feud with Shane versus Vince. I said, it wouldn't surprise me if they reveal on TV that you know Shane McMahon bought WCW and stole it on, out from underneath Vince McMahon, and they do a split screen simulcast, and then this right. leads into WrestleMania with Shane McMahon versus Vince. Set it on his hotline, and tons of people that are still alive heard it, and sure enough, they did the, the exact thing on Nitro, and at that time, people just found it creepy, like to the T, I called it, and that basically got me noticed to the next level when I was doing hotlines at that time. So nice. But man, nineteen years ago. I know. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy, crazy, man. Nineteen years ago. Yeah. Um does Bailey look like nineteen ninety seven China in the face? You think she looks manly in the face? I think she looks fine. I mean she she's not like a supermodel to begin with. I think yeah. the most I think the appeal of Bailey is that she's just Natural girl next door. She's yeah. a Tom girl. You know what I mean? She's or tomboy. Sorry. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I matter of fact, I might have to retract that because maybe tomboy is an offensive term now. I'm not even 100% sure. I'm not trying to be offensive to the girl, but Bailey always struck me as just being, you know, a girl that can hang out as one of the guys. You know, you don't really look at her for the supermodel looks. You know, she's not a girl that's constantly putting on shit tons of makeup, even though she does use makeup. But she doesn't come off as that kind of ulterior woman. 
So, I mean, I, I guess, but there was people that found China really attractive back in the day too. It's funny how time moves on and people are like, oh, China's this hideous fucking thing and everybody dislikes the way that she looked. I'm like, dude, the girl was in fucking Playboy and there was a billion people that bought that damn issue. You know, it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, was China attractive to me? She wasn't, she wasn't on my list, but clearly other people thought so, you know. If anybody goes back. Do you ever find China attractive? Oh, I'll tell you right now. China, in my my opinion, was, it's, it, this might sound messed up, but it's not meant to be, but yeah. I found her most attractive. And the best way I could describe it was when she would come out and shoot that laser gun, when she would come out and mm-hmm. when, before a match, you have the laser gun and, you know, shoot it into the crowd. She just to me at that time was at the peak of her beauty. Yes, she had a lot of plastic surgery done, but anybody, you go back at that time, You, if you even want to go one step further, when she had Miss Kitty in her corner and Miss Kitty had to dye her hair, that's the time. You go back and you see that, there's not one person that is going to tell me that she looks unattractive at that time. Right. I mean, there were different points of time. Do you remember her when she did that game show? And she was like playing the Vanna White for a game show, and she was all drugged up, and she was wearing like stiletto heels or like these, I don't these remember that. heels, and they just had her dressed up in like this horrible makeup, and it looked like a cheesy porn scene. But I mean, there don't get me wrong; when people were really clamoring after her, I thought that there were times. Wow, I don't remember. I remember the MTV terrible. thing when she was living in that house with the people. No, no, she did, a, she, did a, she did a couple of game shows. She was the actual, like, their Vanna White. And it was horrible. <laughs> it was wow. a horrible game show. I'm amazed but, that I yeah. don't remember that. I got to go check that out. Yeah, wow. yeah, it's old school. But I, China was one of those women that it depends on which light you're looking at her from. Okay. In one light, I, I think that she very much had attractive features. You know, she always, she definitely had the Xena warrior princess thing down. Yeah. You know, the Lucy Lawless look, you know, and there's a lot of people that found Lucy Lawless attractive back in the day too. But I think there was a lot of unflattering things where they, they just tried to paint her up the wrong way and she just looked awful. You know, I always felt bad for, a lot of people may not know this, but, uh, you know, I've told the stories many times in the past. I always felt bad for Nicole Bass. You know, a lot of people don't notice, but, you know, I knew Nicole Bass personally, and I used to hang out sure. at her house. We used to hang out, you know, and know for some people is a broken record, but we used to hang out with her husband. And we used to go in his old Cutlass, and we used to drive with him to Astoria, Queens. He would buy these exotic mice to feed his snakes. And, sure. you know, I... I we used to hang out in the cold. When, if, if any old school person listening or viewing this right now, if you remember me in the past always talking about Juniper Park, Nicole Bass lived right off of Juniper Park. She, we used to hang out in front of her house late at night, blasting the radio. I mean, she was very, very cool. But she was, you know, very, she was a bodybuilder, but she was very, um, haunted by the you know the abuse that people would give her online because of her looks and 
you know, she knew that she did not look attractive and, you know, people called her a man. She has testicles and this and that. But right. she was a, a, a really nice lady. She really was. And um, I always felt bad for her, you know. But um, looking back on it, going in her house, a little surreal. I mean, with all the bodybuilding trophies and the photos and stuff. And uh, she was she was a good person. She definitely, you know, had her issues. And her and her husband had issues. They're both deceased now. But... Um, right. You know, she she was a lot nicer of a person than people would would think. But uh, on a lighter note, Joe Punches, he apparently sent this to you earlier, and I guess he wants the breakfast soup edition of it. Top five sandwiches, hot or cold. Now, I don't think he means top five of all time, but maybe our top five favorites. Right. That's what maybe in no particular food. order. Right. And. Um, when I give you mind, I will include ones I can't have right now because I'm on keto. But five sandwiches that you absolutely love. Sure. You know, I have to put, uh, man, my favorite of all time is uh, a simple uh, pastrami, um, uh, Gen- Genoa, provolone, Light mayo, little little olive oil, seeded rye. Interesting. Warm. Interesting. That, a little spicy Italian sandwich. I'm, I'm that's I'm in heaven right there. Yeah. Uh, second one would be like a French onion dip. Oh my gosh, or an onion dip like a. a I just recently discovered those a couple of years ago, maybe not even a couple of years ago, maybe a year ago, and I was just blown away by how delicious those damn things are. The dip, you know. Uh, third would probably be like an Italian beef, you know, a Chicago, Vienna, Italian beef, you know, with, uh, some mozzarella cheese on it, dip the bread. So it's nice and soggy, you know, that's really good. Um, I guess the next one is kind of like, I love, uh, uh, patty melts and patty melts is basically like a hamburger, but it's with rye and like cheddar cheese. Sometimes you can do it with Swiss. You know, it's simple. It's it's cooked up. It's fried. So the bread is fried itself too. It's really good. And then the last one on the list would be a Monte Cristo, but a Bennigan's Monte Cristo. Have you ever had a Bennigan's one? They deep fry the actual sandwich in itself. The ham and the cheese melted with the sweet bread. Oh my god! And then they give you that big cup of like that homemade raspberry jelly that the the preserves. It's delicious. Yeah. For me, all time favorite hero is a godfather hero people call it a godfather hero but did i send you any when when i sent you that box i gotta send it to you like once things get the the corned beef and the uh i thought i sent you stuff from my neck of the woods with the pizza and stuff i didn't give you godfather pizza you sent the pizza not godfather Godfather hero Hero. wow we had uh, what else did we have from that we had the pizzas we had a couple different types of pizzas Plus, you sent us uh, fish. What was it? Scallions? No, it wasn't scallions. It was something else. Fish. Crab yeah, legs. Yeah, yeah. God yeah it was crab, crab legs. legs. Crab legs or something like that. Right, 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 right. It was crab legs. You're right. And then, uh, yeah, there was something else, too. But yeah, no, no, never a sandwich, though. Um, Godfather Hero, number one. The closest I have come f- off my keto diet in the year I'm on it is eating Godfather Hero. This close oh, 
twice, and I said, "No, nah, I'm not gonna go off. Not even once." But Godfather really, Hero, meeting go a Godfather Hero, is it because of the bread, right? Because of the bread, but Godfather Hero, um, you get it. It has to be semolina Italian bread. You scoop out the insides. Then what you do is you put a layer of um, boar's head ham, ham capicol, or ham cappy as some people call it, provolone okay. cheese, pepperoni, Genoa salami, uh, brisciotto, super sod. Hmm. Then you put shredded lettuce, maybe some green pepper if you want, slice some green peppers up, tomatoes. Sure. And then you put oil, vinegar, oregano, salt, and pepper. My God, I could eat tons of it. That is not even close. That's my number one. Number two is a good Jewish pastrami hero, just mustard on rye bread. Nice. You know, maybe some pickles on the side, but pastrami on rye or corned beef on rye, one of those two. Um, I know this is going to be disgusting for people out there. I haven't eaten it in about 10 years. My mom used to always give it to me for a sandwich in my lunchbox. And for some reason, I used to love eating it. When I say it, people are going to be like, ew. Liverwurst with American cheese and mustard. Oh, liverwurst bread. is all right. You got to have it with certain things, though. Yeah. Liverwurst. Yeah, like liverwurst by itself, I you're a stronger man than me. But you mix it with some onions, a little mushrooms. You know, you put a little flavor in there, too, on top of it. It's just fine. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else. I love the French dip. French dip, oh my yeah, god, you soak that in the gravy. Good. Holy cow! Yeah. yeah, and um, believe it or not, the f the fifth one I'll keep it simple, but I can have it now because I actually have keto bread that's made out of almond flour, and it's not that bad. But I love making grilled cheese grilled cheese sandwiches with bacon. As long as the okay. bacon is extremely yeah. crunchy. Grilled cheese is a classic. I think every single person as a kid has had grilled cheese. It goes with them. Yeah. But when I grill my grilled cheese even now, I have to butter the frying pan. The It has to be butter oh, yeah, on the yeah. top of the bread in order for me to like it. So, Anthony Diaz, can my girlfriend make a cameo? Honestly, she's probably watching TV in bed in pajamas. And she would be too embarrassed. But what I will do, I'll give you a little consolation. I don't mind showing it. Nice. There's a picture of me and her. You can nice. see that. That's me and her. And um, this is from New Year's Eve a couple of years ago. So... Oh, nice. If you want to see what she looks like, but I did post a picture when we uh, got engaged with the ring. So, but that's yeah, that's what it looked like. So, um, Larry Rovers, what's up, my brother? Uh, what are some? Who are some people that we think should have gotten an IC title run? He brings up Candido Borga, Tatanka, Bossman. Okay, I guess we have to choose from this list: Candido, Borga, Tatanka, Big Bossman. Um, Big Boss Man never had an IC title run? Yeah, I. you know what? I think he did. I think he Pretty did. sure he did. Yeah. Um, let me see. I, I'm a little confused. Candido Borga, Tatanka, Boss Man for the IC. Bulldog Owen, Jake Roberts for the yeah, WWF. Yeah, Borga had the IC championship too, didn't he? I think so. Don't Borga? No, maybe not. Asking us, 
our favorite IC champion? Yeah, maybe he's... No, it says, who do we think... Well, I'll say this. Maybe he's talking about heavyweight title because he did say IC title slash WWF title. So maybe heavyweight title. Of this list, Jake Roberts, Owen, Bulldog, Bossman, Tatanka, Borga, and Candido. Honestly, and I don't mean to piss anybody off, but I remember being a WWF fan as a kid. I wouldn't put I wouldn't have put the heavyweight title on any of them. Really, not even Big Boss Man. At Big the Boss time, Man absolutely deserved an IC run. I no, I'm so. talking about heavyweight title, world heavyweight title. Oh, heavyweight. Okay, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't give any of them. I don't think at any point. You know, I I know a lot Ludwig of people. Borga, Ludwig Borga came close. I mean, he was going to be a flash in the pan anyway, but I think Ludwig Borga was an interesting character at a time that could have kind of brought back that old world USA versus the rest of the world kind of feel. I think he would have done a good job for a minute. You know what I mean? He wouldn't have been a long-term champion or anything like that. But Kind of like Rocky Four with uh, who was the Russian? What was his name Dolph again? Lundgren. Dolph yeah, Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. But what was his character? What was Ivan his? Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago. Yeah, he could have been the Ivan Drago for a short period of time in the WWF. That I could get into. Absolutely. I will crush you. (laughs) I crush. Um, Anthony Diaz, it's 12.30 in the morning, Ovi. I can't do the Aflac duck, but I promise you. Damn, it is 12.30. Yeah, I promise you. See, Uh, you don't have the luxury of that one-hour time difference anymore, so... You you're I not know. in Chicago anymore. It'd be eleven thirty for you right now. But right, I promise right. you, next week I will do it. Even if I have to record it and put that on YouTube just for five seconds, I will do it next week for you. I promise. Ken I, Shamrock, they threw in Ken Shamrock too. Ken Shamrock should have absolutely had the heavyweight championship. He really did. He they, I I think the reason he didn't was because Vince McMahon at WWE wrote his character as just nothing but a bodyguard. Yeah. But I think him coming in with the UFC and mixed martial arts behind him and everything else, not even UFC, I think it was just mixed martial arts, but still whatever, Pan Cree and everything else, being an actual legitimate fighter coming into WWE, it's really depressing that they just missed the mark with Ken Shamrock. I'm, I don't mean to be rude. I wanted to taste this birthday cake, this keto birthday cake. Yeah. That's what it looks like underneath. It's well, actually like not that camel. bad. Was I supposed to sing to you? I mean, no, 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 no. I, I, I wanted you know to really you try want. some birthday cake. So it's pretty good it's for those on a keto. If you want to try it out, they, I think Walmart sells them for like two, two and a quarter oh, or yeah. two fifty a piece. Somebody was just telling me today, like we did a top five on cereals. And I haven't had apple cinnamon Cheerios in forever, and that was one of my favorite cereals as a kid growing up. Absolutely loved them. They're discontinued mostly everywhere, but apparently uh, uh, Anthony and a few other people have been hitting me up. They're like, hey, you can get them here. Like they sell them at like their local Walmart or at Kroger's, but there's no Kroger's around here, so I don't know where the fuck they find one. But apparently in the South, the apple cinnamon Cheerios will rise again. Wow. Who's your? That's your favorite all-time cereal? No, no, no. My favorite. Uh, I think I was crackling O'Brien is what I put up at the top. Wow. Yeah. My two top. Right hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. I'll tell. I'll tell you right now. Oh, do do. It is. Uh, shoot. 
Well, I'll tell you, my two top ones was Captain Crunch or Peanut Butter Captain Crunch and Grape Nuts. But Grape Grape Nuts... nuts. You really like Grape Nuts? Grape Nuts was... there was there was a catch though. I would always have to put mounds of sugar inside the grape nuts. But, oh, but I you so much. I mean, at some points, I mean, when I was in my teens, I would eat a whole box of grape nuts, a regular size box, in two days. I would wow. just put tons of sugar, wow. milk, and just down uh, grape nut, not grape nuts flakes because they came out the flakes. Yeah, regular grape nuts, the ones that would almost break your teeth like you were eating gravel. Right. For some right. reason, I was just mad. I just loved eating grape nuts. I liked what they did with grape nuts when they made the trail mix with grape nuts. Yeah. I thought was it was good. great when they yeah. mixed it in with trail mix. Like they, they attached it with honey and they threw in like bits of like cracklings and shit in there. It was really good. But grape nuts as, as a, a breakfast cereal, nah, I never got into that. Okay, I like uh, Frosted Flakes. I I was always into sugar. Frosted Flakes was on my was on my honorable mentions. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I used to love eating dry oatmeal. I would take this is one of my bad habits. Um, fruit, fruit and cream. Wow. I would take. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The flavored ones. Those were okay. I I can see why you would say that. Those those smelled really. But what I would do is I would get like the strawberries and cream or the blueberries and cream or the peach and cream. I would, this was a ritual when I was that heavy too. I would take every night, I always had to have as a late night snack. I get two or three envelopes of it, open it up, put it in a dish, add cold milk to it, eat it just like that. No, no microwave, no hot oatmeal just take the package put them in a container with cold milk and eat it dry just like that wow. or sometimes just eat it with a spoon yeah and i would just drink a glass of milk on the side so wow, yeah um robert swanson bob O'Mac, thank you my friend and uh yeah birthday today look i would have liked to have had a nice dinner even with my parents um you know, I was almost in tears the other day seeing my mom and having to wear a, a mask and gloves and, you know, instead of giving her a kiss on the cheek, like, you got to, like, do one of these. Because, um, you know, she's around my brother. She's around my brother's wife, my brother's kids. And I am petrified that my mom and my dad's going to get it. And I will not be able to sleep at night if my mom or my dad gets coronavirus, whether they recover or not, and I wonder if I'm the one that caused it. So I unfortunately do not stay around them at all right now, and it really bothers me because even for the bird, because, you know, I bird sit a lot, Freddie, and um, I can't even go there just to see him because I'm a little afraid, but I'm probably going to go there Tuesday and... um, I'm going to make sure that, uh, you know, I have gloves and a mask on the whole time. And for those that want to see, you know, what my bird looks like, I'm putting a, a picture right now. That's that's my bird, Freddie. I have a video somewhere of the bird playing dead, but um, I don't think I have it handy. So another day I'll play, I'll put that up for everybody. Oh, here it is. I got it. All right. Here, this, this is uh, a little... Tr- 
thing I did with my bird way back when. Yeah, let me see. Let me pull this up. I don't. I honestly don't even know how the hell I was able to find this just now. But here, check this out. Wait, wait, wait. Let me let me restart it. Hold on. All right, here we go. Yeah. Okay. Here. Say hello to everybody. Hey. Ready? Freddy, play dead. Wee. <laughs> yep. He was awesome, man. Up. You play dead. Up. Come on. Bird is awesome, man. Bird is, uh, he's now about 20, 26, 26 years old. Really? Wow. Yeah. 26 years old. But it, it, yeah, it bothers me because, um, you know, like those birds could live up to like age 60. And, really? um, you know, like I say to myself now, like, I don't, you know, I don't know how many years my parents will still be around. Hopefully it's for a very long time, but, you know, I'll probably ultimately have to take care of them. And I just always wonder, like, what's going to happen, happen if I'm no longer here? My brother is petrified of the bird. Like the bird will have nobody and it. It chokes me up. It really does. That bird is awesome, man fucking cool but uh yeah what are you gonna do this is just temporary everybody so uh shout out to razor 5936 thank you my friend and jody moncrief how oh i just bypass okay how would we have done the invasion angle um <laughs> and the previous question was masked maniac interviews um masked maniac Whenever we did a show, Mass Maniac was always authentic. Um, his views, whatever he would say, his takes on stuff was always his honest views. Um, I always felt he was more Frank Goodman than the Mass Maniac on the shows, even though he would always do, I am the genetic freak, you know. But, um, you know, he was pretty much authentic. Yeah, I'm the one that did the intro for that too back in the day. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. I still have them. But um how would we have done the invasion angle? Um honestly, you know I would have split that thing first. The the first thing I would have done is split that thing up over a year. I wouldn't have rushed it in one month. That was stupid. Yeah. WrestleMania was like a week later. Not even a week or two. Thing for so long. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. fans fans would have been just fine with it and they had good ideas too like wcw had their own show within wwe i love that stuff or even better yet when shane was actually over there why not have shane run the the company for a year until yeah. vince eventually put him out of business that there were so many things that they they had literally dropped in their laps and they just couldn't or wouldn't or didn't care to even bother you want to know some? Anybody could go back the history show I did two years ago covering this week in history because yeah. WrestleMania is coming up for, you know, 01. Um, I have always said this, and it's a lot different than what other people say out there. I really did not have much of a problem with the invasion angle at that time. And the reason why I always felt that way is because of this. We knew who 
came into WWE at that time from WCW. Sure, we didn't have the NWO. Sure, we didn't have Flair. Sure, we didn't have Goldberg and others. But we eventually had Sting, all of them, though. Yeah, but at that time, we knew who came in. So when they in advertised the Invasion pay-per-view and we had the teams that we had, everybody that ordered the pay-per-view knew who was appearing. We didn't at the time think that Hogan was going to show a Goldberg or a Flair or anybody else. We knew who we were getting to see. The big storyline at the time is if Steve Austin was going to be Team WWF or not. But my reason why I bring that up is, for anybody out there that's not aware of it, go look up the pay-per-view buy rate for Invasion. If I remember correctly, it is the biggest pay-per-view buy rate in the history of WWE that was non-WrestleMania. They did, I think, like 850,000 pay-per-view buys. That Invasion card, those teams, we knew who was on the teams. It still drew 800,000 buys. If it was so bad leading up to that pay-per-view, how do you get a buy rate like that? It wasn't as bad as people painted out to be now. It was. It could have been a hell of a lot better, but it wasn't as bad as people like to portray it over the years. Right. If it was so well, bad at that time, it would not it have gotten 800,000 buys. It was bad, and people tuned in because it still was all the WCW people. And even though we knew who was on the card and we had an idea of the direction of, of what WWE was going to do with it, it was still a hot commodity. It was literally WWE hot shot at the invasion angle in one month and then just buried it the next. And I think that the only reason that they had that much of a buy rate was if anything, it should have been more. Yeah. I think it's a low buy rate. I know it's one of the best non WrestleMania buy rates that WWE had, but I think that, honestly, they screwed the pooch. I think that that's a low buy rate when you consider the popularity of WCW versus WWE. And then the fact that they even went so far as to not even make merchandise about it. Where was the WCW versus WWE video game? Where were all the merchandising and, and the, the shows that they could have put on and the interviews and everything else like that? They totally missed the boat entirely, entirely with the Invasion Angle. That's why I said I thought if they would have actually made it seem like Shane McMahon was running WCW and they gave it to him for a year. And pretty much if WCW still existed today, it would be a lot easier to buy WCW as direct competition to WWE than SmackDown versus Raw. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Honestly, if WCW existed today, even if it was just underneath Shane McMahon or Stephanie or Triple H or however you want to do it, AEW wouldn't even exist. I don't think so. I don't think a lot of companies would have really existed. I think that they would have completely drowned the market in a different way. I mean, the expansion was obviously something that was going to happen regardless of how we felt about it. The expansion into Saudi Arabia and other territories but now that you would have two different companies and they would look like separate companies and they have separate lineages and separate histories. They tried to replace WCW's history with a title. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. 
Yeah. Once that title was absolved into WWE, it became a WWE title. Right. It lost all of its WCW heritage. I don't care who says what held on to that belt. That heritage disappeared as soon as it was just another WWE prop. Right. WCW not being its own thing proved that it was a mistake. And while the naysayers or people that would disagree with me will say, well, look at what WWE did with ECW. And I'll turn around and say, yeah, look at it. It wasn't ECW. The closest they got, though, was that first, those first two one-night stands. You really want to feel what ECW might have been like if they survived. Those two one-night stands, even with the goofy JBL crap and shit like that. Bischoff. The way that the fans responded at home in the arena, that was the closest you were ever going to get again to the what ECW used to be. But WWE ECW was a fucking train wreck. When you put guys like Test in there as your champion and Big Show as your champion, this is not respective of what ECW was. So for the people that are like, well, WCW would have ended up like ECW anyways, I don't think so. I think WCW had a much larger reach, which is a fact. They had a much larger reach. They had more lineage. And I think if you ran two separate companies for at least a, an honest fucking year. Yeah, I mean. Separately, an honest year. I think WCW would have still been running today because it would have been its own enterprise making its own and, money. And the funny thing is, people are probably not even thinking about this right now. WCW went off the air in 2001. One came in 2002. TNA. ECW. No, TNA. Oh. NWA TNA. So. You think of NWA TNA coming in to try to fill that WCW void. If WWE would have kept WCW around, I don't think NWA TNA may have ever kicked off the ground. Would there have been an NWA promotion in Florida? Absolutely. But it would have never been what it ended up being because so many people from WCW ended up in NWA TNA. Well, I mean, that also goes back to the Vince Russo stuff, where Vince Russo walked into WWE, still on a WCW contract. He wanted to work for the Jarrett's, and he couldn't because he was still locked in the contract. So in order for him to get out of contract, he went to Vince McMahon, had Vince McMahon buy out his contract, sold him a bunch of ideas that got him thrown out of the office, ideas like bringing back the NWO, ideas like bringing in Goldberg, ideas like bringing in Scott Steiner and Sting, et cetera, et cetera. And Vince McMahon said, get the fuck out of my office, and he was fired immediately after that and went to go work for TNA the following week. By the way, I mean, how often do you sit there and say that Vince McMahon got conned? You know, like, (laughs) look, I know a lot of people hate Vince Russo and they shit on the dude and he is kind of a slimy dude sometimes. But there are moments in Vince Russo's career where you just have to sit back and go, God damn, you're a lot smarter than people that, you know, are, are led to believe you are. You know, he's going to get a raw deal about uh, the vice brawl for it all. He uh, commented on it today. He got Vice sent him his copy to watch. Yeah. Apparently, they blame the whole failure of Brawl for it all on Vince Russo. Of course, they do. The entire thing. But I mean, that's also because different historians are telling it that way. And the people that were involved with Brawl for All are going to see it the way that they remember it. So the unfortunate thing is that even if Vince Russo, and, and unfortunately, Vince Russo is a fucking side talker. 
You know, you, you're not always very sure if he's buttering you up for bullshit or if he's actually giving it to you straight. Because when he starts doing the honest to God, I'm just like, Ugh, all right, dude, just relax on that shit because I don't believe you. You know, I know he's a born again Christian and shit, but that doesn't matter to somebody like me. But the thing is, is that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to tell the, tor- the story from their perspective, and it's not wrong. It's just from their perspective. So if most of the people are seeing Vince Russo as this vile human being that fucked all this up for Brawl for All, that's because that's the perspective that he was in at the time that it happened. Right. Now, does it make it necessarily true? No, of course not. The entire thing of the dark side of the ring is it's a lot of an opinion piece. It's an opinion piece, people's opinions, people that were there, people that knew these people. It's their opinions mixed along with the actual facts, the facts of how poorly Brawl for All did, the facts of who got injured in Brawl for All, the fact that they wanted Brawl for All to be a regular thing annually, and it it didn't end up that way, and it ended up a bust all the way around. So it really depends on how you actually digest this show i don't necessarily think that vince russo is 100 at fault even though i you're right i i do believe that they're going to paint him in that corner but can we say 80 <laughs> percent? can we can we say 75 percent? you know what i mean like you're gonna start splitting hairs at a point and it's like vince russo may not like it but at this point it's like take your lumps take your fucking lumps you want to be on TV, you want the opportunity to explain yourself, to explain why these people's opinions or perceptions are incorrect, fine. But you're going to take your fucking lumps. Yeah. That's, that's or, or you just don't do the show. And, right. and they're just going to, it's a bit, going to be a completely one-sided documentary and you're not going to have a word, say, boo about it and you're just going to have to take your lumps anyways. Yeah. May as well get paid and have an opportunity to voice your concerns, right. you know? You always want to give your side of something, you know, no matter what. Right. But, uh, right. We'll get back to Vice in a little bit. Anthony Diaz, if Io Shirai is brought to the main roster, how do you think she'll do? Think WWE is going to misuse her? Concerned? My concern isn't even about her going to the main roster. My concern is her leaving. Uh, it's been brought up a couple times over the last year. She misses home. She's not happy in the States. <laughs> I I can't necessarily blame her. Mm. You know, she's got a boyfriend. I don't know if it's her husband or boyfriend or a long-time relationship, but she has somebody that she misses very much. You know, the heart wants what the heart wants. You know, does she need to be in the U.S. in order to keep giving us great matches? No. Would we like her? Absolutely. Uh, would WWE misrepresent her or damage her credibility when she moved up to the main roster? Probably. I mean, I'll be honest, I still haven't forgiven what they did to Asuka. Yeah. Even though Asuka is on a different tier now and she's doing very well for herself, there's no denying that WrestleMania should have been Asuka's time to shine. What did you think of uh, her losing to Alexa Bliss today? (laughs) Right. Well, WWE. You want to know something? I actually don't mind the loss if the Kabuki Warriors are going to retain at WrestleMania. Right. I, I don't so. want to see a moment to piss with those tag belts. Right. Not right now. Right. Um, and for whatever reason, Alexa Bliss, even though she's cute as a button, they still think that that means something. The girl can't cut promos. She can't wrestle. She's not believable in any way. 
I think the only time that I even believed Alexa Bliss in any match was when she took that briefcase or that chair or whatever and smashed Nia on the friggin' head with it. Yeah. You know, Alexa Bliss is the equivalent of a female flash in the pan. Alexa Bliss should be escorted out of the company at this point. Uh, she has nothing to offer them. She's she's not good. I wouldn't go that yeah. far, but. Oh, there are many other women I... that should be focused on, you know, that the company needs to make do with. Can we just start shuffling off a lot of these girls? Like the Iconics, back to Australia. See you, ladies. Have a good time. I agree with, with that. With your and Michelle photos that you're putting up on Instagram. Like, fucking recreating a 1990s movies poster is something cool in 2020. Whatever. <laughs> I, I'll say this. I, I'm going to bring it up. You know, I was being a little sarcastic early, but I kind of mean it too. WWE put up some video today of the night of the elimination chamber and right. it's Liv Morgan in the back. And because she's in the main event, she's crying. I have nothing against Liv Morgan at all. But this is a pattern WWE has done for a few years now. And I thought about WCW. They put this video up today of Liv Morgan, like all the hard work and everything, and she's teary-eyed and this and that. Now, look, Liv Morgan, you want to root for. I have no problem with her whatsoever. But what turns me off and gets me mad with WWE is when you have people in a main event that should not be in a main event. As a fan, I can't buy the Riot Squad in a main event of an elimination chamber, you know, closing out a pay-per-view. Just my opinion. Sure. And the idea is, is that, well, if you see her crying and you realize how important this was and all the hard work paid off and this and like, like you're cruel if you don't feel for her. And I thought about it today, and I don't know why I thought about this one person. I said, could you imagine back in the day that WCW showed us later on backstage footage of Judy Bagwell crying because she was going to be on a pay-per-view with her son, you know, and this, this, and that, and how important it is, you know, for her son, and she loves it. I mean, and then she's on a fucking forklift. I don't need right. to see emotional videos of people who cry and worked hard and they get the opportunity because WWE wants to give everybody a shot. Fine. But, um, you know, you the almost punch. feel like you feel guilty if you go against the person. I don't like those videos. Then against with Morgan. The problem. I think the placement is a problem. If, if WWE are doing this separate from the storyline DT, like if they're doing this as like a ride along and, you know, Judy Bagwell's like, oh, I'm so proud of my baby boy. You know, it's like, okay, it's like, it's a mom proud of her kid. We can, we can go with the honesty of this. But when they do that on the main shows, I totally agree with you. I think it takes us out of the moment. You don't need that kind of honesty on a show that we're trying to escape honest feelings from. Nobody wants to hate these people. No. Nobody wants to boo Liv Morgan because, ooh, she's just a bad person. Not everybody you could be a main event. I know that there's a character. I mean, we've, we're past this point. We are, are, are we fucking far enough now that we can stop saying K-Fape is dead? It's been dead. Can we stop saying it? We know better. Like, you know it's almost passe to say K-Fape is dead. You know? Yeah, my apologies, everybody. I think we had a little bit of a gremlin over here i think there was a little uh connection issue just waiting for uh 
think Mish has to reconnect over here. James Hollins, if if Chris Benoit died first, uh, how would that have affected Eddie Guerrero? I have no idea, my friend. I have no idea whatsoever. Um, problem with something like that is, uh, you look back on it. Everybody handles tragedies different. Um, that's the thing I didn't like about the Vice documentary. It just felt like, oh, I think we might have gotten Mish back. Um, Mish says he's still here. So you know what we'll do, everybody? This is what we're going to do. Um, just hang tight for one second. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send Mish a new signal, a new feed to let him connect. So uh, this is going to take about, oh, wait, there he is. Okay, cool, cool. All right, I don't know what happened, but uh, you are here, which is cool. All awesome. right, we are still around. So, all right, cool, cool. All right, so we back, we back. Not a big deal. What? So listen, everybody, we've been going already two hours and 45 minutes. We'll continue going a little bit here, but, uh, you know, we definitely want to get into some specific questions, and then we'll, you know, spend the rest of the time with the chat. But um, we'll get back to Chris Benoit and Eddie in, in a few moments. So let me just uh, get into some other questions. Yami Moss, DX 1997 or DX 1998? More of the original DX that didn't have the added members to it. I liked Rude. Yes. I wish. Not long stayed. enough, though. Of course not. I mean, but. I think he would have really been the catalyst to keep everything together. Yeah. I I really think Rude missed out by not being a part of DX instead of joining the NWO. I just yeah. uh, I, I I liked him. Um I liked the original DX, but you know, you when when they added the the new age outlaws being added to it was just a perfect fit. I mean, I, the New Age Outlaws is one of my favorite tag teams of all time, and they didn't need to have five-star matches. They were just so entertaining, interactive, whether they were heels or baby faces. So I got to go with the, the latter part of DX. Um, should WWE go back to the Sympathy Choir music they used to use for promo packages? Um, mm. I do like that. Look, yeah. there's something to be said about light piano keys and a low violin that just screams rage, just screams fight. <laughs> like not everything has to be death metal or fucking diehard hip hop or anything like that. Sometimes just simple classical music, depending on how it's played, depending on what kind of classical music, of course, but something about that riving, that, that rising tremble of a violin. I don't know, man. Some of that shit just, it, it, it just screams an unnatural rage to me. I love yeah. that stuff too so it's like the mankind and the Waylon mercy piano parts of their themes were yeah. pretty, pretty yeah. Fun. Right. yeah coolest moment you ever pop for in wrestling i i will tell you right off the bat i've had so many moments in my lifetime being a wrestling fan that i don't have any one particular if i had to choose one it's, and again, uh, you know, people want to see a very young Don Tony. It's out there. You know, I, w I was lucky enough to go to Madison Square Garden when Hulk Hogan beat the Iron Sheik. And sure. um, me, my friend Vinny, 
And my other friend, we had decent seats. And when Hogan came up the rampway, people could go back, watch the match. You will see it clear as day. My friend Vinny was on my shoulders. And when Hogan came up the aisle, you know, my friend Vinny went like this and flexed. We were just having a good time. And you see me, my friend Vinny, and my friend Dave, I think it was. Um, it was that, that pop was just crazy. I mean, mm. the eye of the tiger. Till this day, when I hear that song, whether it's a dentist office or a commercial, I still think of Hogan. Love Very that. good. Mm. Um, if we created a porno, what diva from any era would it would be in it, and whose theme are you using? I don't think I could think of any diva. I mean, I could. Who did that song? I I know you want me. That Mickey was Sonny's theme, right? Uh, yeah, I would Sonny. use Sonny's theme. I don't. I I can't think of a female from yesteryear that I would have oh, used in yeah. a porn. I mean, <laughs> Mickey, they, trust me, there's Mickey, a lot of women. Mickey James, uh, just saying. Yeah. Look, I don't. She's a married woman now. She's she's taken where by her friend. Well, <laughs> in the NWA by Nick in the NWA. But come on, remember Mickey who came James. up with Mickey Meat Hooks. A lot of people right. don't know that we were the ones right. to real, reveal the original nude photos. You know, I still have yeah. sealed in the packaging those leg shows. Trina Michaels was hot too. Like I, I see uh, Eddie Valentino in the chat making jokes about Trina Michaels, but Trina Michaels was she was she was she used to listen to our body. shows. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she did our shows. She did an interview on our show. Yeah, you know, but I, yeah, it's just. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. And should WWE use blood in a match between Randy Orton and Edge? They, you think any blood <laughs> now? Be, uh, I, I mean, I'm sure you could transmit coronavirus with by blood, but I would also think it's by spit, no, no, no. sweat. But no, you're missing the point. I'm not talking about because they're going to transfer the coronavirus to each other, but if they're going to bleed everywhere, you're going to have to make sure that the entire arena has no coronavirus in it. See, there's like I don't know if you've been following, but apparently, I mean, we we've known about this for a while. I think Shaw was one of the first people that told us, but now the coronavirus sticks to your shoes. So anywhere somebody has walked, the coronavirus is now on the ground. So now they they recommend you to leave your shoes outside. The coronavirus itself can hang up to three hours in the air, unmoving, and it's completely that's a closed area though, and you gotta like. I, I know, like in a closet. That's, that's what I'm saying, though, is you don't know. And I'm not saying that they're going to bleed on each other and get each other infected. But now you're going to put them in a position where, you know, even if there's a hint or a trace of it that doesn't get defeated on our clothes or anything else like that, that they're actually going to take it into their bodies intravenously. Come on. It's just... You know what? I guess we could just mention it quickly with Roman Reigns. There's a lot of controversy online because WWE won't make a statement about Roman Reigns. And as I said earlier, I think it's because of the storyline playing out on TV. They already sure. have recorded what's going to transpire. They rather fans find out about Roman Reigns not being in a match by what they see on TV. But, um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, he had leukemia and his immune system is compromised. And, and, and all I keep thinking about is, well, he was there last week. He did something with Goldberg. I just personally think that. I think it was dangerous, though, too. Oh, I agree. I don't think I mean, he should have been there at all. Post, 
I mean, we We're talked not- about that before, though, too, DT, with Ryan Satin making those posts about AEW saying, why in the hell is Tony Schiavone there and Jim Ross there? And WWE had Jerry Lawler there the same night. I think there's a lot of dangerous decisions being made. Uh, no, that, I, think, uh, I, wouldn't call it, I would call it ignorant decisions. I think as more information came out, and I think with this thing spreading as big as it has, and now it's reaching Florida, I think people in wrestling, especially the ones that have young children, are very, very concerned. And I think that Roman Reigns, because look, I I mentioned it three weeks ago, that performing in Florida right now for WWE was going to be purely optional. If anybody really felt uncomfortable about not appearing, that they would not have to appear. Um, So now you have... You know, Carmella is nowhere to be found. You have some people who aren't going to make the trip all the way from L.A. Rey Mysterio, you know, people don't know if he has the virus or he just quarantined. But, you know, you see Daniel Bryan, and he had said publicly, I believe, that after he he performs for Mania, Mm -hmm. that he's going to put himself in quarantine for 14 days before he sees uh, Brie and his kid. And I thought about that, and I said, okay, you know, it's very commendable of Daniel Bryan. He's going to put himself in self-quarantine just to play it safe. What does that mean about Daniel Bryan being on television for the next two weeks after WrestleMania? If he's in quarantine for 14 days, but then wrestles again in a match on SmackDown, he's putting himself right back at risk. I think with all the additional information that's come out, and now Florida getting hit, Roman Reigns having kids and Roman Reigns, you know, seeing people who are at the biggest risk are elderly and those with a pre-existing condition. I think personally for his wife and for his family, Roman Reigns just doesn't want to take that health risk. I don't think Roman Reigns. I don't Reigns, blame him though either. I mean, he has a serious underlying disease. Right. So. But he's wrestling you know, and there's a lot of other things that could go wrong. I'm not saying like catch an illness, but yeah, you catch but the flu. This, is, a different. this yeah. is different though, too, DT. This is different on a completely different level. Like, I would not be surprised if Roman Reigns' career starts to die because of this. If this coronavirus, let's say it takes the full 18 months, the worst case scenario that happens, and they said that it could last 18 months is what the worst is. 18 months from now, Roman Reigns will not have a career. He won't. Or his career might have to be put on hold for 18 Well, completely months. on hold. He'd have to make one of those Triple H returns after surgery. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's... I just what are you think... Do? You can't risk the guy's life. Look. You know? And, and you can't need... expect other people not to get sick either. That's, that's the other bad thing about this is you're working with people and you don't know who they're in contact with. Because all we are is six degrees of separation from somebody who's probably on their deathbed. Right. See, and this is the thing. Goldberg and Roman Reigns' match probably, if you just follow history, probably would have only been in one to two minutes. Yeah. So the fact that he won't even do that, I think it's the bigger picture. That he does not feel comfortable wrestling right now with this out there. And... That's not just WrestleMania. That's a bigger picture. Because, right. again, well, I, WWE it, can't provide him the safety that he needs in order to feel at ease, in order right. to have a decent match. So, Simple as that. And I don't want to put that on WWE, but 
How the fuck could they? What are they going to do? Disinfect every arena they go to? You know? <laughs> You're Is talking they- about thousands of dollars that have people literally scrub down arenas from top to bottom before you get there. That's crazy. Yeah. You're going to see some names absent for quite some time because people have this strong fear about getting infected with it. And it's not, look, whoever in the WWE who decides they want to stay home and stay home for a while, it's not that their opponents should be offended. Like, what what does he or she think that uh, I'm infected or I'm not careless? You know, I'm not careful. So you can't look at it like, you know, that their opponents, whoever they would have been feuding with, you know, should be offended. It's just that this is a, a something right now. In Florida, it's getting bigger. Um, and that's another thing, too. That's something that Stephanie said in the interview also. She said that a lot of their talent live in Florida, which makes it easier. So it sounds to me that WWE is trying to get by the next couple of weeks with just Florida residents. That's why they don't want somebody flying from Los Angeles to Florida right now. DeSantis in Florida doesn't want people flying from other states to Florida. So after Undertaker has his match, you ain't seeing him in Florida for the foreseeable future. AJ Styles, I don't know what happens with AJ Styles, but there are wrestlers, they are going to focus. That's why you see the tag team match, the Street Profits, they were supposed to take on Angel Garza and Andrade. They're trying to say that Andrade has ribs injury. Don't know if it's true or not, but who did they put in place? Now, you think of the entire WWE roster. You think of even people who have been in in Florida, Ricochet and others, they decided to go with someone who is in the Florida area, Austin Theory. That's the word that's floating. I don't know if it's true, but if it ends up being Austin Theory with Angel Garza, you know what I mean? It's like you could see that they're just trying to fill in the blanks with just Florida talent that are that are based in Florida. What happens two weeks from now? The Daniel Bryan thing, like I said, nobody is looking ahead with this. Daniel Bryan says he's going to put himself in quarantine for two weeks after Mania for the for the safety of his family. What happens after two weeks? He's going to be wrestling on SmackDown again? Hmm. I mean, what's the difference right. between having a match against Sami Zayn April f- weekend of April 5th or having a match against Sami Zayn on a SmackDown? Hmm. It's still Sami Zayn. It's still the same building. It's still Florida, and it's still a coronavirus scare. So Daniel Bryan, you may not see for quite some time. Um, They got a mess right now. I don't think people should really overthink it, though. I think this is a case of a lot of wrestlers are just afraid. And WWE, the, the longer this goes and the more breakouts you see in certain areas, the more you're going to see wrestlers insist on staying home. Right. Might be the right time to have NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown, have some really creative, because they got enough people in Florida that are willing to work. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, 
So I'll tell you what, give me one moment. I'm going to go grab something to drink. Let's, uh, yeah. Yeah. You do that. Well. I'll answer some questions in the meantime. So, right. yeah. So, uh, so James, as far as Chris Benoit, like I said earlier, you know, you, you can't, with the Vice documentary, at the end of the day, the only two people that know why Chris Benoit did what he did is Benoit and God. You know, people try to, you know, you know, say, oh, Eddie Guerrero just pushed him over the edge or, you know, somebody brought up how, you know, um, Nancy Benoit was always, you know, was very provocative and maybe she provoked Chris Benoit. Maybe she made fun of, you know, his love for Eddie and that set him over the edge. Some people have said, why did Chris kill his son? He had his grandparents that could have raised him, you know, and I said the other day, well, maybe his son witnessed Chris Benoit killing his mother. You know, the end of the day, you don't know why things happened the way that they did. And you don't know how somebody would react to tragedy. Not everybody goes out and murders or, you know, totally loses it because they lose someone that they really, really care for and love. So there's no way of knowing, you know, how Eddie Guerrero would have reacted if Chris Benoit passed. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a conversation that I know a lot of people want to have. But at the end of the day, you really don't know. And, you know, without repeating what I said last week, you know, that Vice documentary was very well done. It is uh, a very powerful piece. It definitely rocked the emotions of a lot of people out there. But it always left me with that feeling that the Benoit family and, um, you know, Nancy's side that even the friends of Chris Benoit and Nancy, they want closure. And unfortunately, they'll never get it. That's just the sad part about it. They could think that this, 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 and this pushed Chris Benoit over the edge. You could say, oh, he had the brain of an 80-year-old. I know a lot of 80-year-olds that never committed murder. You could say that, you know, the steroids did it. Say that at the end of the day, we will never know. We'll never know. And it's sad. And I really feel bad for David Benoit and others because I would never want to ever envision my dad, you know, being, uh, you know, killing members of my family or my mother and then killing himself. I would be tormented for the rest of my life. So, you know, I, I totally get why Chris Jericho, the Benoit family, Nancy's family, are trying to find peace with this. And they need to find peace because none of these who are alive right now were the cause of it. They're devastated. We will never really truly understand what that pain feels like. And But at the end of the day, you know, I just, we don't know the reasons why. We'll never know the reasons why. And even if there was a suicide letter left, doesn't mean that Chris Benoit was honest in writing that suicide letter. It's uh, it's not good. And talking about tragedy, Lost Soul wants to know, best way to get over heartbreak. Uh, Lost Soul apparently may have had a breakup and, he's re- and he or she is really hurting right now. Um, look, I don't know the details as far as your breakup, but in my opinion, no person on this war in this earth is worth getting arrested over 
and no person is worth, you know, getting yourself sick over. You don't sleep, you eat, you know, overeat, you don't eat, you know, you try to drink or try to, it ain't going to change whatever is going on right now. If a relationship is meant to be, then it will happen. Sometimes people break up and it's all one-sided. And you in your eyes could think that this was the person of your dreams, this person was perfect for you, and this person just, you fit like a glove. Maybe the your being intimate was beautiful and everything was absolutely awesome. But if that person doesn't feel likewise, you do not want to be with a person that doesn't feel the same way about you. Bottom line, I know one of my friends very long time ago that had a breakup and this girl treated him like shit, treated him like shit. She really just used him, but he thought that she was the woman of his dreams and it, I don't want to compare it to Forrest Gump, but every time this girl needed something, he was there for her. He was there for her. And you, you, we know, looking back on it, that in his eyes, he thought that every time he was there for her, that's another chance of them getting back together and staying together. But she knew that because this guy was so, you know, whipped over her, that if she needed something, she knew she could get it from him. You know, the best thing to do is, you know, do something you like. Play games, listen to podcasts, do not listen to music because a song may come on that might make you think of her and it'll get you or or him and get you very upset over it. Um, just try to keep yourself busy. Um, I could tell you from my experience that, you know, when I was really down, I would just find things to do to just get my mind off of it. So, you know, stay strong, stay strong. And if it was not meant to be, one day you'll look back on it and you'll say to yourself, thank God I didn't stay with that person, seriously. Rose Aubert, 24, which indie wrestlers would I want AEW to sign? He brings up Alexander Hammerstone, Roosh, from Ring of Honor, Richard Holiday, and Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee, absolutely. Alexander Hammerstone is interesting. Um, I don't think any person on that list is a bad choice. Um, out of everybody, I like Dragon Lee. Roosh is okay as well. Um, you know, right now, I want to see AEW have better character development. Um, you know, Marco Stunt is fine, but, you know, I'm never going to get over his size and everything. And, yeah, with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, it's a nice thing, but, you know, I want to see the current talents get utilized further. Um, they don't need to keep signing people and bringing people in right now because they only have one title other than the tag and the women. They only have one singles title for the men. And they're doing a pretty damn good job building Darby Allen, building Guevara and others. And right now, um, you don't want them to bring in people and then they just get lost in the shuffle because AEW, for the most part, I think you'll agree, Mish, is, it's pun intended. It is the AEW inner circle who works behind the scenes, who double dips. Sure. They get paid as wrestlers. And they get paid in office. They get two salaries. I want to throw out, uh, honestly, as far as indie talent, 
I consider ROH and Indy. If AEW scooped up the Briscoes, that would be amazing. Oh, yeah, the Briscoes would be awesome, man. I, I said it a couple of weeks ago. Briscoes versus Santana or Ortiz is a match I would love to see in AEW. Sure. Yeah. Wild Brawl. Absolutely. That would be awesome, man. Um, I think uh, Shrek. What's up, Shrek? Listening from Israel right now. That's awesome, man. Absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, he, the Briscoes out of everybody. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> The Briscoes with that tag division, even against the Lucha Brothers, that would be phenomenal. And the Young Bucks, Young Bucks versus Briscoes would be good. There's four tag teams that would tear it up for two, three months. So I like it. Yeah. James Holland's top five Eddie Guerrero matches. Um, Oh, my God. Off the I top know, that's oh. really... Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle, uh, Eddie Guerrero and Brock Lesnar, Eddie Guerrero and Undertaker, Eddie Guerrero and uh, JBL. Okay, I got to put D uh, Malenko in there. Eddie Guerrero's matches with D Malenko and ECW. Eddie Guerrero was very young at the time, was not as polished as he was years later, but Eddie Guerrero versus D Malenko was awesome because sure. it, it was not hardcore wrestling, and we loved it. Had the connection with the with the ECW fans, so you know I'm down with that. Look, his WrestleMania, you know, um, win was special. Um, I agree with you. The Brock Lesnar stuff was excellent. Um, I mean, Eddie Guerrero, maybe not individual matches stand out to me, but all those opponents, they all had special matches. So that's what I would say. That's what I, I definitely would go with. Uh, shout out to Dixie Normus. Love that name. Dixie Normus. Dixie Normus. <laughs> Why are you not? Yeah, do I, is this something that you know that I don't? Yeah, Dix. I know what it Enormous. is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, it's a playoff of, yeah. I it's, know. Instead but of I mean, Enormous, like, it's Dixie Normus, but it can right. also it's like yeah. Hugh Morris. Yeah. And... It's like Hugh Erection. Ugh. Such stupid names. Uh, it's okay. That's okay. It's a pun. My name is Mike Crotch. Mike yeah. Crotch. Mike Hunt. Mike Hunt. Mike Hunt. Was it? That was from the The Simpsons, right? Um, is there a Mike oh, Hunt a here? No, it's actually from the Jerky Boys. Isn't a lot of those from the Jerky Boys back? Yeah, in the, day? the Jerky Boy. Well, yeah, they would call people up and they would say some names and stuff like that. But right. I always remember the Simpsons. Like I thought a lot of that that fucking play on words came from them. Like, of course people came up with their own over the years, but I thought they were the ones that started it. Did it happen before them or? I think it probably happened going back to the sixties and the seventies. I think Mike Hunt, really? Mike Hunt, I think is a really old one. Mike Hunt. Yeah. I think so. So, uh, fatty three sixteen. What was the moment in wrestling that made you a fan for life? For him, it was Hogan Warrior, WrestleMania six, And yeah. do we believe that 1990 is an underrated year for WCW? Man, off the top of my head, I couldn't even answer that one. But yeah, Warrior Hogan absolutely was, was the match that made me a wrestling fan for life. Absolutely. I mean, I was a wrestling fan before that, but I think it really etched itself into me. 
yeah. you know, with that. Because then there was the, the situation surrounding it was, you know, I was close with my aunt. My aunt pretty much was the one that really got me into wrestling and stuff like that. And that was that was the time that we bonded, you know, and, you know, rest in peace. She was a good woman, but, you know, I, I – I still miss her, but I mean, that's like that. That's one of those moments that it was you attach it to family. Yeah. Came apart. So, but yeah, Hogan Warrior, fantastic match in itself. Even as a kid, I was completely taken aback by the Warrior. The Warrior was my guy. I was not a Hulk Hogan kid. You know, I was absolutely an Ultimate Warrior kid, and I fucking loved it. I loved the entire match, loved the entire thing. See, I became a wrestling fan as a very young kid in 79. But 79, 80, 81, 82, I would only get to watch it whenever my grandmother babysitted. So I was not watching it every single week. And even when I did watch it, like I didn't follow storylines or anything like that. But in 82, when Snooka feuded with Ray Stevens and Ray Stevens pile drove him twice on the concrete yeah. Um that got me hooked. But Snooker Morocco, that cage match, not even just a cage match, because they also had matches before then. But when he showed up on Buddy Rogers corner, Buddy Rogers, you know? Uh, uh, it was just when and I remember it as to this I could see it watching it on my TV in nineteen eighty three at midnight. Seeing Don Carnoodle was supposed to have a match with Snooker. Snooker yeah. came out, and meanwhile, you had Morocco being interviewed on Buddy Rogers' corner. He's got the nerve! Oh, that was just it. That got me hooked. And then this this the storyline leading to the cage match. I was a fan for life from that. Absolutely, nice. a fan for life. Nineteen ninety, WCW was pretty good. 89, I always remember it for What was Terry the big D matches that stood out in 90? Well, I, I can't even remember, really. Like Terry who, Funk who and Ric Flair were big-time hot in 89. Okay. And when you got to 90, you know, it, you still had, you know, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Flair, Funk, um, Horseman. It, it, it's not... You know, and it's interesting because shortly thereafter is when Ric Flair went to the WWF. So 1990 was a pretty decent year for WCW, but 89 was an, I mean, and that was hard, man, because 89, 88 and 89 were the two years that I was going to clubs. Oh, Black Scorpion. Oh, yeah. that whole. Thing. I remember that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's that not was, a big highlight for me for in '90, but '88 and '89. Yeah, Muda Sting in '89. Thank you, Cressman. Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, Muda Sting '89. In fact, Muda Sting, if I remember correctly, they were feuding at the same time that Funk and Flair were feuding because there was one brawl where Funk and Muda were brawling with Flair and Sting all the way to the back. I think I had covered it on the history show. I think I they played had the like lethal lottery in the ninety in nineteen ninety two, didn't they? Um, Wasn't that a big nineteen ninety thing? I think it was the a lethal, lethal lottery. lottery. You know, it, yeah. yeah, it could have very well been that early, because um, yeah, there was some oddball pairings. Because I remember they paired yeah, the one with Eugene getting blown by Fifi. <laughs> I remember they did the lethal lottery or something, and Cactus Jack got teamed up with somebody. I don't know if it was Van Hammer or somebody, but. 
After yeah. they lost, like Cactus just like DDT'd them, and it was just funny shit, man. It was really funny. So, um, Morell piggybacking on Fatty's question, he thinks Warrior gave Hogan his greatest match that night. You consider Hogan Warrior, Hogan's... Now, look, maybe three with Andre was more important, but what would you say is, like, Hogan's best match? I, I, me, even though it's latter in his career and it's towards the end of his career, I could still watch Hogan rock WrestleMania even Good now. choice. Yeah, no, I could absolutely go with that. There was a lot more weight to it at that point, too, because at that time, even, Hogan was really looked at as being at the tail end of his career. And so him versus The Rock was literally a, a torch-passing process between the two. I think it meant more to a lot of us that are still wrestling fans today, Rock versus Hogan, regardless of what they both ended up doing. But at that moment, it was amazing. So Yeah. Um, the right decision, Rock winning. Hogan didn't lose anything by losing that night. And, you know, to this day, you know, yeah, Hogan was way past his prime, but that little, you know, it's almost like when someone's at the tail end of their baseball career and they're almost retiring and then they end up having like a little flurry. I mean, even, you know, I, I, it's a bad example, but Derek Jeter towards the end of his career you know, it felt like he had lost a couple of steps and then his fucking last game at Yankee Stadium, he gets the game-winning hit. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it felt like, you know, if you want to compare with Hogan, like that was, you know, the end of his career or close to the end of it, but, you know, he just got that burst that night that may, maybe he can pull it off. It was just, I loved the whole story from beginning to end. And, and you know what? Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler's commentary and the crowd it just perfect storm. Everything came together and just made it so enjoyable. That's the match I go to. Mm. So some rapid fire. Andrew914 wants to know, I guess maybe which one you prefer more, the Naked Gun series or Police Academy? Naked Gun. Yeah. Prior humor. It's a lot more yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. I could never get into Police Academy. Police Academy was good, though. They had some moments in Police Academy. It's just, you know. The one guy that did all the impersonations was funny, but I didn't like it. Oh, uh, Motormouth Jones or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Sonny or Sable, 1997. I liked Sable because she was a bitch. Okay. <laughs> like... Like, Sonny looked like she was, obviously, she was having a good time with, you know, everybody but her husband. But <clears throat> Sable, Sable, man, she was just a very strong woman. Yeah. She carried herself with elegance and a little bit more than that. You thought for a while she could beat the shit out of Mark Merrill and he was a Golden Gloves champion. That's right, right, right. right. You, know? Yeah, you know what? If you would have said Sunny 95 or Sable 97, then I would have taken Sunny, but I'll go with Sable 97 too. American Pie or Animal House? Animal House. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Fucking John Belushi was one of my favorites. March oh, 6, 1982, yeah. I believe, was the date that he died. I still 
Anybody that has a newspaper's account, look it up the day he died. I still remember it. I have it somewhere in the boxes, all my newspapers. Daily News, Belushi dies at 33. Always remember it. Yeah. Um, One man gang or Akeem? One man gang. Yeah. Even Even though I liked Akeem at the time, you know, doing his things and... Conquistadors. I never liked Akeem. I don't know. I thought Akeem was just. I love Slick, you know, and the the Twin Towers were. It was a funny tag team for what it was, but One Man Gang was a badass. He really Mm -hmm. was. Yeah, he was. Seven forty seven was awesome. Um, Conquistadors or the Young Stallions. Conquistadors. Yeah, I I never could get into the Young Stallions. Didn't like it. Never liked them. Um, Disco Inferno or Fandango? Mm, wow, that's a good one. That is a pretty good one. That is actually a really good one. That's a good com- comparison. Um, I think I got to go Disco. Oh, Disco Inferno. Yeah, me too. Definitely Disco. I actually just, when I did the Hueezy podcast, I got to show some love to Disco Inferno. So, uh, yeah. I'm not Disco like a Inferno. big fan of the dude in person. Like, I think he's got some some shitty takes on things as a person. <laughs> but character. You know, I, you can't take anything away from the guy. For as long as he stayed relevant, I guess that's the difference. I think Fandango's star was a lot brighter than Disco's ever was. Because, yeah. I mean, you remember seeing stadiums doing the But it also burned out so fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but at the same point, Disco, Disco's reinvented himself by using the same character more than a few times in different companies, even from WCW to TNA. So, no, yeah, yeah, I got to give it to Disco. You know why I laughed when you said about his views? I actually brought up yesterday. One of the things I like about him is that we got similar views. Yeah, I mean. I No, I just thought it was funny because that was what I brought up yesterday, and you happened to bring it up today, which was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah. Shit takes on journalism, so I'm not really a big fan of it. Yeah, you know, that I try to stay away from a little bit, you know. But uh, Orange Kool-Aid or Sunny Delight? Orange Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah. If you would have put Tang in there, I would have chose Tang. Um, WrestleMania four or WrestleMania nine? Nine. Yeah, yeah. Four was kind of Shangata. Um, right. Dom- well, it was trying to also follow three, and it was like, come on. That's just yeah, yeah. It was it was a a tough. There's follow. a reason why people don't talk about WrestleMania four and five. It's always WrestleMania three, right to WrestleMania six. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Domino's or Pizza Hut? <sighs> Shit or diarrhea? Um, <laughs> Domino's. Yeah, Pizza Hut doesn't deliver to my. Well, maybe they do now because of the coronavirus, but they would never deliver to my house. I call them up. Hey, I'd like to place an order. What's your address? Oh no, we don't deliver that far, and they're only like ten minutes away. So I never got to really enjoy Pizza Hut. So I go with Domino's. Even though now I can't have it because of keto, but I'll eat the toppings though. But the sauce I got to be careful because of sugar in it. But uh, cannolis or black and white cookies? Cannolis. Yeah. Did you ever have a cannoli before I brought them that time? I didn't even have them when you brought them. Oh really? Oh, that's right. You yeah. were on the stage. Right. Yeah, for Lucky yeah, Thirteen last year, cannolis right, right. for me. 
Yeah. More rapid fire from Ed Varry. Skydiving right. or bungee jumping? You could do one. Skydiving. Feels safer. The idea of a bungee being that the bungee. Yeah, the bungee yeah. I, I, at least I with a, skydiving, your parachute has like multiple fail safes and everything. And if it does fail on every on every level, it's over anyways. So yeah, I would just close my eyes. Jumping, uh, you could be paralyzed for the rest of your life. You could have like no legs, <laughs> you know? I mean, bungee jumping is just, it's way more dangerous because of the repercussions of it. Skydiving, if you're jumping out of 50,000 feet up in the sky, your parachute doesn't work. Don't matter. It's all yeah, over in a couple seconds, anyways. Did you see that video that somebody po- reposted online of a guy that was trying to walk this cable, telephone cable or whatever, and then he fell to his death? Did you really can't see anything, but it's just like, what an idiot. It was reposted. Did you ever see those Twitter. Russian, those Russian uh, kids that climbed to like the top of this antenna? And they were replacing a battery and a transmitter. Oh my goodness. But they were like 15, 20,000 feet up. And it's all in this big metal pipe. And it's to the point where that they look down and you can't even see the ground. All you see is fog. Wow. They're so high up. I, I yeah. could, I, I'd be dead in a second. Oh, they I make you nervous. They're, they're all over YouTube. You can find these videos. Yeah, on YouTube. I couldn't even see yeah. it. I, I just, I'm a little afraid of heights. That would just freak me out just watching it. Um, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? By itself, no. Okay. I mean, I agree. Bananas on pizza, yes no, or no? Stop. Bananas. Is that a thing? It, I, I have seen pizza. Yeah, I've had seen people eat that. Yeah. Really? It's not a big thing, but I have seen people have it because, it, yeah, it's, I, it, I wouldn't have it. I couldn't even have like peanut butter with bananas. Never a fan of that. Um, mimes or clowns? What was that? Limes or what? Mimes, you know. Oh. Or clowns. Clowns. Oh. Shit and diarrhea again? I, I guess I'll go with a clown. Yeah. Yeah, I go with a clown. Um, sweet and sour pork or honey chicken? Honey chicken. Yeah, me too. Not a big pork guy. Apples or bananas? Bananas. I go with apples as long as they were green. Um, Godzilla or King Kong? Godzilla. Yeah. My bro. Elbow drop or a leg drop? Elbow drop. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I go with that. Uh, Perry Saturn's elbow drop. Very underappreciated by people. Mm. Um, he did one in ECW once. I always remember when he went off the top rope, he like brought his elbow like to his chest and he went like this, like, like when he went down. It's right. a really cool spot. I think he had a still had the broken leg at the time. Uh-huh. People should go check Perry Saturn's elbow drop. Very underappreciated. Um, drumstick or wings? Drumstick. Yeah, me too. Morning yeah. person or a night person? <sighs> night. Yeah, I'm more of a night person than I used to. Um, ben Salmon with the empty arena situation has WWE forgotten that they rehired Chris Joseph. He knows he's stuck in California, but with all the well-produced segments with Lucha Underground, he might be the guy that they could be utilizing right now. Um, who knows? Maybe they are. I think the the biggest issue that they have with the empty arena stuff is 
if Vince is still controlling everything, if he's micromanaging everything, it wasn't that long ago that we heard that Vince literally went into raw, ripped up the entire script and made them rewrite the show the same day. Yeah. That level of micromanagement for the scenario that you're in can't exist. You're going to create nothing but shit shows because as much as Vince wants to believe he's the be all end all of everything, the reality is, is that other people have talents that you've hired them for. And you're in a situation right now that you need these creative people to be as talented as possible. And micromanaging that because you don't understand something is the wrong way to do this. I'm not going to tell a billionaire how to run his business, but you think that you hired these people for a reason. Now let them earn their pay. Right, right. Good point. Good point. Uh, were we fans of Danny Doring and Roadkill in ECW? Chickens. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed them. Danny Doring. I mean, I've told the stories about him in XPW already. But uh, yeah, I liked them as a tag team. Very oddball. Um, Roadkill. Uh, it, it was interesting, The you know, doing the Amish thing. Um, I liked them as a tag team. Um they had lead, you know, a lot of people may not even notice, but they had leader as their manager for a quick hot minute. Miss Congeniality. Right. right. A lot of people may not remember that. So, uh, Paul Bielowski, top three managers of all time, in your opinion? Bobby Heenan. Um, Paul Heenan. Oh. Paulie Dangerously. Maybe better. Uh, I can't go with Albano. I can't go with Blassie, even though they are Hall of Famers and legends. And awesome. So many different people under his. And and, uh, Ellering, Paul Ellering. I would go Heenan. Oh, shit. Maybe Sinister Minister. I love that dude, too. Oh, I just just showed him love on Wednesday for the Impact Wrestling. Um, Who booked this shit? Uh, Some people don't like what they're doing with him right now in impact. I'm enjoying it, man. He's, he's funny, dude. He's funny. Um, as far as me, in my opinion, three top managers of all time, like I said, Albano and Blassie, Albano just really didn't do, you know, if you actually pay attention to his managing, you know, like you would hit him, like Babyface would hit him and he wouldn't even like, like, um, he wouldn't even take a bump. He would just like it was almost like a like a robot. You'd hit him and he'd just like walk the other way. You know, just if, if people right. watch, you'll see what I'm talking about. I gotta go with um Gary Hart, Bobby Heenan, maybe or or you know what? Jimmy Hart's gotta be up there too. Jimmy Hart is such a large a large dais of people that he's managed. It's crazy. Yeah. And a lot, and a lot of people forget his Memphis work. That's why I put him on the. You know, I go with Jimmy Hart over Gary Hart because of the Memphis stuff added to it. Sure. Um, Paul Paul Heyman slash Paulie Dangerously and Bobby Heenan. That's what I would go I mean, with. Cornette's a good one too, but Cornette is excellent. Yeah, Cornette would be. You know, I I I. I too bad this is in a top five list. I put Cornette on there. Hmm. Favorite classic horror monster. Godzilla. I mean, shit. Okay. Yeah. Horror. I go with Dracula, Freddy Krueger. 
Jason, Michael Myers. That's what I would go with. Top three announcers of all time. Joey Styles. You got to go with Jim Ross. And Bobby Heenan. Okay. Gorilla Monster, Bobby Heenan. Uh, Jim Ross, King, and Joey Styles by himself. Okay. Obviously. Love Joey Styles. Uh, definitely love Jim Ross. I go with um, Gordon Soli also. Gordon Soli. That would be my honorable mention in a heartbeat. I love Gordon Soli. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually would, you know, I don't even think he would be offended by it. I would put Gordon Soli above Jim Ross. It's Jim, fair. It's a fair thing to do, you know. It it's really two is. different I styles. I think I interviewed his kids like back in 2012, 2011. And I remember interviewing them because I picked up a bunch of Gordon Soley's books. What people didn't realize, Gordon Soley was just a, he was a magnificent human being that traversed many different complicated, like he did uh, uh, sports, like he did baseball, he did indie racing down in Florida. He did all the wrestling matches. Plus this guy was like a, a carpenter, and like a like a bunch of other things too, and like a boxer or some shit. And he was also a poet. He wrote books of poetry. Like I just, I was amazed. I was amazed by talking to them. Yeah, Pam and his brother. I forgot the brother's name. I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah. I love Lance Russell too. Lance Russell was great. Russell loved, was his yeah. loved his voice. Loved his voice. Free Birds or the Shield. Wait, free birds or the shield? Free birds, dear yeah, lord. Me too. Okay, that that started the original controversy <laughs> with me and Jason, if you remember. I don't know if that was said because of that, but I got to go. With free birds. Um, favorite Fed right now? Uh, oh no, not WWE, WCW, or ECW. Can't choose WWE or WWF, WCW, ECW. Put them aside, and you can't choose NWA either. Um, oh. Put them aside, and what's your next favorite one? Mid-2000s ROH and CZW. Okay. Wow. All right, that's Are not bad. Are you talking about currently, like right now? No, I think or it just means overall. Right? Believe it or not, yeah. even though I... I, I really enjoyed the indies back in there, like... The early two thousands, mid two thousands. It's a lot of fun. A lot of crossover stuff. Wrestlers were really fucking just going above and beyond. You know, CM Punk was still a young and doing some fucking amazing work with Raven. You know, Samoa Joe and and uh, Brian Danielson and you know Cesaro and Chris Hero. You know, it's just I, there was a lot of good shit. Fucking Nigel McGuinness was a badass. And then you start getting into a lot of the crossovers with the Japanese talent. You know, even TNA in the mid-2000s was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I criticized Dixie Carter for so many years because things could have been so much better. NWA, TNA, I go with. Sure. Even early Shimmer was fucking amazing. Yeah. I know most people aren't huge women's wrestling fans, but trust me, it was a lot of good talent running through there. Uh, Yeah. Most most protected. girls, yeah. Yeah. Most protected wrestling move? I can't think of anything. Pile driver? Yeah, maybe the pile driver. 
you don't see too many people coming up from that after they do, even though the move is banned in a lot of areas. Right, right. But, I mean, even though it's banned when it does happen, they treat it with respect. For me, yeah. the most protected wrestling move of all time was a sleeper hold. Because you got in a sleeper hold, you know, you very yeah. rare that you break out of it. I mean, Hogan would break <laughs> out of it, but you go to sleep, it that's it. Was the... Yeah, they're... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that was the gimmick. Yeah, yep. of course. Sabana, Don Tony's political advisor. Um, top ten baseball opening day moments of all time. <laughs> I know you aren't going to go with this. Look, I Anna, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't come up with a list beforehand because I know for a fact I cannot come up with ten. But I will tell yeah. you. How in the hell would you come up with 10 anyways? It's like really specific. No, well, I could tell you right now, for me, my favorite all-time moments as far as opening day baseball were ones many years ago. My father took me to opening day for the Yankees in 1977. And okay. um, I don't remember the name game, but my father took me. I was too young at the time. Uh, the first day that Gary Carter was a New York Met opening day, Shea Stadium, he hit two home runs and he hit the second one, I think, off of Neil Allen and, and the Cardinals to win in extra innings. That was an awesome game. Uh, opening day, Chicago Cubs versus the Mets. Um, and as you could see, I'm looking straight at the camera. I'm not reading yes. off the paper. It's just coming to mind. Um, I can't remember the name of the pitcher on the Cubs, but uh, I remember... Um, Doc Gooden pitched that day and uh, somebody hit three home runs off of Dwight Gooden in Chicago. Uh, that It was just a crazy-ass baseball game. Also, opening day for the Yankees, I think, in 1993. And they faced the Cleveland Indians and Keith Hernandez was a player on that team. And it was just really weird to see him on, on the Cleveland Indians. I think it was 1993. It might have been 94 um, or even 95, actually. But uh, also the opening day at Yankee Stadium where it was snowing and I think Hideki Matsui hit a home run. So mm -hmm. those are some that, you know, I remember right off the bat. So those are those are ones that come to mind quickly. Um your best bargains. Curious as to our thoughts on Jake the Snake Roberts. He recently said that Brett and Sean were terrible world champions that did not draw. Uh, I mean, how can you say that when they're kind of beloved? I think they've done never draw. I, I don't know, man. I, I disagree with that. That's That sounds very bitter. Yeah, I mean... They may not have drawn as much as Hogan or Austin and others, but for that era, that was WWF's fault. You had, you know, these cartoon gimmicks and you didn't have sure. the major stars. So, you know, under the story, I mean, if you're going to say that, what is that? How could, what could you say about WWE champions the last couple of years when you see house show attendances going down and down and down and down? Something tells me that Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart have bigger crowds at house shows compared to a lot of events you see now in 2019 and 2020. So they might not have been the biggest draws, but 
I have no problem with either one of them. None whatsoever. Bret Hart was a huge fucking role model for wrestling fans that, that followed WWF. Oh, um, indeed, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I think Jake Roberts is just. Uh, Do you think he's, he's just being shitty for the sake of being shitty? I I. I I don't know why you would say that. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I mean, look, just because someone is one of our all-time favorites and is a legend and is an awesome wrestler and great mind and psychology, you know, doesn't mean that, you know, he's remembering history correctly, you know? Right. You know, I mean, I don't remember Brett, you know, I don't remember house show results in WWF only drawing a 1,000 with Bret Hart. Right. You know, I mean, no, I think he's just wrong. Um, Kyle Kazmarski, our thoughts on the 1997 Shotgun Saturday Night when uh, they had Sonny and Fondle Me Elmo. <laughs> I wanted to be uh, Elmo. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I think I do remember that, but vaguely. I don't yeah. know. It didn't really leave a lasting impression on me. It's but, online. Yeah, I, yeah. Watch it tonight. Yeah. Watch I it might. tonight. Uh, <laughs> Should the entrance video screen in AEW be known as the Turnertron, Warnertron, or Contron? I like that, the Contron. Contron, huh? <laughs> That's not bad, man. Well, at least, right? So. Yeah, I would call it the Contron. I, you know, I wouldn't make it official. I would have wrestlers call it that and fans call it that, and then it just becomes like uh, a name that everybody just randomly chose, and then AEW could be like, oh, we'll just go with it. But meanwhile, right. that might have been the name they wanted all along. Most overrated and underrated moment in WWE history? Roman Reigns winning, you know, and The Rock holding his arm up and Rock in disbelief of why is the crowd... Why did the WWE choose Triple H versus Roman Reigns from WrestleMania tonight? The crowd booed Roman Reigns out of the building. You would think you would air something tonight that was a little more positive for Roman Reigns. I, I don't know right. why they fucked each other. And the worst part about it is in 48 hours, they're going to air WrestleMania 32 on ESPN. So that same fucking match we got tonight is going to air again. Absolutely. Yeah. Underrated? I don't, know. I don't know. Underrated? Well, to me, my favorite underrated moment is the moment that uh, Christian uh, defeats Jericho at WrestleMania, goes up on the ramp, grabs Trish by the back of her head, dips oh, her, yeah. and fucking just makes out with her in this sloppy, savage, carnal way that every single guy in the audience just stood up and gave him the golf clap. Was that yeah. when she was wearing like the olive green pants and the boots? I don't know why. I just remember an outfit. I don't yeah, know if it was from that day. Right. There was. The, right. I remember an outfit on one time, and it was, I think it was the biggest pop that I ever gave for somebody who actually was clothed. Like, I mean, she just like. <laughs> I don't know. It was just something about the outfit that I was like, wow. Underrated um, too. Underrated. I, I would, you know, another Christian moment that I have to throw out there. Underrated too. Uh, actually, there's a couple moments. Mickey James and Trish Stratus, when Mickey James licked the blood off of uh, off of her face, like yeah. that was savage as fuck. And the fact that WWE doesn't use that, but they they highlighted Becky Lynch for so long. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. Mickey James did that shit ten years before Becky Lynch ever did. Yeah. 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 
And um, old school wrestling that we could recommend. Honestly, Kyle, this is what I would do. Find something that you're just in the mood for. I don't know if you're in the mood for hardcore wrestling or, you know, good chain wrestling, but what I would do is you start off with a really fun match. You know, you can never go wrong with the I Quit match with Flair and Funk, but I would find a match on YouTube. And what will happen is after you watch that, you'll see other recommendations come up. And when you see those, that'll lead to this and lead to this and lead to this. Like I was watching something on a game show from the 80s a week ago. And after it was over, like all these other recommendations came up. And then it was an interview with this person. And then another game show. And I was like, three hours later, I'm still watching clips. So I would start with one. And then you'll see, you'll be moved into different directions. You know? Good. If you're serious, there there is a channel called the Chicago Film Archives. And the Chicago Film Archives has up, uh, I think, like 80 or 90 matches from the 50s, from the late 40s and early 50s, like Angelo Poffo versus Jerry Christie, Hans Schmidt, and Angelo Poffo versus Bob Konovovsky and Pat O'Connor. Like, <laughs> But there's all these 1950s matches. If you're talking about old school matches that you want to see that are still from the black and white era, yeah. there's a channel. I just put it up in our YouTube chat, and I don't know if you saw it in the YouTube chat or not, but... Click on that link, save it. You will not be disappointed. It's pretty okay. freaking cool. It's oh. definitely a, a blast from the past that even when we watch the WWE Network, you don't get that itch. This is an itch. Like, this is what your granddad was watching or your great-granddad, you know? Yeah. James Hollins, how do we feel about the Aces and Eight storyline in TNA? What would we have done differently? Well, I used to always call it the aces and 0.8s because that's what the ratings are drew. Me, mistake, biggest mistake ever was trying to explain why Bully Ray was the leader. Not against Bully <laughs> Ray, but I remember them having to show like five or six different segments to try to explain it. You think about the whole storyline of him marrying Brooke Hogan and uh, him getting beat up by aces and 0.8s and, right. you know, my honest opinion is go back to old DTKC episodes at that time and just go on dontony.com or dontonykevincastle.com. Just type in aces, just aces. See those episodes that come up from that time and look at the synopsis. You will see just week after week after week ripping the shit out of this. And Bully Ray is the leader. They could have right. had Bully Ray as the leader, but... What they had before it, him getting his ass kicked from Aces 0.8s and, you know, Marion Brooke. They, I would never forget that one episode. They actually had to show like four or five different segments throughout the night to try to make it all sense. And the more right. I watched it, the more ridiculously stupid it got. Oh, so, yeah. 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 I, I wasn't extremely bad for TNA at the time, but I don't like it overall. You know, I felt very random. Yeah, it it felt like they were trying to recreate the Millionaires Club. That's what it felt like to me. Like it was like a shitty knockoff version of the Millionaires Club, which the Millionaires Club wasn't the best either. So, or that biker show they were trying to bite off of. Yeah, a little bit of Sons of Anarchy, a little bit of that too. Yeah, you know, they had Devon part of it, Mike Knox part of it, or Nux. Right, I just, I just felt too random. 
I remember when they were revealing like members of the Aces 0.8s and you know the announcers are trying to make it sound so like huge and the crowd had no reaction. I was like, oh fuck, it's so horrible. Uh-huh. Kevin Falk, what if Warrior debuted WCW as the NWO? Black face paint, jeans, more cool, serious. Oh, you mean instead of that goofy-ass One Warrior Nation? Yeah. Dude, As a man. ghost. <laughs> like, Go to the his, my history a show. Spirit or a ghost? I will say it till the day I die, and it's on my history episodes because I got yeah. to relive it and enjoy it. That whole Warrior debut, I don't care what Bischoff says that, oh, he talked way too long. Warrior's debut in WCW I had goosebumps. I had goosebumps that day. I remember when that music hit, especially if you close your eyes and listen to the audio without watching it, and you just hear this eruption slowly with the crowd. I fucking loved his debut in WCW. Mm. Would have been interesting to see him in the NWO, but he's a maniac. I think he would have been better in the NWO or, or maybe even, I don't know, man. Like, I, or or not even in a faction at all, or I, I don't know, just one warrior nation instead of the NWO. He was the anti-NWO. He's like, oh, yeah. I got it. Yeah, I wouldn't have changed. Right. I wouldn't have changed anything. You know, I know, again, I know Bischoff complained at the length of his promo, but I had no problem with it. Um, Elliot Rogers, our favorite Starbucks drink. And here, just by by the way, everybody, here's where the show starts to wind down. Back from the dead, ladies and gentlemen. Off to incel shoot people some more. Yeah. Uh, This this is where the show starts to wind down. So we'll start doing that. You know, when the donations stop for five minutes, we'll call it because we've already gone. We've gone almost four hours, by the way. Have we really? Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Three hours, 40 minutes, around there, 45 minutes. Starbucks. I don't like Starbucks. <laughs> I don't drink Starbucks. If, if, I, if I choose, I'll go to like a Dunkin' Donuts and get like a caramel macchiato. Yeah. But I don't like Starbucks. Too foofy. The, the coffee doesn't taste very good. You know, you kind of have to be a douchebag to go in there. I, I don't know, man. Starbucks, Starbucks is for the hoity-toity pinky-up crowd. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. You know? I mean, I had one coffee not too long ago that had like sugar-free syrup and stuff, and it just didn't like it. I mean, give me a good black coffee. I drink it straight up, no sugar, no nothing. I I, I like drinking black coffee. I don't like milk in my coffee. I put some, you know, I drink bulletproof coffee now because of the diet. Right. But give me a good black coffee, I'm fine. Um, you think Arn Anderson had the best DDT of all time? No, I thought Jake did. Yeah, I think Jake's is always going to be number one. Although, for some reason, maybe not giving it, but taking it, Rob Van Dam used to take awesome DDTs from Tommy Dreamer. He'd just Mm. bounce off his head and stuff like that. But I put Jake one and Arn Anderson maybe number two. You know, I never liked the Rocks DDT. Because sometimes he, he would like, flat, and then do it, fly around. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he got, and then do the DDT. I was like, come on, man. I, I never he, liked didn't that. he kind of bite that off? Didn't Road Dog used to kind of do shit like that though too? Like I always thought that the Rock bit a little bit of his style off of guys like Road Dog. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But um, yeah, Jake number one. Um, 
Ron Romo, what's going on, man? Uh, any chance of releasing more Captain Lenny audio clips? Yeah, I could do that. I'll put some on Patreon. I have an old hard drive with some wild stuff. I got to put the national, him singing the uh, Star Spangled Banner, I think it was. And this yeah. was right after 9-11. And he's talking about, you know, just people who should have died. It's just, I have tons Jesus. of Lenny stuff. Yeah, I'll do that for you, Raul. Yeah. I will definitely do that. I think the next week I probably I am going to be doing a, a blah blah blah. So I will definitely get some Lenny for everybody. Just a little disclaimer for our patrons. You know, he, this guy is a very disturbed man. I have some wild stuff that I've never played online. Mm. Um, Anthony Diaz, I love you, my friend. I know you're just joking with this, um, especially at two ten in the morning. We, we, we're not going to come up with our top 50 wrestlers of all time. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, look, the usual suspects are on the list. You know, who would you say, as far as you being a fan for your entire life, right. who would you put number one on your list? Not just ability, but who entertained you and just had the whole thing, the promo packages. One person comes to mind to me that I think it's a lot of others out there as well. And I have a feeling we may be the same. Uh, who's the best, not based upon my current, my current feelings, but based upon their athletic abilities. Yeah. Promo athletic ability, just overall entertaining you, you know, in your lifetime. I mean, I, I guess you kind of have to go with somebody like The Rock. Okay, all right. I, I I go I go with Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle's a good one too. Yeah, because I, I think The Rock was a better promo than Kurt Angle. But yeah. clearly, Kurt Angle is a professional when it comes to in, in the ring. Yeah, and you know, I guess the nice thing about Kurt Angle too is that he wrestled more of a versatile style. So we've seen Kurt Angle wrestle technical. We've seen him him brawl. You know, like he's he's capable above yeah. and beyond. Yeah, Kurt Angle's a good choice too. Absolutely, yeah. Terry Funk will always be my all time favorite. But you know, that's such right. a condensed period of my life being a wrestling fan. So, uh, Andrew Reed, wrestling deaths that affected us the most and made us cry. Eddie Roddy Piper, I Eddie mean, Roddy Piper. Piper, Bobby Heenan, Chris Candido, Bam Bam Bigelow. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, good one. Um, trying to think Benoit. of else. Look, I, I hate to say it, but when I found out that Benoit died, and I, I was in tears. Eddie, too. Eddie died on my damn birthday. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I thought people were being dicks to me. I thought they were fucking memeing me. They're like, Eddie died. I'm like, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and yeah. 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 I mean, there's been others that have got me really down. But um, the one that probably, yeah, yeah, the Candida one really hit me because, you know, we were friendly with him and uh, he had turned, cleaned himself up and turned everything around. And like I said, it's one of those that I remember exactly where I was, what I was doing. And when I got the phone call, um, Balls Mahoney bothered me a lot because knew Balls very, very well. Axel Rotten bothered me because Axel Rotten I got to know a little bit personally too. Um 
Candido probably the the number one as far as personal goes. Georgie Ann, even though I know a lot of people don't even know who she is, she uh, uh, hurt me. You know, that hurt me but, the most. Oh, if you want to get to like personal friends, I mean, yeah, Mike Porter, you know, that, yeah, that fucking I cried like a kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, Andrew, I have no idea who killed Tupac and Biggie Smalls. I don't think P Diddy had anything to do with it. No, it was it East was Coast, like, West Coast gang stuff and everything. It's it was Ice Cube, man. Ice Cube did it so he could go out and do barbershop. Barbershop. <laughs> uh I was never a big fan of Ice Cube. Never I liked him before he became like, you know, synonymous with cheesy cheesy comedies, you know. Yeah, I I could tolerate him a little bit with that, maybe. Um Jason Lynn. Favorite sexual position, his favorite is when his girl goes cowgirl. Um, yeah, I'll go with that. When I could just lay back and do nothing. You know, I can't, I'm serious. Dead serious, man. Especially yeah. after I have to, you know, do my duty, you know. and uh, My you know, duty? <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know. Thank you for your service, Officer DT. No, 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 no. I'm just I'm touching my mouth for a reason. But uh, <laughs> nah, it's, you know what the funny thing is, and I'll I'll say this without getting in too detailed. Yeah, I man. used to be a big fan of doggy style. Problem is, sure. is that my bed is a little too high, and I literally have to go with my tippy toes to kind of like even be able to do that. And I, I don't know. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not fun. And sometimes you get like a horrible cramp on your leg and it's like, oh, cramp, cramp, and just totally ruins it. So if I could just like lay back and just relax, lay back, lay back. Um, Shout out to Dells. Dells is tuning in late tonight. Doug McKay. Um, he's hating the UK lockdown. Trust me, we feel it. We feel it too. Um. James Holland's favorite impact knockout diva from the Dixie Carter era. Mm. Gail Kim. Gail Kim would be up there. Yeah. Mickey James. I don't really, I'll never classify her as a TNA girl, but yeah, yeah I guess you yeah. got Mickey James okay. in there. I was thinking, yeah. Awesome you Kong? know who I really liked, and I—I I mean, are they talking about just strictly sexually? Because yeah, Mickey James will win every time. But I wasn't thinking sexual; I was thinking of my actual favorite. And I don't know why I'm blanking on her name. I was just Tracy, Tracy, uh, uh, not Tracy Adams, <laughs> Tracy Brooks, Tracy Brooks, right? And who you know was who the, I always uh, was a fan who of. Was the I was just going to say Trinity. Trinity, that's what I was thinking of, not Tracy Brooks. She's part Trinity. of the reason how the Don Tony name was born, because she wanted me to get those cannolis from Brooklyn. She's right. one of the people from Good Mid Show. She's like, you you know, you bringing those cannolis next time? And I said, yeah. Now I've realized, okay, I got to bring the cannolis. I brought the cannolis. She worked the Goodman Show. Uh, that guy Slash showed up. I uppercutted him with cannolis. Some guy was like, well, you think you're a fucking mafia guy, tough guy? And I said, yeah, I'm a fucking Don. Don fucking Tony. And that's how Don Tony was born. That is the very short Cliff Notes version of it. Sure. That's the 2.15 a.m. version of it. So, right, right. And Shrek, 
Do not apologize for the troll names. Funny, yeah, man. dude. I'm not, he thinks that I'm mad. People are saying that Mitch is being really serious. No, nah, dude. It's like I'm really not. <laughs> I'm just yeah. I'm we're just not. kidding around, man. It's trust yeah. me. You, you know, I, say, I say this. Well, you know, <laughs> we we you can approach us. We can have fun and stuff like that. Yeah, man, just, and look you know, at me. All right. Yeah. I just the only thing I don't like is I don't like trolls on social media just trying to play gotcha stuff with me. The stuff yesterday with Teddy Hart upset me because, like I said, I had told you earlier in the day, I can't defend this guy no more. This guy, I have to go back to the original ass ripping. Right. And you know, look, if people want to say, you know, that, you know, when I said that people need to, you know, worry about their own backyard and the stuff with him and Maria. I never thought he was going to lay a hand on her like that. I honestly did not expect him to do what he did yesterday. And, uh, you know, for people to say, oh, I'm supporting someone who beats up women, you know, he ain't my fucking friend. You know, I just tried to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. He's a, and he's a whack job. He's a whack job. Jail's probably the only thing that's going to save Teddy Hart from either killing himself or killing somebody else. Even if it's not intentional. You fucking, when you're a wrestler and you have all these crazy ass moves that you can do and you try to do one of those moves on somebody for real and for real life, you kill somebody accidentally. I always talked about this over the years. When I was 12 years old, me and my friends used to always wrestle in my friend's basement. We would fuck around. And one time my friend gave me a DDT on the fucking steps, walking in, going into his basement. And I, he knocked me out cold. My head, my temple hit the edge of the steps. He fucking nailed me right into the thing. And, um, you know, looking back on it, you know, could have fucking done some serious shit. So, like I said, I think Teddy Hart, jail is going to save him from either killing himself or somebody else. And it's sad to say that, so... Um, Sir John, he loved ECW Kurt Angle. ECW Kurt Angle was, was pretty damn good when he first had the mouthpiece yeah. and had ECW on it. He was also heavy with the painkillers at that time. Right, so right. Well, he was always pissed off. That, his anger, you saw his anger on TV, and it felt like it can't, you know, like it was coming off in real life too. Kurt Angle oh, yeah. came off like a really pissed off guy in ECW at the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, were you ever a fan of the beautiful people? Oh, Velvet Sky and, uh, oh, what was it? Angelina Love? Yes. Uh, yeah, for a little bit. I mean, in the beginning, the gimmick was interesting. Uh, Velvet Sky and both Angelina Love played good bitches, you know? I mean, they were great heels to hate, but that thing got, it got old fast. There's only so many times you could just see snail trail marks on a rope and go, ugh, you know? So, I don't know. Good visual. I had more I had more respect for girls like uh, uh, ODB, who was out there having a good time, getting people really involved. Kong, who is fucking amazing, literally yeah. and figuratively. Yeah. who was going out there and having amazing matches and just chucking people around. Like, there was a lot of people that tried, you know. And while Velvet Sky and Angelina Love definitely had a corner in the uh, knockouts division, I, I I, think they became stale really fast. 
And it didn't help that WWE immediately ran with that gimmick yeah. and started putting like what Lay Cool together. Uh, was it uh, Layla and Michelle McCool? And, yeah, I think. And, um, didn't like Michelle McCool lose? Fighting. She lost a right. retirement match, or was it? Right. Yeah, I think Michelle McCool lost the retirement match, and then Awesome Khan came out. I think it was Michelle McCool retired, or was it Layla? I'm trying to remember. One of them retired because they had the match, and then Awesome Kong, I think, came out, and then the rest was history. Right. But it just seemed like all of a sudden that formula became, you know, everybody took the formula from the beautiful people. Yeah. Which wasn't the original formula, but still. I mean, because that that formula you can take back to, uh, who was it? Uh, Was it Mae Young and uh, who was her tag team partner? Where they played the rich and hoity-toity. Yeah, I don't remember. You know what I mean? Was. Like, I'm just saying it's a recycled gimmick, but whatever. Yeah, we're not talking about Moolah, by the way. Um, it's not. It's no, not. it's not. Uh, Ash Kruger, if we were a wrestler, what would be our finishing maneuver? I what? when I you know if we were a wrestler, what would be our finishing maneuver? I when I was do did the deli man stuff, I always wanted to do the mandible claw with gizzards. Oh, bear hug. Yeah. Like a bear hug. Okay, I can go with that. Squeezing them till they, they break their spine. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after the Benoit documentary, I try to not think about breaking people's spines. No, because we, look, the, the autopsy report has been out for ages, but, you know, when they do it on the Vice documentary, it's a little bit more powerful, you know. Right. Just that right. visual. But um, with that, I think we're just about done, everybody. Cool. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, sure you don't want to go another three more hours? We can get these pockets. <laughs> yeah, we'll she's well, she's got to be passed I out told. inside. We're almost 2.30 in the morning. Dude, um, I joked with I joked, I joked with Joey. I'm like, you know what? If this if this show starts to get slow, I'm just going to pull out that fucker and eat it, and we'll go for <laughs> another three hours while I'm dying. I, you know, we'll do the chip challenge very, very shortly. Like I said, sure. I don't think anything would happen to me um, you know, having to go to a hospital or a doctor, but I just envision like, God forbid, if that really does happen and, um, I go and then I'll just get ripped apart online for, you know, doing something that was unnecessary. I mean, look, something may happen. You have to go to the hospital. It is what it is. But if you do something careless and you force in the hospital, especially right now, I think, uh, it's probably not the smartest thing. Um, James wants to know, do we miss Braun Panty's matches? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, even women miss Braun Panty's matches. They're fun to watch. Believe it or and not. And there's always a chance that there, there may be a wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. Chris... Yeah, if any individual wants me to do the Gronk dance and raise fit, I don't even know how to do the Gronk dance. I'll make you a deal, Chris. On next Friday's Don Tony show, since it is going to be the night before day one of WrestleMania, I will do the Gronk dance next Friday on the show. Um, no, Eddie, we're about finished to wrap it, wrapping it up. We we wanted to go a little longer than usual today, raise some money you know, to put it towards the COVID-19 fund, you know, (laughs) 
I mean, the coronavirus, so, you know, for your sister. I mean, look, I knew we weren't going to raise crazy amounts of money, but, you know, you'd be surprised, you know, a couple hundred bucks here, a couple hundred dollars there. You know, it it all adds up. But, um, sure. you know, the record for podcasting is, what was it, 27 hours or something, 26 hours? No, it was over, it was like 90-something hours, dude. Oh, no. It was like yeah, it was 40 cool. or 50. It, I remember we would have to go like a day and a half. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's right. We were planning on going three days. Yeah, yeah we were going right. to go three days just to kill it. Right, right, right. I'll tell you this Couple much. Of, for going four hours now, you know, and to think like I would have had 20 to go, we would have been like one-fifth done or one-sixth done. I think with maybe some coffee and being able to, get up to take a leak or something. I think we might be seriously challenged that down, down the right. line. Right. I think so. Favorite bra and panty match of all time, James. Um, I remember one with Stacy Keebler. Was it Stacy versus Tori Wilson? And yeah. Stacy and Tori Wilson versus Lita and Trish, right? That might've been the one when they pulled it off. I mean, Oh my God. Yeah. There was one also with Sable. I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, Sable's big one was against uh, uh, Miss Jackie, right? Yeah, it's, I think that's the one where she took it off, and I think she didn't she like quit WWE right like right after that. Something I like think, that, right? Yeah. And Brian says you're right. It was Tori and Stacy's a tag team. I just remember. I got. I can't say it too loud. Stacy's ass when they pulled the. Oh my god. Yeah. That was just uh, Stacy at her hottest when she was with Test and the testicles. Yeah. And she was coming out as the new Miss Hancock. Oh. You she got crushed when uh was it her or Kelly Kelly that you think it was Kelly Kelly that really got devastated when Test died? I think it was Kelly Kelly. Yeah, wasn't Kelly, Kelly 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 lost her goddamn mind, DT. She yeah. she was doing shows. She was on like WAGs or one of those programs or whatever. And she was doing shows where she's like uh, in seances trying to contact. That was only like a year or two ago. A little longer than a year or two ago. But really? Yeah, she's lost her fucking mind, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly, I, Kelly, they must have had okay. some. That toy is broken. Yeah. They must have had some powerful relationship, man. Yeah. The one thing I will always regret about Test, and there is documentation. There are old school episodes of the shows that I do. Um, John, I don't have the CM Punk parody, you know, in this computer because this is a new computer for the uh, video shows. Oh, you know, um, no, the one I did spoofing Eddie Guerrero's song when we was talking about yeah. Colt Cabana. Uh, I cry, I cheat, I, 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 I cry, I something, I, I gotta, I have it, I have it. You know, I think I'll play it next week. Because okay. I don't even think I would get flagged from YouTube because my voice overpowers sure. the beat so much. Right. I don't think it would get shut down. Yeah. So I cry. I can't remember what it was. It was just a horrendous rendition. But, Andrew, you know, it's funny. Andrew Reed wants to know if we thought that Macho Man ever slept with Stephanie. Believe it or not, when I did the Hugh Easy show last day, we were talking about old school rumors and urban legends. That came up. And he asked if um, if I thought that Macho Man ever really slept with Stephanie or what do I think happened. Jeez. So, 
My response, I think, was pretty interesting. You are getting a crash course in YouTube culture tonight because every single time you want to wrap it up, somebody chucks in two more dollars to keep the conversation going. Oh, it's this okay. is YouTube culture. <laughs> we will be stuck here till four in the morning. <laughs> people will keep putting two dollars in there every time we, we stop talking. No, I just the conversation going. You, you know it's cool, everybody who's still tuning in. Thing. Just letting you know. Yeah, no, you know it's cool for everybody tuning in. Next Friday is the Don Tony show again. We're gonna get into WrestleMania predictions. We're gonna cover WrestleMania over the weekend. I'm sure we're all gonna try to do some joint shows and stuff. And we can continue this next week and go long also. So you know, but oh, I will say this. Yeah. I don't know about this long, but I will say this. My answer yesterday, if I ever thought Macho Man went with Stephanie, this is what I said. And this is just guessing. I always put Stephanie's age at the top of my reasoning. Stephanie at the time was like 16 years old. I think of girls that are 16 today. Yeah, I, I have it inside. I can't do it now. Not this late. I'll never be able to go to bed. But um, but I told you that they broke the other one. Oh yeah, this yeah. I told you you got to hide it in Shaheen's food. Oh, dude, I can't. I can't do that to a human being. Just man. put a little tiny dot, a little oh, tiny I, I dot, and it's all broken. And yeah, I'm telling you, just a little tiny dot in his food. Let I, him do I it. I want to do it. like that's that might be considered assault. Yeah, no, I could I could not do that. You see, with the chip, I'd have to have almond milk. I have to have preparations. I have to. <laughs> Yeah, but eat the damn chip. (laughs) But with the Stephanie thing, this was always my opinion on it. I look at 16-year-old girls today, and they have the banners of Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and others. Some of them even use part of the wrestlers' names and their screen name. And 16, 15-year-old girls have crushes on guys. And um, I think that Stephanie being around these larger-than-life superheroes at the time. She may have had a big crush on Macho Man, and maybe she thought, you know, as a young teenager having a crush on someone, you know, that that maybe she always fantasized it, but I don't think Macho Man was receptive. I don't think right. they ever did anything. But it would not surprise me if she had a teenage crush on some of these lodging and life stars. So but people um, really want me. You know what? I'll tell you what. <clears throat> I'm not gonna eat the whole fucking chip. No, don't do it now, man, because I'm gonna I'm, crash. I'm, gonna I'm not gonna eat the whole chip. But the broken one, maybe maybe I'll take out one of the pieces. Right? Just take a little tiny morsel. It's broken. It's already broken. I, yeah. I can't you, you know, just one. let me explain to everybody. You have two. All right. yeah, what happened was I got one delivered to him and it was all shattered. So I complained to Amazon, you can't return it. So Amazon agreed to send him another one for free and they told him he could keep the one that he had. Um, I could not do that right now. No, it's, it's impossible. Like I said, you know, you, people need to understand too, and I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but... I, I've been up since 6 o'clock this morning because I, I still had to open my office. So um, we'll definitely do it in the near future, without a doubt. Absolutely. So, 
Yeah, he, did somebody saying have some milk ready? Just it's, it. it's like shit. So like, he yeah. has two. Yeah, I have two. No, um, Dell's. I actually have to do some people's taxes over the weekend. I agreed to do the taxes for some of my customers. This and smells the, really bad. Like, this smells stale. Like, I wouldn't put this in my mouth. Really? It's that. Did, look at the yeah, box. Is there an expiration the date on the box? Actually, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, it's a chip. How the fuck does it go stale, anyways? It might just be like the uh, the powder. You know what on it smells like? All right, here I'll give you the perfect example. It smells like earwax. Ooh, I don't now remember anybody that. ever describing that. Probably sounds like a bad one. I you know what? I wouldn't even take a chance. No, I'll Seriously. try it. Maybe that's the smell of the pepper. But I'm just like, telling you. Yeah. Opening. I don't up remember anybody ever saying it smelled like earwax. I don't even know what earwax like smells like. Earwax. Oh, yeah, you do. You've never fucking dug in your ear and went, Ugh. Honestly, no. I swear to God, I and I'm being a little too revealing now, but I've never in my lifetime ever went like this in my ear and smelled it. I will say well, that I have okay. done... It's not something I do every day, man. No, like, no, no. I'm just I have never... Honestly, I've never ever done that, but I have done that a couple oh. of times on my belly button not on purpose oh see i've never done <laughs> no but i have like an inch on my belly button and then i would go like this and then you know like i'd be like what the hell's that smell and that's why so. all right so it's black yeah that i that i it's got like a black color to it i'm just taking this much of a chip yeah just do that like i said you gotta hide a little in shaheen's f my goodness i have a little my birthday cake at least you know, for anybody that's tuning in live, you know, somebody told me that if somebody uh, donates like a hundred bucks, like I would reveal what the actual age is and everything. But I don't, I don't want to bribe people like that. But this cake is like all powdery. But again, if anybody wants to go on keto diet, this is pretty damn good birthday cake. It's a little dry, mm -hmm. but even looks like it's got little hints of sprinkles in there. How is oh, it? Wow. DJ Dell's ate three of these fucking things. You're crazy, man. Yeah. How do you it's feel? Hot. It's hot, but it's already starting to go away a little bit. Oh, really? Okay. But I think it's because I had a small piece. Yeah. yeah. Whole the whole chip, I can see it being murder. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That whole chip yeah. is going to fuck our worlds up. John, I don't even know what the Bucky Dent voice is. What do you mean? I don't even know what that is. The Bucky Dent voice? I mean, you know, I know the whole story with him with the, the Yankees, but, you know, hitting a home run. Deep to left. And that ball is. um, Yeah, no. Uh, so, look, we will do the one-chip challenge within a, a week, two weeks. If this coronavirus thing winds down a little bit, we will definitely do it. Like I said, I'm not kidding. I, I'm a little afraid. I, You see, people need to remember something. I'm not making excuses. It's only 13 months ago that I had part of my intestine cut out of my body. And it's only been about six months since I had my gallbladder taken out. Both right. of those, you know, you're not supposed to have like really spicy stuff. So I got started getting a little bit nervous that, hey, 
you know, what happens if, you know, I start really getting sick and I got to go to the urgent care or the hospital right now with coronavirus, every fucking social justice warrior online, unless I don't admit to anybody I had to go to the hospital, they'll say, you ate a chip and went to the hospital knowing that people need beds for in, and masks for coronavirus? I don't even want to deal with people like that. So, You're not wrong. You shouldn't be wasting up the hospital resources at this time anyway. Yeah, so, you know, can I remove the colorful <clears throat> frames? Um, I mean, I could remove the frames, but, you know, then I would probably be silent. But, uh, you know, I could probably do something like this, you know. But... <laughs> The ring, the, the ring, the ring, the ring. Was that abyss? Was that was Chris with abyss? Well. The ring. So, um, the Titus O'Neil chant. Oh man, that's that's late. Yeah. Uh, I'm freaking tired, man. So, so what do we do over here? All right. So we we raised six hundred and twenty-two bucks. Wow. Fucking Not amazing. Bad. Not bad. That's about right. one third of what Jason Solomonster gets for any live show that he does. I tell you, man, I give that son of a bitch all the sincere credit. Look, yeah. I know he has been on YouTube years and years and years and years ahead of me. I'm only on two and a half months, but I listen to some of his shows and, you know, he takes calls and he is very like you, like you giving him compliments earlier. Sure. And I see some people, like there's one guy in particular, 50 bucks, 50 bucks, 50 bucks, 50 bucks. And I'm like, God bless him, seriously. And I say that with the utmost sincerity. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's nice to see. That's nice to see. But um, one massage parlor story, Oh, the deck of cards thing? Yeah, all right, I, I'll say it quick. Because we're going to, look, it's 2.37. We're going to jet out of here in like five minutes. But when um, me and my friends used to go to um, whorehouses, when we were, <coughs> I didn't even have the chip in my throat's doing it. Yeah, why are you getting all verklempt? I'm the one that ate It's because of this birthday cake. It's dry. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but... Um, <laughs> It's not bad. You know, the whole container is 160 calories, 12 grams of fat for total net carbs. But, um, the oh, you see, yeah, you see, there's Nelson. He's in the chat right now. Nelson, listen to the hotlines that time when I was on Captain Ivan's hotline, the day that WWF or WCW and Captain Ivan said to me, you know, because uh, I was known as Anthony the Funker that time, not Don Tony. He's like, Anthony, what do you think is going to happen? I said, you know what? Shane is feuding with Vince, and I think maybe they do a simulcast. You know, Vin Shane is in Florida, and Vince is here. The rest is history. But um, the massage parlor, me and my friends used to go to this whorehouse on 108th Street in Jackson Heights, Queens, and there's probably still some there too. And what you would do is you would ring the doorbell, and it was usually a woman that would answer the door and she'd be the like the madame and she'd let you in. She would also always look to make sure, you know, that nobody was cops or there were recognizable faces. It was always difficult to f start going for the first time because they really wanted to know who was there. But um, 
after a while, you know, they, my friend, I remember used to change light bulbs for them and stuff like that. But you'd go in there and you'd go into like this living room and it would be like a couch, almost like a U shape. And the couch would have girls on one side then the guys would be sitting on the other. And it was always an X rated film going on the right. television. Then what they would do is they would offer you like a bud nip like a Budweiser or a can or, you know, a beer for free. And you would give the woman the money, whatever it was, 20 bucks, $50, whatever it is. And she would give you a playing card. And the playing card, they would always have like something cut on it or there would be a mark on it. And the reason right. why they would do that is because I think they realized that if you went there more than once and they were using playing regular playing cards that you might sneak in your own playing card and, you know, try to get laid for free. So they would have cards that would have hole punches in it and this and that. So you'd be sitting there with a beer in your hand, X-rated film, playing card, and there'd be all these girls lined up. And, you know, they would always look at you and try to, you know, get you in the mood because they wanted your money. And then what would happen is when you real, realized the girl that you wanted to spend the time with, you would get up off your chair, you would walk up to her and hand her the playing card. And then that girl would leave with the guy and you would go into like a little room, look like a little regular bedroom. It would have just like a regular bed, maybe a little dresser, and on the side, and remember, look, I'm going back, what, 35 years, 30 years right now, so, you know, I'm just going from memory, but you would go into the room, and there would be like a, a, like a bowl of warm water on the side with a towel in it, and you would lay in the, in the bed, and the, the, the girl would take the towel, put a little soap on it, warm water, and she'd wash you. And after she would wash you, she'd dry you off her and everything and then put a condom on you. And then it was always the same ritual, you know, oral, regular, done. Five, ten minutes, you were over. And that was it. And when you were finished, you know, sometimes if you were waiting for friends, you would go back and sit on the couch. You know, if you were, you know, regular, they would let you, you know, wait for your friends. But in some cases, as soon as you were done, you left and those girls would have those playing cards throughout the night. And when the night was over, they would give the madame all the playing cards that they got. And they would, that's how they would get paid. Yeah. That's how it would work. I don't know if the procedure is still the same. Like I said, we're going back about 35 years when, uh, 30 years when me and my friends used to go. So, right. uh, most of the women were, uh, Latino, 95% of them were Latino because Jackson High Queens is mostly Latino. Um, sometimes you get somebody from Brazil, but it was usually Latino. Dominican Republic once in a while as well. Crest says he's seen poker chips. Um, yeah, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. John says I called him Bucky Dent. I don't. I don't remember that, to be honest with you. So... But, uh, yeah, so that was pretty much a procedure. But with that, everybody, we're going to call it. So we ended up going uh, <clears throat> about four hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. 
So this was awesome, everybody. Much love. And thank you for everybody who contributed tonight. Um, You know, on the way out, hit the like button because that will get, you know, there's a little bit more exposure. And uh, look, I know a lot of you out there, as I said at the beginning of the show, I know a lot of you out there, uh, I realize now are listeners, viewers of that guy, Mersh. Never knew him before yesterday. Thought he was a troll. Apparently, he's good people. You know, a lot of you communicate with him. And, you know, I explained about eight minutes in today as far as what happened yesterday. I did apologize to him personally. You know, I'm man enough to say when I was wrong. Um, But, you know, in hindsight, do I regret making that YouTube clip about the Marine Manic Teddy Hard thing? No, because never in a million years ever thought this guy would do what he did yesterday and it's fucking terrible and um i bashed teddy hart for over 10 years very well known like i said i showed you earlier the example of me being in rolling stone because of it but um for the last three four years thought the guy was really you know changing and you know i gave him the benefit of the doubt i cannot do that anymore um, let him sit in jail for a couple of years, and hopefully that that straightens his ass out. And and with Teddy Hart, I don't even know what you would call straightening it out. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. Nope. Maybe a life without cats for three years. I, I don't. I don't know what would be a normal life with for him. But yeah, Cress, my God, you're bringing up so many memories. I used to call him the man of a thousand excuses. Instead of the man of a thousand holes, the man of a thousand excuses. Um, I remember one time I posted like a photo of him facing Jack Evans for Frank Goodman, and it was just a lump of shit. It was a lump of dog shit because because he was full of shit. He lied right. so much at the, He had a relative that died like three times. He gave the same excuse to Frank two or three times about somebody dying, and I said, Frank, you this is the same guy that died two times before, you know. It's a shame, man. It's a shame. But, you know, hopefully, you know, he gets help. And thank sure. God Maria Manic is okay. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one last request. Is there a way sure. we can make a compilation of the intros yeah. from the Minority Report days? Some of the early intros. I have all. I have them all. Yeah, um, we did that. There was, um, I, I believe you still have it. I'm not sure, but there were back in the days of the early days of the Don Tony Kevin Castle show and the early days of Wrestling Soup, there would be more than a few weeks where you guys would take off on Mondays. Some of those Mondays I had Joey with me, but there were a few Mondays where I didn't. And so on those Mondays that I didn't, while you would sit there and you would either pre record an episode or just not have the episode up there, I took it upon myself in order to replay repeats of older episodes. Um, and when I did that, I made my own compilation of yeah. the intros and I would introduce, introduce those shows using that specific intro. So there are at least two intros that you have. that are compilations of all the different years going back to the black hearts days mm-hmm. up to uh, the Don Tony and Kevin Castle show intros. So those it's interesting exist. to listen back to it because there's some terminology we don't say anymore. Oh, right. Um, right, right. 
we change a lot of things. I mean, some of the things that you'll hear come out of some of our mouths is a little shocking compared to what it was back then. But right. um, yeah, no, I think what I'll do, I'm going to connect the hard drive to get the Lenny stuff. So um, what I will do. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, what I'll do is I will just copy all of the intros. They're all in one folder, and I'll share some of them maybe next week. We'll just put a, a clip on YouTube. I'll make sure it's not monetized so it doesn't get flagged. And, um, yeah, we'll put them up, man. Definitely. So, um, I don't know why people are saying we didn't answer your question. I thought we answered every question. Yeah, who's, um, who said we didn't, we didn't answer something? Know. Louis Illinus, Illinois, or whatever. What's I don't, a, I don't see it. What? I think he's just making it up. No, sure. oh, well, whatever it is, ask away. And then, but uh, I was gonna say, yeah, wrestling soup uh, probably will never be um, localized on YouTube ever, um, for a few reasons. I, I think the the future plan for our show is for me, Joe, and John to do post pay per view shows on YouTube, but that's really about it. There's no plans to making us a video show we do audio I, I i deal with audio i'm not a videographer i'm not very good at video editing and production and stuff like that yeah. but i'm not going to have a subpar product in a field that i'm inexperienced with so yeah <clears throat> um nick go to don tony com, and in the search box just type in aces or aces eights and you'll see the synopsis of some of the shows that I talked about at that time, and you'll hear a lot of what I said about uh, those guys. Uh, when you're saying the Bucky Dent, this what are you talking about? When I like would like I'm trying to think, what would I say like with the kids? Like the kids, like the Bucky Dent. I don't know if that's what he's talking about. When I when I with the Roman Reigns stuff and it, uh, but he had leukemia. Like I I don't. Uh, that might be it. That might be it. Um, I still have all my ECW tapes, compos. I still have them. I have so many VHS tapes still that I always wanted to make digital and just haven't had the opportunity to. So um, let's pray for Mish's teaching class so he can learn how to do video. Um, I don't want to learn how to do video. I want. Yeah, to the video to stuff is not easy. Everybody, <laughs> this is rough, but. You know, well, I, no, I've already some people because that's their mo, and yeah. good for them. Like, I mean, look, there are people that absolutely want to get into film, want to get into television, want to get into live broadcasts and streams and sporting events and everything else. That's fantastic. That's never been something that I've ever uh, dreamt of. It's just not me personally. Even being on video now is kind of silly to me. For me personally, yeah. I'd rather just do audio and radio. Yeah, it's just me. Okay. Well, I, I like, you know, I, you, I already explained to everybody that, you know, I needed to go to a different level and I needed to give a different extension of myself. And when I have hundreds of people already telling me like seeing you on video and your mannerisms and looking at people in the eye and the way I present myself, they said, the picture that I always had of you for years and years and years is totally different than what I realize now. And everybody says that as a positive. You see only, in my opinion, you see only a logo and really, really outdated pictures. And all you hear is a voice 
It's like a blind person. You try to paint the picture of what that person is about. And it's not just seeing a live face or a video. It's also, you could tell when somebody is lying to your face or somebody really, really cares. And I think the most important thing out of everything I've done so far is you finally get to see me smile and laugh and having fun. You know, the, the smiles don't come across when it's just nah. audio only. And it, and it's and it forces me to be more energetic as well. But this is something that I needed to do. Otherwise, I was done. I was done. I needed a new challenge. And, sure. you know, but it's, this was great. So, Mish, I thank you very much for spending tonight with me. I know, you know, you have a lot of things to do as well. Uh, I want to thank each really. and every one of you. We are quarantined. <laughs> yeah, I know. But um, I want to thank everybody who tuned in tonight, whether it's live or even checking this out later on. Um, if anybody tuning in um, wants to contribute to you know what we did tonight, right underneath in the description of this show, I, I set up one of those Cash App things which, you know, it's an easy way of just sending don't, uh, contribution in and stuff. You could send it that way, and I will make everybody's public so, you know, everybody could see transparent. I'm always transparent. And uh, before we go, yes, we'll get into WrestleMania next week. Yes, it will be covered. Um, I'm still unsure how we're going to handle the Patreon contest. Because if spoilers come out with some of these outcomes, it's really going to screw up the predictions contest. So, right. um, yeah, John, if you PM me on Twitter at Don Tony D, I'll I'll send you the audio of uh, you know the CM Punk stuff and you know me going uh, you know postal on that woman from the that led to the Don Tony audio opening. That goes to anybody, if anybody wants some of those old intros. But I'll definitely share some next week. But, uh, Mish, thank you, my friend. Um, Peace. I hope to God you don't have any issues tonight eating that chip. Um, no, it's already gone. Like I yeah. said, uh, the, burn, the burn lasted about two minutes. Really? I imagine it lasts longer when you eat the rest of the chip. But... So what percentage of the chip do you think you ate? Like a quarter of it? Oh, a f- uh, an tenth? eighth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's not a very big chip. I mean, John C. M. Burn the shit out of you, but John C. M. Give me about ten minutes, and I'll do what you ask me. Good. The chip itself. I mean, if you're going by the actual spices and stuff, how it works is, it seems like it has a really, really fast high, so you start to burn up immediately. Yeah. And there's like different tiers to the burn but once you get to that point where it's it's topped out it fades away pretty quick okay like, all right right now my well, mouth is completely normal it doesn't even taste like i ate the chip so okay if it's not no bad when we do it then we'll do the death nut it smells like fucking earwax it's just kind really? of i don't know why man well i'm not Whatever. gonna open mine you know i'll wait no until we no do no it. like i said this is the extra package i mean it was the extra package, and I'm not going to put it in somebody's food. That's just you, anyway. before we go. You want to just do one last thing, and then we'll be done, and I'll unban someone while we're doing this. Um, 
What was your overall take on the Benoit documentary? Because I've already given my thoughts on it. That, uh, oh yeah, you know, we, we talked about it ad nauseum. We actually, uh, me and, uh, well, Joe didn't see it, but I, I saw part two uh, very early, um, way before it was even aired and stuff like that. I actually got hit up by the guys uh, that did the documentary themselves, trying to prod me for information on where I found it and stuff like that. So. I I liked the documentary as a whole. I thought it was very good. I thought it was a good... Uh, it was telling the story of how it affected the people around it better than ever has been told before. I thought it was very sad, the fact that Nancy's sister and Benoit's son, you know, their entire family was broken up by this and they couldn't even share their lives together. It was very sad for people like Jericho and Chavo and Dean Malenko that this clearly is more than just losing somebody close to you, but it's the repercussions that come with it. You know, even the way that Jericho felt about the fans asking about Benoit opened up the entire series with him pretty much telling people to go fuck themselves. It, you could tell there's a lot of damage done that will never be healed. And the best thing that they can do is just tell their side of the story from it. I didn't feel like the documentary was a fluff piece. I didn't feel like it was trying to cement over or smooth over the things that were done. I think for the most part, it was just telling the story of these people's lives that were directly affected by Chris Benoit's horrible actions. Okay. All right. Um, Definitely worth checking out, everybody. Sure. Um, I just think at the end of the day, you know, the family and the friends are trying to get closure any way they possibly can. I totally understand. I think it was Chris Benoit's father who was just convinced that it was concussions and steroids and this, this, and that. I mean, I could only imagine what a, what it would feel like to have a family member do that. But I will continue saying that at the end of the day, only God or Satan, however you want to look at it, only God and Chris Benoit know why he did what he did. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I put it in the same category as Aaron Hernandez. It felt like there was some type of a push online to try to explain that Aaron Hernandez did what he did because of this and this and this, and you know, to try to, you know, put closure on that or have a different, you know, an explanation behind it. But at the end of the day, murder is murder. And it's a shame. Right. It's a shame. It sucks that we have to have wrestling altered forever because of what happened that night. It is just outrageous to think about. And, but I will make a prediction that within the next five years, Nancy is in the WWE Hall of Fame. I would even say the next two to three years, Nancy will be in the Hall of Fame. I believe that. I really do. I think Miss Elizabeth has to go in and Nancy sure. has to go in. She'll go in. WWE will probably on the legend side, so there's no ceremony, so there's no video package, nothing like that. But Nancy, within the next two to three years, tops she will be put in the WWE Hall of Fame. 
Remember I said that, everybody. I could be wrong, but I, I really believe that. So, Mish, my friend, I'll talk to you during Very the weekend. Good. Much love, everyone. Thank you. You all. Have a great night, my friend. Talk to you soon. Okay. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this. I am going to exit. Uh, I don't I don't know if I'm going to be able to put this as an audio download for our listeners because this went fucking four and a half hours. So it's almost flashbacks of the Benoit tragedy, if you think about it, because we went that long at that time. Is this the longest episode we've ever... No, believe it or not, a Patreon episode that, that Mission I did last year went five plus hours. I do remember doing something five hours, so... But uh, I will definitely figure out, you know, how we're going to put this online for people to download. And please, like I said, if you could just hit the like button on the way out. And, um, you know, if you know anybody that might enjoy the shows and what's done over here, spread the word. We will do it again soon. And, uh, you know, hey, you never know. A lot of you want to see yours truly and Jason do one episode together. Maybe we could do another one. Raise a couple of dollars, you know, split it, COVID-19, put it into the show. So maybe we'll do something with Jason very, very soon. If that happens, it'll probably be audio only, though, out of respect to Jason. So, But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, uh, all right, everybody. Have a great night. I appreciate the support as always. Unfortunately, no audio intros or outros for this because I don't want it to be flagged for copyright reasons. But, uh, you know, I appreciate the support as always. And uh, if you like Breakfast Soup, I mean, what Mission and I did tonight, just not as long, is what we do on Patreon. So if you want to check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Don Tony, $5.00. Get you everything. And we have like 105 breakfast soup episodes over there already. Kev has 100 plus episodes of his solo show. There's other content on there. So if you sign up there, you get access to the entire library. You'll have audio for months. So, all right, everybody. Much love. Talk to you all again Monday. Take care. Ciao. Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com.